Hey guys, welcome back to the Anime Collector and welcome back to the OCA Podcast. That's the Open Chest Anime Podcast with myself, the Anime Collector, and my co-host, Don Jobo Agi. Hey everyone. And FTDNM. And Sup, Tonkies. Wow, your, so your video is so, so desynced to your audio right now. So, uh, first things close. first. Uh, I got a couple things Boom. we need to talk about for the opening discussion, just real quick. So, number one, uh, let me pull up our article here, or our document, uh, and let me screen share this, even though it's cancer to have to jump back and forth with this. So, first of all, we now have a subreddit. Uh, it's just sort of just a temporary little thingamajig. It's temporary. Uh, hold on one second. Well, I mean, it's like a, it's not a, uh, like we have, we have the, there we go. We have the Facebook group. <clears throat> the Facebook group is, uh, is a lot better, you know, like for, for us right now. But I just wanted to mention that we do have a, a, a subreddit um, because I know some people who watch the podcast uh, either don't have Facebook or they just don't want to join the actual Facebook group for one reason or another. Um, so I wanted to create a, um, a subreddit so that people could submit links and stuff to talk about here as well. Um, and then because of the way that the voting system works, we can just check it. Uh, we could even just check it at the beginning of each podcast and just see what the top things have been over the past two weeks. Uh, so it's, it's a new thing we could try. Um, but I'm sort of, I created it preemptively for much farther down the road as the podcast grows and we get so many people following that we can't manage everything in the Facebook group anymore. Um, so this is a way to sort of divert some of the traffic, uh, to keep the Facebook group as, as it, as it is right now, where it's real intimate between everybody. We all know who each other are. Um, and we, uh, we have a lot of great discussions there. So anyway, I just wanted to uh, announce this, uh, eventually I'll probably include these links, uh, to the podcast, but it's just r slash OCA podcast on, on uh, Reddit. All right. And then the other thing I need to talk to you guys about real quick, uh, is the internet situation. Um, so we're going to be having a sort of an interesting test today. Um, so I had we, last podcast, we had no problems really with, um, with CenturyLink. Um, and, uh, if you guys recall, uh, I was having issues with Cox. That's what was just destroying the, the podcast to the point where I was, I literally, I got booted out of the podcast several times. And then eventually the podcast just ended prematurely without us telling it to you just because the internet had cut out for too long. Um, so I, I got a second internet with CenturyLink and that's what we used in the last podcast. Things went pretty smoothly. Uh, and I called Cox to see if I could get back onto my old plan because it seemed like CenturyLink had told me the truth regarding the whole neighborhood bandwidth thing. Of course, as you'd expect, that plan doesn't exist anymore. Um, so because I jumped out of it, I can't get back in it because it's sort of that whole grandfathered thing where they force you out of it by offering you a better deal that isn't is too good to be true. So anyway, um, I had a technician come out here. And ironically, uh, he actually, I, you know, I explained to him the issue that I was getting booted out of my podcast. He actually asked me what the podcast was uh, so that he could check it out because he was he saw that I was watching Tenchi uh, during the time and he was a fan of Tenchi. So, hey, if you're here, you did a great job on the, uh, um, you know, on your visit, uh, maintaining things. And uh, I hope you like the podcast. But uh, and also I hope if you watch that, if there are any issues that you'll be able to immediately know what the problem is. So he told me um, that my best bet is to just get an Ethernet cable. Now, MacBook Pros no longer have any ports except for USB-C, so I also had to get an Ethernet dongle. 
I did that. I got the highest quality one I could possibly get. I got a 50-foot Cat7 uh, Ethernet cable um, with all the bells and whistles. And the internet connection from the speed test was outrageously fast in terms of download. Uh, the upload is significantly higher than CenturyLink, but I don't know that it's consistent. So that's what we're going to be testing tonight. Anyway, I am going to actually turn off my Wi-Fi because I'm connected through the Ethernet so that it doesn't jump to CenturyLink and we can really find out if it's going to actually work. So um, if at any time I lose connection and I don't realize I've lost connection, Augie at the anybody message me on Facebook or something so that I get a notification on my phone. Um, that's weird. I turned off Wi-Fi and it came right back on. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, but the, the speeds are literally like... Um, I mean, CenturyLink was what, like, what, what did the numbers say? Like, like less than 10 download and like four to five upload. I'm yeah. with, with this hooked in, I'm at like 150 download and like 35 upload. So <laughs> anyway, I would kill for that speed, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> all right. So but see, again, um... it's, it's, is it consistent? That's the problem because that's what we've been, we've been having issues with. And I'm also hoping the reason I'm, I'm excited for this option is because I've been watching Pat the past couple podcasts back and the audio and video is so badly desynced that it's like, it's unwatchable for me. Um, almost. I mean, not really. It's more audio than, than anything when you watch the podcast, but just when I do watch it, it's like, I, I can't believe I'm talking about an article and I'm already, I'm already on the next article in the video, you know, anyway. All right. So let's do pickups. Just get rid of the bars. The bars, I did not. Thank you for reminding me. My, oh boy, my they... mouse is doing that dumb thing where it goes underneath. Uh, and nope, everyone uh... watching right now, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Thank you. I almost booted you from Send the us a like on <laughs> Facebook and Twitters. <laughs> I went in to remove the bars, and I clicked on the wrong thing and moved my mouse over to where the thing is, and it's right where the... <laughs> The thing I booted you out of the call in episode 17 was. Um, okay, so we have a, a, a couple more things, actually, to go over real quick. Uh, we were supposed to have a guest tonight um, for our discussion on Tenchi. Um, life has gotten in the way, and that person isn't going to be here tonight. So what we've decided to do is push that uh, guest meeting until the next podcast, and we're just going to continue watching Tenchi until then for the Watch Club. Um, so we're still going to discuss OVAs 1 and 2 tonight. Um, and then we're going to watch OVA three. And if Augie wants to pitch any other ideas that we can agree on before the end of the podcast, we might watch a little bit more than that. Um, depending because it's only universe? seven episodes. Yeah. It's only seven. That's... How much is universe is way too long though. Right. It's like an eight DVD set. Hold on though. Oh, because it, it goes by fast. The there's thing. something else too. There's, there's a war on Gemini. I think is the next one. No, what... not at all. That's the last one. Oh, the next one's technically a uh, GPA. Go, if you go Tokyo? off of uh you want to Tokyo? Honestly, Tokyo I think is, any of them would probably be too long. There's a lot of Easter yeah, eggs from the universe at the beginning of Tokyo. Anyway, so we'll figure that out. Episodes. Okay, yeah. we'll figure that out as the podcast goes on. Maybe somebody else can can get those numbers sorted out for us. I know the numbers also, for all of them, but yeah. Also, I put out a I put out a poll on the Facebook group for which rock star I should drink tonight, and you guys. Uh, Nailed it. Decided to strategically vote to make me drink all of them. And I considered doing that. I honestly did, but I was already planning. I already threw away the thing. I'm doing a five hour bull ride where it has a five hour energy shot in it because I'm I've reached peak caffeine and I just need I need so much of it to, to even stay awake right now. Um but uh yeah, so I thought about drinking all of them and just uh, giving you guys a nice fun time. But we've got too many important topics to talk about tonight that I didn't want to be off my game. 
So, um, and also we have for pickups, um, even more fun stuff, uh, the Sentai sale. <laughs> I, I'm sure everybody's order has probably come in by now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. But uh, Reese says, two, hold on, Reese says, put on Sword of the Stranger for next podcast. That's going to go into, uh, that's going to go into the Samurai July podcast. Next podcast is the 28th of June. Anyway, go ahead, Augie. All right, so going back to Tenchi. If you watch Tenchi in Tokyo, there's some Easter eggs from Universe that you wouldn't get that might seem a little off at the beginning. Is it Easter eggs? As far as I'm concerned, we should go chronologically with release for Tenchi. I agree. So So Universe next. I don't mind doing Universe. I don't mind pushing through Universe. I just don't know how long it is because it's eight volumes, but it is released by Pioneer. It's only 26? Okay. I, I would be okay with that. And then and then also doing OVA 3, which is only seven well, episodes. Okay, hold on. I'm fine with that. Well, I'm pr- last time I checked, the seven episodes are... I, I could have sworn they were double length, but last time I checked, I think they're 30 minutes long. So it's slightly longer than seven, but it's probably like more like... Okay, so here's what we'll do. We'll do, a, we'll do OVA 3 for sure, and yeah. we'll aim for also doing Tenchi Universe. Okay? And so if we don't, if- then it's okay. Yeah, we'll we'll just get as far as we can into it, just on our end, and we'll talk about it if we get there, and we'll try to push that discussion till after OVA 3's discussion. Um, that way, if anybody hasn't watched Universe yet or doesn't want to have it spoiled or whatever, they can um, they can duck out at that point in the next podcast. How about that? actually? Actually, you know what? Um, Universe is basically just a re retelling of the OVAs anyway. So yeah, I really don't well, think there's going to be an one. issue. But yeah. um, I was just going to say, it, if if even just one person watches it all the way through, they can just say, "Yeah, these are the differences." Boom, or something. Right. That's like what that. I, that's what I was going to say. Is that is that the reason why I would still consider it spoilery? Is that you're going to be saying this was different here? This is how they handled it, and I feel like that would be something that would be better for people to actually check out. Hey, Danny. Um, all right, so uh, let's move into pickups then. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Oh, oh yeah, FDDM uh, issue number two. Happy Flag Day. We know how important Flag Day is to Canada. How in the world do you celebrate this birthday. day? Well, you believe that? I just like briefly froze. Yeah, probably <laughs> so. But let me hold on. Is it locked into me? No. Hey, see, it's locked into me. It's not I'm locked into me. It's locked onto you. Okay. Are you sure it looks like the North you just Star? Down. Yeah, this, I can it's already tell what <laughs> This is the North Star, the movie with all the cuts and the movie that I watched when I was three years old, just in a different format. I forget. Did we already determine it did come with the alternate ending? Yes, it does come okay, with the cool. alternate ending and alternate soundtracks. Yeah, I plan on getting that. And what about the art of Saturday, July is like the wind, like, like the like clouds. The clouds like the wind. Oh, here. Mine like has the name um, shift. There we go. Following after that is Tokyo Underground. Boom. Another Genion Rescue. And one I always kept getting mixed up with uh, Tokyo Majin and, well, Tokyo Underground. Probably because they were released around the same time. Then after that, another Genion Rescue. uh, Star Ocean EX. AC, do you have the complete DVD set? I do. I do have it. it okay. Is, yeah, I can I can grab it in a second. 
Okay. And right afterwards is Lupin the Third, the Italian cut, part four. But you can still watch on Tanami right now. Then after that, a uh, surprise, uh, Danganronpa, season one. Save edition. That way, have blue and green. What's strange? What's a little strange about this is the one of the voice actors who's famous for My Life as a Teenage Robot, in particular Jenny. She does a lot of voice act, voice acts, yeah, voice spots for the characters. It's weird. The second uh, game never got an adaptation. They just kind of skipped over and went to the third game. So that's why I'm really conflicted about that anime series. It's supposed to be chaotic. Then because the license is going out, I got like Butler 2. I have no idea what this boogaloo is. Is it a mystery? Is it a murder? Is it something gothic? I don't know. Is the crow supposed to be in here? So real quick, I'll you click off you for a second. Oh. You were asking if I had this? Well, let me click back on to here so I can see it. Oh, wow. In the wrap. Can you give it a spin? Oh, in that full glory. Yep. Complete, Complete in the box. The what does the green sticker I bought, say? I, I bought this at, um, it's $50. I bought it at Anime Expo last year. It was the first thing I picked up. Oh, wow. It was in a booth, it was in a booth like? that was not a DVD booth either. It was like a, um, it was like one of those. No, it was one of those booths where they just sell random knickknacks and they happen to also just have a bunch of DVDs that they were selling. You know, like just a small little rack of DVDs. Anyway, back to you, Augie. Okay, back to me. A show that, one of the shows that I've watched in the past, especially on uh, G4's Anime Unleashed, that I should probably own and give it another watch is Last Exile. This edition is the anime classics from Funimation. You're following in my footsteps, Augie, picking up that last exile. Ooh, how close is that? What do you mean, how close is that? I'm just saying because the last few podcasts, I got some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Another comment back to the Excel saga. The reason I got that one was because I was missing the band. For some reason, my stepmother threw it away from my other set. I don't know why. So, last time I... don't let your anime to your stepmom. Yeah. So last week I had season one of Kimbosa. Kirin Amose. How I got season two. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that. Was that from, yeah. from Sentai? I, I, wish from I, had, Sentai I wish I had thought about it. I should have bought that during the sale. I didn't know they had a season two. Yeah, they had a season two. But you know what else? I finally got when they cry. One. That's good. Two. Three. For dirt cheap. I know what we're watching in October. I'm already a third of the way there. Oh, yeah, AC. Well, you have three. I have only one of these. This is a. Ah, dang. That's the one thing I have for pickup today. Reese so, says, Kurosaka, beware the Ultraviolet. Gatling gun that comes out of vaginal hammer space. Which one's what? that? Ultraviolet or Viper's Creed? <laughs> no, he's, he posted that before you showed that. Oh. Well. All right. Are you uh, done? Most, Tell me you're done. 
Most of these are Madhouse. Still got, still yeah. got a more. So as you have AC, I'll raise you an AC for some CC. Woo, cantaloupe collector. Okay, so real quick, since I also have that, I'm just letting you guys know I'm about to open this to to check something on stream. But Augie sort of stole my thunder. Save it, so. Stevie DR, right? Yep. Well, yeah. I just want to Is check it back it out. on me. It's on you. All right. So what's bacon? How about some antique bakery? Whoa. But if that's not spicy enough for you, how about some Perticean, some P word I can't pronounce? Perdiso? Nozomi titles? Yeah, both of those are Nozomi titles. Let's see. One's Nozomi, one's Lucky Penny, but the same people anyway. I I think I bought both of those from the discotheque booth at Anime Expo. Are you getting those, Augie, because... I know you know that Antique Bakery is a yaoi, but having watched it, Mm -hmm. that show is really gay. (laughs) Just letting you know. Really? Wow, I did not know that. I thought you were going to say really good. No. Well, here's something that's not that I reviewed, and that's uh, Azazel-san, I summon you, or Azazel, I summon you. Ooh. Now go ahead and tell the story about the Dojin, AC, because you always do. How do you know about the Dojin? Because every time I keep bringing this up, you talk to give the story about the Dojin you saw at AX one year. Yeah. No, that's that video is still yeah, forthcoming. I listen. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I rewatched yeah, that, the podcast, like, I realized that, like, oh, yeah, we talked about this thing that I totally, completely, 100% forgot about. So, real quick, I'm just going to show you guys the uh, the inside of this <laughs> is a stack pack. All the episodes are on one disc, and I'm not sure, but I think the original releases were on two discs. But the thing is that they, when they were on two discs, they were probably um, they were probably single layer. Yeah. So wait, how how is it a stack pack if there's only a single disc? Um, a single disc per show. So there's three discs. Oh, okay. For each show. I would have had a problem Thanks. if it was like. All three of them crammed to one disc. I'd be like, "Oh, I can't even." Yeah, no. And they, they appear to be. Um, they appear to not be DVD on demand. Uh, but um, the thing that was really unique about the other ones is that, that they sexy. read. They read as press DVDs, even though they weren't. So I don't know. It was a bizarre thing I've been trying to figure out. For the bootleg series, anyway. Um, back to Augie. All right. Uh, now with the weather. We have White Radish Beth Monsters and Magic featuring episodes of the oh, featuring episodes of the Item, The Apprentice, and Cthulhu. I'm not sure if this is a legitimate series, but it might be a pseudo anime. The hell is that? Well, oh, oh, now you say that, yeah. Ooh. What is that? I never even I heard of the White this Radish thing. series. That, that looks like that looks like that that hentai they released, like where they like didn't have any rights to any of the characters and might not even be an actual Japanese anime. And they just, they just made like Sailor Moon and, and Dragon Ball characters bang each other. Oh, Dragon <laughs> Sailor Ball Z. Whatever the heck it is. And then they have that one with Spike and like all that stuff. I see it. The cheapest booths at AX years past. Yeah. That's what that looks like. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, says, says, looks like some weird lolly hentai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the guy, well, looking at the filmography on ANN, the guy also did some uh, animation spots for Bakugan. 
Okay. Well, these people are doing a magic jump. I, I happen to have found a magic detective labyrinth. What the hell is that? Ooh. That guy's blouse is so magnificent. You see that? That's it's not that's a blouse. It's an Austin Powers. That's the yep. Seinfeld blouse. <laughs> the ruffled shirt. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> it looks exactly oh, like it. One of the Seinfeld box sets came with that shirt, like a little mini version of it. Oh wow! Oh well, here's another. Here's a more glamorous shot, like right there. So, moving on. Finally, I got all the OVAs and stuff with Martian Successor Nadesco, a show that I haven't seen, but I prefer Chips Ahoy over the other brands. Right after that, y'all have the limited edition, but I have the standard edition of Girls Monthly. Nozaki Kun. Yes. Monthly Girls Nozaki Kun. Augie. Yeah. Hold on, I I clicked off you. Oh, you clicked off me? Yeah, you're spinning it for no one. For no one? Not right now. Look at the dang screen. (laughs) I'm trying to. I have to swap with screens here. There you go. Ba-dum-ba-dum-bum. That's the and same he shirt. had to go on TV for a donate for a clothing donation. <laughs> anyway, back to you. Oh, back to me. So, what method do you use use that night? Well, I prefer a celestial method. This is something I've been wanting to watch watch when it aired a few seasons ago. So, you go to Tame to Hardcore. You already showed Cantaloupe with, Collector. Uh, what? You already showed Cantaloupe Collector. I already showed Cantaloupe Collector, but we have Blade Dance of the Elementals. Another show, show that I was curious about that season, but didn't get a chance to watch. Then finally, we have uh, Amagi and Brilliant Park. So I need to get the third... Third Strike, then uh, the new show that they come out, and I'll finally finish the collecting all the Bull Metal Panic series. That has nothing Get to do with next. I know. The, up next, the single, uh, Bandai. Hold on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decipher this for people because they they might not have got what you just did. The thing about Amagi Brilliant Park is that for whatever yeah, reason. No, it doesn't have Fumofu. It has a character where the person who created it just liked Fumofu's design and said, hey, do you mind if I use this? And they said, yeah, sure. And he created a new character using almost the entire entirely same design as Fumofu. It's not, it's not actually Fumofu. It's not like a crossover. They just happen to use the same design, and it's got, like, very minor changes. I don't think Fumofu had spots. I don't remember. But anyway, but yeah, that's what Augie is referencing. Back to you, Augie. Well, if it's on me, here's a Bandai Rescue from Maine, Japan. Clamp School, School Detectives. Detectives. I have Something the original. That was referenced in. Uh, I don't know. I finally get the reference from Subasa Chronicles while watching this now. Hmm. When I um, those in the comments, first... is this show better than uh, Steam Detectives? Let me know. I don't know. I, I still haven't gotten around to getting Steam Detectives. You know what I finally got around getting? 
Young Blackjack. Hmm. And he faces off with a surgeon who uses a samurai sword. That guy's got to have some serious precision. Oh, uh, he's a little Dororo. And two and two show two movies that AC's been talking about for a while, so I finally got them. One is Ichi the Killer. There you go. With a spectacular price. Kudos to you for not buying the Blood Pack edition. And another one is Versus. Oh, you got the ultimate version, you idiot. I told you specifically you not, not to get, get that one. <laughs> you told me specifically not to get the collector's version. I told you not to get the ultimate one. You say Why collector's good, sir. The ol- I told you guys in the, uh, after the last podcast, don't get the ultimate one because it has um, added terrible effects that we that cheapen the movie. Like every time they strike swords, it's like, oh, let's add a bunch of sparks shooting off that looks like it was done in MS Paint. <laughs> Oof. And last but not least, I'm going to be drinking a huge jug of uh, Mulch's grape juice. So, so I'm done. Okay. Is that uh, the, the complete you... collection? Yeah. It's the premium, uh, was, the premium <laughs> bottle. <laughs> was complete. I think it's like uh, 80% there. Okay. Is it locked on me? It's locked on you. Okay, so to start things off, I got the Stratus 4 OVA. Finally. It'll make sense why in a couple weeks. Yeah. And then I didn't know this existed actually. The Mo Moyoken? Moyoken OVAs? Oh, Moyoken. Yeah. yeah. It was originally released by uh, ADV Films, then another release from Funimation. No, no, these weren't released by Funimation. That's why I didn't know they existed. Because I got the original TV series when it was cheap on Right Stuff. And I didn't know this existed. So when I realized it did, I jumped on it. It was pretty inexpensive. Basically, Discord. And, it's actually a pretty okay show. And fun fact. What I was explaining was the second release of it was Funimation. No, that was the TV series only. Yeah, he's talking about the OVA right now. Yeah. This is OVA. Okay. But um, fun facts. The character designer is apparently... Rumiko Takahashi, so I'm like double glad that I got it. Okay, so wonder if the next. old voice actor for Krillin's in it. The old voice actor for Krillin? Yeah, like the Ocean with uh, Masonic Koku, Ranma, Inuyasha, the old voice actor for Krillin that voiced first time. Oh, okay, you mean so Dragon Ball Krillin? There. Yeah, with really raspy Not Dragon voice. Ball Krillin. No, Dragon no, no, no. Ball he's talking about the Ocean Krillin. Group dub. Group. See, he said the first time. The first time was Dragon Ball. Anyway, continue. Okay, so then I got Berserk Season 2 of the 2016 anime. Because, you mm-hmm. know, I want to complete it and get, you know, the Blu-ray quality of the horrible CG. And let's see. Next. I'm surprised that I'm the only one that got this. This, I mean, you probably don't count this anime i got avatar the complete blu-ray because the interlacing on my brother's dvds looks horrible you can very um your connection just really crapped out but i think we know what you basically said about the about the interlacing yeah sucks okay so 
Subasa OVAs Blu-ray. I had the Subasa OVAs on DVD, but the guy that sold it to me put it in a green Xbox case. So it's like <laughs> the save edition, but it's embedded in the case. So I wanted to get this version because it came with the slip case because you can get the save edition, which is the mainstream one. But now this, if you want to get it, is pretty expensive. But I got it for dirt cheap. Then, finally, I have a core Lupin the Third uh, season in my collection. Otherwise, I only had that Fujiko Mine. And now I finally have part four, which is nice. I'm so glad to have it. Now, here's a four-part bad boy. So, starting off, I got Case Closed, the first season art box, and luckily they gave me all the volumes of season one, so I don't need to rebuy whatever that contains. Uh, let's see. Then we got season two season two slash three though these aren't the real season numbers or whatever it's like the seasons in the saves editions contains different episode amounts and then we got season four art box well it's not it's not just the save editions okay yeah the you know whichever those kinds of seasons is essentially what we mean. Now, what Brad was saying behind the scenes is that, oh, did one of them come with uh, volume one of season one for some reason? That was this one, season four. The starter set comes... That's what I thought it was, but I couldn't remember if it was season four or season five, but it made sense once you had um, said that the... uh, It's marketed as a starter set. So if anyone what happened as as you were telling me behind the scenes was that season four and season five's box set were released first, right? So so Funimation released those art boxes first, and then they released season one and season two. So that's why they have two separate DVDs that contain the first couple episodes because one of them was for the box set, and one of them was just so you have an idea of what's actually going on in season four and season five. Exactly. So, and then just to show real quick, um, these are the sets that contain a whole separate, I didn't even know this. Like I literally was at a point where I was ready to throw these, not throw them away, but you know what I mean? I was ready to take them out of the collection um, because I have the, uh, the art boxes. And as we noticed when he was asking me all these questions, the amount of episodes, the final episode of season five in the, in the brick set, it, it's like in season four's box. It's, it's literally, what was it? The hobo one? Yeah, 83. Dead Hobo, I think it's called. Episode 83. How am I on 52? Oh, that's season two. What the heck? <laughs> I, I think I, season two is the rarest I had one. Them, I had them the wrong way. I meant, I meant to hold them this way and grab the second to last one, not, not the second to first one. <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah, so this is, um, this is season four, and episode three no pardon four on on the first disc is dead hobo which is the final episode in the brick set so that means that um when you once you get to this one it's like it's already there's so much more it goes up to like episode 130 um and on the on the sets that that you have they're also not in order they're not even close to in order 
Um, Funimation yeah. switched them all around. Um, so uh, there, are, there are clusters of like three episodes in a row that are part of the same storyline, but then they jump all around because um, they are mostly standalone sort of stories. But they uh, yeah, Funimation the released order. them in all different orders. And uh, makes you wonder if they put it in a certain order due to the TV ratings in Japan. Well, if I if I can read to you real oh no wait actually no no yeah no this is I don't know but it's uh they appear to go all the way up to episode there's over nine hundred episodes by the way but Funimation yeah. only released up to episode one thirty is what I'm <clears> saying <throat> um podcast come on do your magic we got that disco tech one coming <laughs> yeah we're doubling down because we wished for that last podcast so yeah. we got double one well let's see so then peas and carrots. Sorry, is it locked on to you? Dragon Ball Super. I don't think it's so. Back, it's back on you. Good. Okay. And as you notice, so this is the fifth one. The fourth one I just showed you. They both have horrible lines because you just have they, this ambiguous guy okay. leaning on your box. That's hey, it's not Jimmy Kudo, is I don't know. It looks like some side character thug punk. Have that's... you watched it before? I watched like two episodes, but like so you know that he has different. an adult. You know that he has an adult form and a kid form, right? I do know that, but okay. I recognize his adult form is looking okay. different. Okay. I think just every character looks yeah, it, very it similar. Might not be him. But yeah, um, so, so I'm just going to correct you real quick. A little mean. It's not the... garbage. It's just that compared to seasons one and two's awesome design, it looks like garbage. Well, I think it's garbage because there's no end label, so it's no, just really ambiguous. I redact my previous comment. You're right. It is garbage. <laughs> it's garbage for that reason alone. That's FDD, over the now, on the back of that box that you just put away, can you, do you know the name of the person in white? I know it. I believe AC knows it as well, but do you know it? God damn it. I think I remember hearing about it in that Funimation trailer for that one movie. Audience, help, help him right? out. Help Zero him out and give him the cards. name. I don't know. Is I his name Jimmy his Kudo? Name. Nope, it's not Jimmy Kudo. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember his name, actually. The Is it Tuxedo Carmen? No, I'm not uh, going to waste time on this. Um, okay. Yeah, I thought That's Augie right. was going to have you look at the back and ask where his neck was. <laughs> okay, now the very obvious oh, My Hero Academia Season 2 Part 2. Better See, get this it before is the problem with letting you guys go first. Reese says it's Kaito Kid. There you go. Wait. The white, there. the white suited guy. Okay. Then we got. Thank you, Reese. I finally completed my conquest to get all the optimal versions of Soccer Wars with this. The art box. That's a spine. It looks pretty and stuff. Blah blah blah. It came with all six of volumes by mistake, so I have three copies of the entire series now. Blah blah blah. And then I have one more pickup. Oh God. I hope I didn't ruin the box. Ugh. Okay. Box, 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 box. And then we have Platinum Art Box for Evangelion. Oh, yeah. And I got it for, like, a normal price. Honestly, this is, like... I have three copies of Evangelion, and the the most expensive one I got was the retail price one from Right Stuff. If that you tells know, you any idea. You know what my introduction to Ava was? What? My introduction to Ava was the director's cut of the second to last volume. <laughs> That's a very good place to start. Yeah, very <laughs> that good. might be why I'm not fond of the show. <laughs> now, on top of that, they threw in every other volume. 
Yeah. Well, here's a challenge for you, FDDNM. So I can, will you go after the Christmas die. edition? Am I yeah, there is, out? there is no. There's a Christmas edition art box. Art box? Yeah. Eh. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, this looks really nice. Is what I was saying when I was cutting out. Problem is, uh, oh god, one just <laughs> fell out. Don't worry, I got duplicates. I got duplicates of one of the volumes. Um, yeah, there's a that, little the crunch in the on, corner. Yeah, <laughs> but honestly, whatever. The price is right, and it looks. <laughs> Literally finally, every collector, as soon as you put that on screen, every collector said, mm, the corner's cancerous. Exactly. <laughs> the first thing we all okay, noticed. So yeah, that, yeah, so that's that's that and all my that pictures. That is a feat to get, though. It is, and that, it looks the nicest on the spine, which is why I love it. But you know what? They're probably going to have a Blu-ray somewhere down the line anyway that I'm going to replace it with, but whatever. What is the next door of business? So, real question, real quick question. What's um, Jimmy Kudo's girlfriend's name again? Good question. I forgot. Reese, Reese will know that. I'm just curious. She has, in the English dub, she has a, I think she has an English name. And I can't remember what it is. Anyway, so my pickups. So, first of all. Wait, I thought you, oh. Is it locked on. on to you? No. Make sure it's locked on to you. Um, I got Shirobako, so we could uh, do this for a watch club. Cool. Hey, which winsies? We all got it. Yeah. Well, I know. So now that we all have it, we can do it. Um, so I, I mentioned... I think he was hitting on something else. I don't think the last no, podcast, but the the podcast before that, I think, I had ordered something on Right Stuff um, right before the podcast. It was the, the No Game, No Life premium edition that was like dirt cheap on, on Right Stuff for a day or whatever. Or I guess it's just a cheap premium edition. But anyway, um, and I had also mentioned I got the Psycho Pass movie. Well, that was shipped to me without a... Uh, Slipcover. Slipcover, thank you. So I ordered it from Amazon... Now I have two that have no sh- slip cover, um, which obviously I'm going to send send them back. But um, I think I hate I hate to be the one to say this because this is not fun news. I think Funimation might be phasing out slip covers as we've known, but I think that they have actually re-released this set. So you guys who already have it, you said it doesn't actually have the digital HD thing on the back. No, no, no. That, that's just me because I'm in Canada. Okay, but um, what I'm getting at is uh, I think that there's going to be a bit of a gold rush on older on on sets released around this time that had a slipcover and then was discontinued. So mm-hmm. I found it on eBay for a decent price. So I'm going to send these back because um, it's it's I'm getting it used, so I'm actually getting it for less money. Um, but that was one of them. Uh, obviously, you guys saw this already. I picked up that three anime thing for the bootleg series to uh, try to understand Sony's release um, so I can talk about that. I got My Hero Academia um, Season 2 Part 2 as well, which I finished tonight, by the way, just before the podcast. I watched the last two episodes of, the, of that season. Um, so I'm all caught up. Uh, so I also got um, Non Non Biori. And every time I see this show, I think of a joke. I think it was Abby who posted it on Twitter. Um, I, I forget the exact thing of it, but he basically recapped in 140 characters back before the 
the extended thing or whatever. He basically mm-hmm. recapped the name, the the synopsis of the show, but through the uh, through the eyes of like a of a like not trans necessarily, but he he was giving the synopsis and said the new anime non non binary. Uh, I, I, it was a really hilarious joke the way he worded it. Um, so so that's what I always think of. Um, I picked up Penguin Drum. Two because I had Penguin Drum one. I also got um, Huck Enden, uh part two uh, to just finish that off because these are like so ridiculously cheap on the uh, sale. Um, Nurse Witch Komugi R um, and the Perfect Insider, uh, all from Sentai Sale that had like. <laughs> let, let me let me explain something real quick. So a lot of people were upset at how long it took for them to ship the stuff out. I had two orders because one of the orders was for stuff that um, that I'm going to be shipping to FDDNM, and I had an order that was probably about 12 hours apart, and it was the the order number was over a thousand difference, right? So they're they're putting out like thousands and thousands of shipments, right? They actually ran out of Sentai boxes and had to use Right Stuff boxes because their you they their fulfillment center is the Right Stuff warehouse, so. Um, yeah, just, you got to understand their sale was so ridiculous. And by the way, just saying, I called it, they've trained their, their customers not to pay full price. You know, you wait for the sale and you never have to pay full price, which is why I bought squid girl, which by the way, I, um, I already opened it, but this came in the mail. Cause, uh, one of the items that FDM and I both got was the squid girl premium. And, uh, the one that I got from the first package uh, I don't know if you guys, yeah, it's right there. You can't really tell ugh, right there, but the uh, shrink wrap is like tearing off it. By the way, the shrink wrap that Sentai uses is terrible. It's designed to come off. Okay. Now, if you're going to open the package, doesn't matter, but some other companies use shrink wrap that'll last and you can really just leave it on for years uh, and keep the set pristine. Um, Sentai's are not like that. Um, so that one's open uh, slightly. And then I had another one that they sent that's temporarily in my collection uh, to hold the space uh, up there. And that one has a, sm- a slight imperfection on it. So I ordered it from Amazon and I thought, I'm going to see if Amazon gets me a better condition one. And then I'm going to ship FDDM the second best one. Um, and uh, this one is in perfect condition, except I don't know if that's supposed to sound like that. <laughs> I can't well, tell if that's the extras. disc. It does have extras, right? So let me grab one of the other ones. Because this actually is in pretty good condition. It's a whole different sound. Well, well, I think even, it is a disc. Even if it is, um, like, the, you know, the case has, like, a broken tab or whatever, it's easy enough to replace them. Yeah, but I'm not going to open yeah. it. That's the thing. I, need, I can't open it to fix it because I'm not going to open it. Anyway. Well, if you're never going to open it, then it yeah, de- but you I'd won't still, be able to I'd know. Still, Okay, but there will come a time when I when I pass on and my kids sell that to some some rickety old collector who never quite got it when the time was ripe, uh, and I, I don't want them to have to sell one that has a disc rolling around in it. Okay, so the extras are a keychain, so it could easily be the keychain. It could be. It could back. be. I, I will. I will do like a uh, a listen test uh, after the podcast to to really determine. Art card, lenticular card, etc. Anyway. So um, that, I think, is all I want to talk about for pickups. Um, hey, you can show one of my pickups, the Overture or whatever, OVA. Yeah, you guys want to see the boxes that came? I had two boxes that were this big. 
that came for for uh, FDD and M stuff. Um, so this one. Yes, that's the only pickup that disaster. Augie, come on, <laughs> this one. Uh, some I don't know what it is. It's like your mic is so sensitive that you just turn your head and the camera cuts to you. <laughs> like literally, I say it's this one, and Augie goes. And he looks back at the at the screen, and then the camera cuts to him. <laughs> anyway, so this is the Rosenmaiden Overture, um, and the reason that it's cancer to FDDM is because apparently the Sentai Select set also has that OVA on it. And if it makes you feel any better, something else I didn't I didn't bother mentioning that I picked up was the You're Under Arrest stuff, because um, that's one of my favorite series, and I didn't I didn't realize that the Sentai one was actually a different season than the one I have from uh, Animego. So I got seasons two and three, um, and uh, I accidentally bought collection one of season two <laughs> with seasons two and three. So now I have the complete uh-huh. season two and collection one of season two. So that's great. Now I did miss Oops. one item. What's up? Right. Are we sharing our cancer? Is it locked on me? or? It's on you. Augie wants right. me to open this. So. Augie wants Let me to get open. done with this. Yeah, I, I know. Let me get done with this first. So I have this already from Central Park Media, but since people are buying the Blu-ray, I finally got the other DVD sets. Central Park. What does that mean for me? That means I have proper chapter selection. Instead of dealing with the evolution of a chapter change. People are saying sounds like a broken case tab which is what I was thinking it might be. Might be. Could be anything. I'm not going to question much on what's going to break you around a limited edition. Ooh, and lastly. Uh, okay, so open up my uh, Remy of a surprise for you. All right. So Augie sent me a message that he had sent me something and he asked me to do a live stream, a quick live stream to open it on camera and get my reaction. Augie, are you ready for my reaction? I'm ready. Cause I'm not going to open it. Cause I already know what it is. And I've known from the moment you told me you shipped me something. It's a toga. How's your reaction? <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. I'm are you sure. positive? It was confirmed when oh, it says man. it's from buy costumes. <laughs> It was sure pretty it's a toga? From the min- the minute you told me to look out for something in the mail. Come I'll on, open it. open it up. Sure looks like a toga to me. What's this? A toga. So FDDM, I'm just going to go ahead and put this in your box and ship it to you in Canada. Yeah, use it for padding. Yeah. Yeah, shift the guy who lives in a tundra, tundra toga from the guy that lives in a desert where it's more appropriate to wear. Actually, don't include it because it will make the shipping more expensive. No, it weighs almost nothing. <laughs> no Otaku sale. <laughs> Augie knows the one thing, like my biggest pet peeve is people trying to manipulate other people, and I refuse to be. I'm not manipulating you. You know this is for good fun. Oh, uh, yeah, anyway, I'm going to... Hold on, quit. Oh, yeah, one more thing. One more thing. So, um, Sentai... Here's the packing list. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna show it close enough that you guys can see what it is because FDM has asked me not to uh, reveal his pickups until he gets them. Here's the packing list from just one of the boxes. 
I don't know if you can see how many items are listed there, but I mean, there's there a you, lot of stuff right here. You don't have right? to censor it for me or anything. Like, so, you, so, I don't care. So, uh, one of the items that I ordered for myself in this order was listed as back ordered, but it was actually in the box. So, I might get a second copy of uh, Fate Stay Night Unlimited Blade Works. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, um, all right, so let's move on to uh, articles. We're going to have a very interesting podcast today. Let's check out the stream status. says good, primary stream. The current. I'm just checking the, uh, the control room for the stuff. Yeah, it looks, like, it looks like the stream's health has been pretty good, the whole podcast so far. While you're getting that ready, I have a quick comment to say about the whole Sentai's training you to wait. The problem yeah. is, if I want Princess Principal, as soon as it comes out, I can't get it unless I want to get a good price. You know, because I'll have to wait till it actually goes on sale, which will be like a year. Yeah, but for nearly... See, that's the problem with the streaming stuff, is that for nearly every title that you could want to get and, and watch the day it's released, you could have already watched it. You know? I mean, sure, but I want to watch it with that dub. And for Ushio and Tor, it took them an eternity to get the full dub on high dub. They, like, did it pretty slowly, but yeah. Yeah. But if you're like me and you have an entire backlog of stuff to get through... Um, you can wait. You can easily wait. Anyway, um, so... Is if it's going to take a while after you order it and you already know about it, put something in the order saying, no, it may take a while to come. So I just order in for those who do one day shipping and not get it in that one day, get angry, kind of avoid that situation. During, uh, during the podcast where we watched, um, uh, Seraphim call. I had I had to go on a trip to uh, uh, Lake Tahoe, and I ordered a Belkin connector that would allow me to charge my my laptop in the car. Um, turned out that the car we took actually had like an AC/DC adapter, so I just used that. But I I rush ordered a Belkin adapter so that I could go from like the cigarette lighter to USB-C and charge the car or the, the laptop from the car. Um, but it was actually for a phone, like, but it was the highest powered one that, that is made. So I was hoping it would work with the laptop so that I could work during the trip. Cause I was working on the, um, uh, anti tuber expo video at the time. Um, and, uh, I rush ordered that like two day delivery. Right. And <laughs> Two-day delivery just means that when they get around to shipping it, they're going to ship it two-day delivery. It, it stayed in their dang warehouse for a week before they finally shipped it two-day delivery. I spent like a fortune on something I couldn't even use because I was already in Tahoe when it arrived. Anyway. Um, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and share screen and we're going to get into these articles. Um, so Kickstarter news. We've got um, 58 hours left for the writing bean. Uh, for the writing bean... Um, Bean Bandit project for, for Kenichi Sonoda. Uh, so they've reached their goal. Um, so that's good. And it looks like, you know, they may still get a little bit over, which is great. It's not nearly as far as I'd like it to be uh, because there is a way, there is a stretch goal or whatever that would make it a full episode instead of like five minutes. So let's hope it gets there. 
Augie asked me to share this one. Uh, yes, we've been following this. We've been following this for a while now. This is the crowdfunding for an animator dorm. I'm talking about a lot. All right, wine. Uh, this is going to be at AX. AX, if you want to contribute to it. Um. So it's nice to see this. See this continue. Hopefully, the funding's growing, and people who are living at the dorms are. Not starving, hopefully, and maybe we can get maybe we can get more people into this field if field if this gets more popular. So or the issue here better living conditions. I think the issue here, personally, is that the anime industry is not in a sustainable model. Not even no, close. It's in a bubble. It's in a bubble. Well, it's I wouldn't even call it a bubble. I think that it's just. Uh, it's like the bubble has already popped, but the little droplets of bubble that are shooting out everywhere um, just haven't hit the ground yet. You know, like, and people are still working as hard as they can every day. And people die. People literally die in their 30s in Japan yeah. from overwork, you know. So anyway. Um, there, there are some articles that detail someone that went through all their life going through an art school just to do this kind of work because that's their dream. They mm -hmm. suspect to live decently while doing it, then realize that they're getting paid less than what they started to go into. Yeah. There's a, so something we're going to talk so, about at the end of the uh, articles is something to do with artists and you have to understand that one of the reason that the stereotype of the starving artists exists is because artists I, i've said this before that being creative is a masturbatory act because being able to sit down and just create 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 feels really good as the artist there's a dopamine hit um where sitting down and drawing something feels good mentally. And then when you, especially when you struggle with a project, but you manage to overcome it and you come up with a solution to a problem that at the beginning, you didn't know how you were going to solve. There's a rush of endorphins that come to an artist developing their craft, you know? And the problem with that is that you get high on the act of creating to the point where you have to realize that in order to be a successful artist, you have to be an artist and a businessman. You have to be an artist and a capitalist to understand how to market your skills properly and to, to, to not be, I don't want to say taken advantage of because I do think that I think that in Japan, especially, it's this sort of a pride thing when it comes to being an artist that you value your craft so much that you're willing to be trampled over. You're voluntarily working harder than you should um, and letting people reap the benefits of your hard work and your, you know, damaging your own health and all that because it's something that so, you're so passionate about. And um, I think that one of the things they really don't teach in art school is how to value your time and how to recognize where creativity, uh, where the fun of it and the, and the passion needs to be overridden by business so that you can 
actually make decisions that make you money versus as Augie was just saying, people go to school with a dream of doing this and realize they don't make any money. And I think that's what a lot of people are coming to terms with right now, especially in America who have gone to school realizing that they can't make a living off of the, the career they chose because quite frankly, most of the, uh, most of the, um, recruiters in like colleges that try to get you into their school are just straight up lying to you about what the prospects are for your job and your career afterward. Cause their job is to get you in there, you know? And unfortunately people um, are realizing that they should have looked into things ahead of time and not just trusted the person whose job it was <laughs> to get them into the college. You know what I mean? So anyway, it's a yeah, sad, it's a sad thing. That's, that's why I chose my route cause in what I do, I know I can support myself, and if I want to later on, I can live just fine and go into what I really want to do later. Well, that's yeah. the route that I chose. I think I've sort of talked about this before, but I had a bit of a weird thing with, with my career where right at the end of college, there was a moment because Avatar had just come out, um, and I thought to mm-hmm. myself at one point, I thought, you know what? this is the perfect time for me to graduate because this is going to like every movie for the next like three years, at least is going to be trying to replicate what avatar did. And so um, I'm going to be able to have tons and tons of work and it's going to be great. Um, But then what ended up happening instead is instead of people actually doing what James Cameron did, which cost a lot of money, they just did stereo conversion. So everybody I graduated with went in to work at places like Stereo D and all these other places in Southern California that had that were stereo conversion houses that are just faking the 3D for the for the gimmick of selling you the, the ticket at a higher price because um, it has the 3D glasses. Uh, and then shortly after that, like, so as I was graduating, I did start to notice, like, I I did see that there were two ways this could go. And I I saw the unsustainability of, of the industry start to occur. Like I started, I started to see it and and I, I, I couldn't articulate, I couldn't tell you what was wrong, but I have this, like this way of interpreting stuff in the back of my mind that gives me that gut feeling that I'm over time, I've sort of trained myself to be able to interpret better. But um, when I was working uh, shortly after I graduated, I worked at this place where um, where one of the employers I had wanted to, he had a connection in China. That was, they were starting a, a studio there and they wanted to hire artists to come and teach uh, at their studio. Um, and then, uh, you know, have us in a, like a, you know, 10 Hollywood movie contract. And then eventually when they got to the level where they were, uh, able to produce stuff without us, they would just buy us out of our contract and send us home millionaires, you know? And that was a really good opportunity at the time, but it was also one of those things where you sort of recognize that I'm training my replacement. You know what I mean? Because all the, all the VFX work is, is, is gone to China and they compete with China. You, you compete with slave wages, you know? So anyway, if you aren't in college yet, really think, about what you're going to do with your life and really observe what that career is actually going to end up being and be realistic about it. Because in reality, almost there, they're quite frankly, I mean, maybe going forward, there will be some more opportunities, but uh, you know, the past decade or so, there just have not been any, you know um, the, the jobs aren't there for the amount of people that want them. And now that the internet exists, any job that like, for instance, Augie, you do a job that you have to be there on site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I could so do, pick a job like that. 
don't pick a job like I did where you can compete with people on the other side of the planet because those people are always going to win because they charge less because the cost of living in their, in their home is way less than yours. They can get, you know, $5 an hour and pay rent with that. You know, my rate is 80 an hour, you know? So, um, so they're going to go with the people in China who are charging $5 an hour anyway. Um, and they don't care if, if the work isn't as good. That's, that's the number one thing I want to share with you guys. Like seriously, take this to heart. Businesses do not want people who are spectacular at their work and go the extra mile. They want you to be fast and adequate. That's all they want from you, unfortunately. So anyway. what failed. Uh, my two cents for college, if you one, if you can go, go. If you have an emergency come up, at least pass cal- calculus one, if anything, before you drop out. Why that particular? There's a lot more job opportunities with that class. I'm not saying that's the ultimate goal in life, but if you have to stop at a point before stop you can go back, make sure you take that class. Get that out of the way. Or just learn it on online. <laughs> you don't get credit if you do that. You don't need yeah. credit if you're not going to get a degree. <laughs> Look at transcripts yeah, anyway. Uh, all right. So the next thing we talk about, we've talked about digital manga. Turns out we we had we had speculated that they weren't actually going to be shipping out their stuff, right? We had read that stuff on that website where people were bashing their employers and everything. So here is their statement regarding Kimigori Orange Road. Hello, Kimigori Orange Road backers. It is with my deepest apology, apologies that you have waited so long for this Kickstarter, but we have finally uh, come around to begin the shipping process. Shipping. Shipping out items will begin next week. Uh, this was about a week ago, I think, when I posted this up, so they should be coming to you soon if um, if you ordered them. Some Sometime between Wednesday and Friday. This will take some time as we, one, have limited staff on hand, and two, can only complete so many at a time, at one time, uh, given our financial situation. Refer to previous update, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so basically, they apologize for it. You guys can read this stuff. If you want, uh, and then about I don't know, half a week later, uh, Kodomo no Jikan got a, a similar update saying hello, Kodomo no Jikan backers. Uh, as some of you may know, uh, we are beginning to ship out items for our oldest incomplete Kickstarter, Kimigori Orange Road, as stated in the update. For that Kickstarter, we will slowly ship items out uh, to their backers. As for this Kickstarter, Kodomo no Jikan, we will make faster progress once we've completed Kimigori Orange Road shipping. So here's what we still need to do. Translations. Translations are complete except for the jokes. A new person is deciphering the puns and double entendres as we speak. We have yet to order the slipcases. Keychains are not complete. The overall book production... Preparing it for print and digital is not complete. I do intend to give you updates as we check off things once they are completed. Please message us if you have any questions, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, they could just be stringing us along, but it's nice to see that uh, we might actually get this item that we paid for. Yeah, they even had an update where they posted pictures of the Kimigure Orange Road stuff that is completed, and they had, like, an entire bookshelf that had a bunch of stuff in it. Oh, cool. It looked like the yeah, entire I didn't, thing. I didn't back the uh, Kimigori Orange Road one, so. Is the creator of that still alive? Last time I heard, he was on his... I'm pretty sure they would have given us an update, or me an update that said, yo, he's dead, or something. Okay. Assuming assuming he didn't die before the uh, 
Kickstarter. Anyway, so uh, moving on to the next thing, we got, we're going into convention news. Go Nagai joins Anime Expo. Come on, guys, proofread your stuff. As guest of honor. Um, so Go Nagai is going to be there. It's going to be a panel for the Cutie Honey Universe uh, panel. And it's going to be at the JW Marriott live programming too. So it's going to be in the hotel you'll be staying at, Augie. Awesome. There we go. Saturday, July 7th. So that's day three. And it's going to be at noon. So there's actually kind of a chance we might be able to get into this one, actually, if it's in the JW Marriott. I mean, we're still going to have to line up like two hours early at least, but we'll probably be able to get into it. Um, Anyway, so... Funimation Toho uh, hosts world premiere of My Hero Academia, a uh, two heroes film at Anime Expo. So we're also going to try to get into this one. This is going to be um, day one, I believe, at Anime Expo. Awesome. I don't no, I see. I've been having I... a hard time trying. Say what? So I got the app. From AX, but I'm having a hard time kind of deciphering what the schedule is. Is there okay. an easier option? Hold on. Is the app updated? Because the app, they released an app like a couple of years ago, but then the next year they didn't use the app. And then the app was still the schedule for the like that previous year. And then I think that the year after that, they did actually update the app to, to match for the new thing. And then, you know, I don't know. So I, I'll have to re-download it and see if See if it's changed. Okay, that's uh, that's an answer I can live with. Okay, but twenty days and ten hours left at this point. Oh, so they do have it. It says Anime Expo twenty eighteen is the name of the app. So yeah, it is for this year. All right, I'm going to install it right now. Anyway, and then the next uh, article here: um, Anime Expo to host world premiere of Attack on Titan season three. So this is actually really great if I can do this because. Um, originally I was going to try to go to this on, I think it was on the 13th. Uh, there's going to be a screening in theaters. Um, but if I can do it at anime expo, it means I can, I can be back in Arizona for the next podcast. Um, whereas if I, if I went to the actual screening, I'd have to be, I'd have to be in California to do the next podcast, which I don't want to do if I can help it. Anyway, I hope I can, I hope. I hope all for the reaction videos, I can try to get in most, a lot of them if I can. But yeah. Uh, well, um, yeah. Anyway, so that's the plan, at least. Live action news. It's one. It's only one. And it's the and one you, I shared. Miss Machiko yep. manga gets new live action film in September. So I'm looking forward to this. Discotech just released the show already. <laughs> Give me a hard copy. I want to slap people with it. <laughs> Want to say I own it? It's more I so there's watch all the episodes. Sorry, say that again. If it does well enough, they'll bring it. They're more so yeah. testing the waters with Miss Machiko for like a digital only license, so streaming only. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if it does well enough, it. they'll bring it in physical. But for now, it's just digital. That's not what I want. That's not what I throw my money at. I, I want know the, none of us I want that. But... <sighs> okay, moving on. Deadpool 2 finally ends Detective Conan's box office reign in Japan. So we've been talking about Detective Conan's last movie. Uh, So after eight solid weeks at number one, um, it's no longer number one. I didn't actually see how different it was, though. 
Oh God, what the? First of all, Fifty First Dates is just now coming to to Japan, and it somehow is beating this Detective Conan movie. So anyway, they talk about they talk a little bit about the stuff that Ryan Reynolds actually did to. Uh, he did like a photo shoot with cosplayers at Zojoji Temple, which is where Hugh Jackman's uh, The Wolverine was shot, the one where he fought the Silver Samurai. So I, I'm curious. So I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But for those of you who have seen it, do you think that the Japanese or any other culture besides America is going to appreciate the post-credit scene as much as we did? Okay, so you have to repeat that again. Okay, I don't want to do any spoilers, so I'm speaking very deliberately to not use anything that'll give it away. But do you think that anybody outside of the United States is going to actually appreciate the post or the mid credits scene? Hmm. Have you seen it? No, nope. I've seen it. So the you know what last... I'm talking about for the mid credit scene. Do you think that credits might go over their head? The last, the last stuff shouldn't. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like, I think it's, uh, I don't know that it's, it, it was literally the best part of the movie. And I feel like, uh, I feel like it it only is going to be a win in terms of um, audience for people in the United States for some reason, but I don't know. We'll see. I just don't think that any, I'm behind I don't think, on a lot of X Men stuff, but I'm surprised they're able I don't to think do like the rest cave. of the world hates the other movies as much as uh, I'm surprised uh, that uh, they're able to do a movie with Cable without Bishop. But I'm, can, can I'm I just give another shout out to Josh Brolin for being just like a, a national treasure? That guy, that guy was so great. Anyway, um, so moving on, anime news. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the anime uh, using real-life locations. Crunchyroll put together a uh, best of the the last two years worth of anime versus real life, so I just thought I would look through them real quick if you guys are interested. Because we've been sort of talking about them a little bit here and there. Uh, This one looks pretty cool, actually. I really like that one. I remember back in the day when people posted uh, five centimeters per second artwork and said, oh, when anime looks better than real life or whatever. Well, it's funny. I was just about to say, I think this actually looks better than the (laughs) the photo. (laughs) But um, the thing about the five centimeters per second one is that the photos that people were posting were the, I think, the actual photos that were traced. These are people actually trying to get as close to it as they can. And I, I think that perhaps the drawing in the anime was actually a drawing based on the picture rather than a tracing. But I think that a lot of the stuff that, um, that Shinkai does are actual tracings of the real life are. location. Um, cause they look like, I, I feel like you could take those comparison images and overlay them and like toggle between them. So Is that Nina and her dog? I haven't watched Love Live Sunshine. I'm talking about Full Metal Alchemist reference. Oh, okay. <laughs> when you say the dog, that can be anything. Yeah, but when you say Nina, there's only one Nina ever. Period. No. 
that's when I hear Nina, I immediately think of the Harvest Moon character. Harvest Moon, the pink haired girl that's her name, right? Nina, I haven't played any Harvest Moon. Which console are you talking about? 64? Um, literally all of them, I'm pretty sure, has a Nina in it. Maybe started oh. it. No, I'm pretty sure they all had the pink haired girl. Anyway, continuing so down, one that I'm going to notice right now that I didn't click on me, so anytime you guys are interrupting, people are missing some of these, but the article is there on the Facebook group if you guys want to look for them. Anyway, okay, so we got through that. I thought those were pretty cool. Uh, Augie, you wanted to share this, so... Uh, yes, Katawa. Sammy Establishment. What? Katokawa. Katokawa. Sammy Establishment, new anime studio, Ingi. So let's. So Katakawa is Katakawa has a subsidy now, and let's see. I don't know why you wanted to share this. <laughs> they, they're expanding. Uh, they're they're expanding to make pachinko games, according to the article. Yeah. So anyway. Ah, no! So this is Queen yeah, Blade, a limited that. anime... Shoot. I don't think we really need to like physically see it if we're just talking yeah, about the I, I think that... Okay, good. I was going to say that um, I this is a problem sometimes that happens with Anime News Network where the connection gets bad, uh, like they have low bandwidth or whatever. Um, and I've, I've been lucky that we haven't once had this happen in the podcast yet. But yeah, it's the Queen's Blade Unlimited anime promo video highlights character story reboot. So who asked me to share this? Was it you at the game or was it Augie? Or? I don't think I shared it, but you know, I would want to just briefly mention it. it. It was me. I wanted to mention it because it's getting more, even though there's yeah. still a lot more that hasn't been released over here yet. Well, I'll tell you this much. I'm going to be really pissed when it only comes out on Blu-ray and it screws up my DVD-only line of... Unlimited or of uh, unlimited uh, of Queen's Blade. I almost said unlimited Blade Works. Um, anyway, yeah. So moving on. Second Peacemaker Kurogane film reveals visual November seventeenth premiere. So this is kind of an old show. The original one um, looks like the characters have definitely grown up a bit. They were part of the Shinsengumi during the original Peacemaker um, Kurogane series that was originally released over here by ADV. Um, it's an okay series, but it's kind of forgettable. I posted so yeah, this because the Shinsengumi outfits, and then now they're like dressed up like Saito in uh, um, Kenshin. I posted this because even though it's an older show that was brought over here, I haven't seen it, but I know well, there there's a crowd for this. It's getting it's getting more movies. So, I forgot if this was based off of a visual novel or if this is original. I think it's a manga. Manga. I'm not but sure, though. For, but for those who are fans of this, there's more to become. Maybe there's another reboot that might do it a better justice, or maybe it's all the same from it, from it anyway. I think more of anything is usually yeah. good. Adapted from the manga. Now, the era that you're talking about, is that when Japan was resisting any outside influence or was this the part where they were accepting outside influence and were trying to get rid of the samurai? You mean the Shinsengumi? Yeah. I think the Shinsengumi was 
either right around or right before the time when they outlawed swords. But don't quote okay. me on that. Um, because they carried oh, swords and cheap. stuff. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, moving on. Moving right along. Backstreet Girls anime shows both sides a new key visual. So I'm just going to keep bringing this up because uh, I can't wait to actually watch it. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to uh, keep it in the uh, vernacular of our podcast for now. Right. Oh, yeah. Brawny, same same with this one. Brawny Brawlers trade brutal blows in Baki TV anime trailer. So now there's a trailer you can watch. Um, and again, is it I ugly? Wanna, uh, I haven't watched it actually. I don't didn't see a. I didn't watch it yet. With the title of Brawny Brawlers, I'm thinking like how they used to do muscle or Kanikuman in the capsules. So they're going to be different capsule boys for the different rest different uh brawlers i can't i can't tell if it's better or worse than the uh gon was it gonzo it just feels like it's gonzo for how bad the original gonzo. one was gonzo. anyway um hero fumi arai joins black clover cast as a character based on himself so this actor who is in uh is this the character's name in Gintama? Nizo Okada? Because clearly that doesn't say Hiro Fumira. I think they might have used the wrong picture here. Because they were talking about his appearance was based on Arai, referring to the Black Clover character, um, after the actor appeared with creator Yuki Tabata on Jump Undercover Mission Police, right? So, and then they show this Gintama thing. This might be the wrong image because I don't know if this is the same guy. It doesn't really look too much light. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so this guy um, jokingly asked to be drawn by the creator of uh, of Black Clover. So the, char- the the creator made a character based on him, and now he's going to voice the character based on him in, in the uh, Japanese version of the show, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and then this, I didn't even hear about the show until just now, uh, or until, you know, today when I looked this up. But uh, this looks like the article alone is pretty cool, but uh, or at least the the title sounded cool. But the show itself, I'm so excited for. It looks like such a fun show. So, a Street Fighter game voice actor reprises role for high school or high score girl, pardon TV anime. So, um, this sounded really cool. I thought that they meant that the Street Fighter Two version, like the the guy um, who voiced the the thing that ended up getting like digitized into the you know like the little chip tune version of it or whatever. Um, but actually, it's the Street Fighter Four uh, voice, so it's not as it's not as interesting, right? Um, but it's the voice of Guile. But I just say that this anime, uh, from what I saw of it, actually looks really fun because it actually has the characters in it are playing um, old arcade games from like they're real games, right? That they're playing. So they have like Street Fighter and stuff. It, it looks really fun. Like it looks like a fun show. Anyway, mm. is anything in, you want to say anything about this? Uh, sounds interesting. Like you said, if they're playing real games that were like retro and stuff. Yeah. So um, it's a it's a three D uh, anime. Um, and I think ah. that the reason I think that the reason that they're doing that is so that the games uh can be animated properly because they have they have the camera moving while they're playing. Um, and I think that it would look weird if they had the actual 2D, if they had the the pixel 
art game playing with 2D animation. I think that the reason they did it in 3D is because of the frame rate consistency. I don't know. I think it would look weird if they had tried to do it in 2D. Um, anyway. Do you know if it's a four comma or... If it's what? A four comma. I don't know what that means. That means uh, that's what Azumanga Dio's uh, four-panel four comic? Yeah, it's called four yeah. coma. I, I don't know. I've, I never heard it called that before. It looks fun. I kind of wish there was a trailer, though. Well, maybe oh, maybe it is That is a trailer. It's a teaser. But yeah, um, yeah I, I recommend some other time, Augie, I, I recommend you sit down and watch the trailer because it, it just looks fun. It looks fun. Like you can see all the games back here and stuff. It just looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So this is kind of like actually, it's kind of like Dagashi Kashi in that it If you scroll down to that picture below you, uh, looking at the disc kind of reminds me of what they, how they animated the disc in Monster Rancher. You mean like in the opening coin? scene where he puts it in the PlayStation? Okay. Do you mean the coin? The coin. Okay. Um, so, totally lost my train of thought. Um, what was I saying? Uh, You're just uh, Kashi. Well, it's it's kind of like Takashi Kashi in that that is sort of pulling from the nostalgia of growing up eating candy as a, as a kid in Japan. This is pulling from a nostalgia of playing arcade games, and I just think it's really cool because they're. I just, it's cool that they got rights to all the games they're going to be playing and stuff, which again, the companies that own the games are probably behind the show, but still, I think it's going to be a fun watch. So anyway, moving on art exhibition honors, creamy mommy, uh, character designer, Kimmy Takashi. See, you said fancy Lala. And in my head, I thought, Oh, I thought it was for creamy mommy. Is it, <laughs> is Isn't it from the same person? Okay. Okay. I mentioned to you, I said the one that was made in 1998, not the one that started the trend. I meant to say the one that started the trend. No, I'm I, I'm not like slamming you for getting it wrong. I just I, I just am noticing that my memory was correct because I because I saw the image and then when you said fancy Lala, I pictured it in my head. I'm like, oh, that could have been fancy Lala. Come to think of it, but then now that I see it again and see it, yeah, it was it was correct. It is creamy mommy. Anyway, do you want to say anything about this? Because you're the one who asked me to share. Oh, where is? Let's see. It's going to be at Tokyo Department Store Kichi Joji in Tokyo. Yeah. In honor of Tana, uh, Tadaka's works. Uh, yeah, this is just some... This is something that if you're in the neighborhood, you can go see. Maybe this will spawn a reboot or maybe, maybe another re-release of the series, even though I have it. If I'm if I'm being honest, I don't think this is going to spawn anything. It would be cool if it did, but I'm just saying I don't think it's going to. But just seeing like older shows get exhibits, to me that's kind of magical in itself because you're appreciating a show a little bit further. You can see more of it. The only chance I've had to see something like that was a private collector who collected nothing but Akira. Yeah, down to the point that he can just reanimate it with the film strips and have the when they go through this stuff, they have like some sort of planning book that they go through and detail what slides do what per per action and what they cut and what they keep. He even had that in there. Cool. Um, Okay, so next up, production IMS consolidates debt considers filing for bankruptcy. 
Now, I used this article instead of the one on Crunchyroll because even though they specifically mentioned that they were they were going in a direction that seemed like they would consider filing for bankruptcy, their title just said "files for bankruptcy." Um, so, uh, a non-clickbaity one. Yeah. So, um, Augie, do you? I think you shared this. I shared this. There's one show that they had that was. This is a show that um, we tried to podcast to. pick up. Testament of Sister New Devil. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did High School Fleet. That was also done by the guy that did. Uh, well, he guest stars in Shirabako, but uh, he created Girls in Panzer and Strike Witches as well. They're going to be too. a Twin Tales. If this studio, if this studio did did that show, I'm kind of surprised it's considering it. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's one of those issues where it's a subsidy company and the person running it's not a good business owner. So maybe the parent the company, company launched up. back in 2013. I know exactly why they're going out of business, guys. You know why? Because uh, Funimation delayed that Hybrid X Heart release, and they're not getting their money from that. Um. I don't think that would have anything to do with it because um, studios, when they license out shows, they have a guaranteed minimum amount that Funimation would have already probably paid them. I know it's just memeing, but yeah, I know you're joking. But I'm just I'm just clarifying for anybody who was unaware of that. that I think that's someone what's going said on. that Heart was delayed because they were giving death threats because of how sexual it was or something. I don't know. Who knows? Oh god. <laughs> going to be so much fun to talk about all the stuff we have to talk about in this podcast moving on so yeah. going back to Kiniri, Kin, Kiniro Mosaic um, that show takes place at this bed and breakfast this real life Cotswolds B&B and uh, apparently the owner has amassed millions of fans of Japan after the uh, the TV series so, uh, kind of interesting. Um, if you guys want to check out this link and watch this video, it's just sort of interesting to see what they talk about. And it, it makes me want to watch the show, uh, which is, again, why I said I, I was a little bit disappointed. I didn't think about um, about it during the Sentai sale because it would have been great to get it for dirt cheap. Anyway, now we get to talk about... So, real quick, this podcast has gotten more audience submitted articles than any other podcast in the past, I think. And almost all of them were related to the new life plus young again in another world controversy. So I'm going to open up a bunch of different articles, but just so you know, almost all the articles are the headline is basically what it's about. There's a short paragraph. And then the rest of the article is actually just a rehash of the first article. So it's actually not going to be that terrible. But we still have to talk about this. So let's get through this. Damn it. Now is not a good time for my mouse to go behind the window. All right. So I, I put them in chronological order for when the article was released. New Life Plus, Young Again in Another World, anime's protagonist and novel creator caused controversy. The announcement of the television anime adaptation of Mines, by the way, this is actually mine, not Mine. Ma e mine. Uh, I, I just clarified that because I actually did find I did eventually look it up and figure out that it is Fujiko Mine, as I suspected, and not Fujiko Mine. 
but uh, in this particular case, it actually is, it mine. is mine. Yeah, in this in this case, that this this is like range Murata, where it it looks like it should be wrong game Murata, but it actually is just an English word being used. That's what's going on here um, for the suit. Okay. Anyway, enough of the spelling tests. Um, so I'm just gonna call this Young again in another world because I hate saying the whole title. I might also just call it New Life. Anyway, just so Young again in another world. Plus. Sorry, sorry, what? Just call it New Life Plus. Okay, I'll call it New Life Plus. All right. Uh, the announcement of the television anime adaptation of Mind's New Life Plus light novel series is causing a, uh, a controversy among Chinese and Japanese-speaking net users. Twitter user at China, whose Twitter bio describes them as a Chinese person born in Japan, described the controversy in a series of tweets on Thursday. The Twitter user explained that the original light novels center on a Japanese protagonist who killed more than 3,000 people with the Japanese sword in the Second Sino-Japanese War a conflict between China and Japan that ran from 1937 to 1945 and became part of World War II. After living to the age of 94 and killing another 2,000 people throughout the course of his life, the character gets reborn as an 18-year-old man in another world. Now, let me first start by saying the literally the only reason that there's controversy over this is because Japan was uh, part of the Axis powers and lost the Second World War. This literally would not be an issue if it was a different nation. You know what I mean? I mean, okay. 3,000 people is a lot. And then an additional 2,000, it's a lot, sure. But, I mean, it only matters because Japan lost the war. And they don't did have people, the moral high ground. Did people forget I, that uh, freaking Tanya the Evil's based on this, like... Uh, whatever nazi general or not exactly. nazi but so so that's that's one thing that's worth bringing up there are plenty of anime series where they follow nazi and all this stuff the difference is that this is the protagonist so it's the hero oh. right not well, not like the, say what well you also have the history but even before then where japan kept attacking the mainland trying to get more of what we call china today until that whole uh, policy from Roosevelt stopped that. Okay, right. So, so the, the the major issue here, which we're going to get into in a second, is that this is based on actual events, on an actual war that happened, and it's supposed to be a character that existed in real life, so to speak, not a real person, but you know, it's like a fictionalized of the real events, right? Um, in that people are up in arms over this, right? Now, personally, I think this is stupid. I think that it's really easy for people to, to look with their modern lens of living in the, the age that they live in right now and look back and cast moral judgment against um, things that happen uh, relating to the past. You know, I think it's very stupid for people to do that, and it's so easy for people to do that um, and I don't think they should. I think that I think that there's nothing wrong with this particular thing. Now, let me say real quick though, I have not read this novel. Um, I had literally never heard of it until this controversy happened. Um, I'm not trying to defend mine. I don't know who this person is. I don't know anything about them. I'm just saying that from this perspective here, um, and and everything I'm going to say about this is based on the evidence that I have seen and what I do know. And, and no bias, any, right. any extra stuff, like if somebody vehemently disagrees with anything that I say here and you want to present new evidence to me, um, I'll look at it and you might change my mind. But so far from what I've seen, I think that this is a gross overreaction about something that's totally unimportant and, and really stupid, you know, because 
I mean, China, China's dictators killed like a hundred right. million of his own people. You know, it's just, it's incredibly dumb. It's, it's just incredibly dumb. Um, now, like I was going to say that guts in berserk killed a hundred men in one night. But again, the difference there is that that's entirely fictional. It's not based on a real war. Okay, I mean? but what about uh, like every single show that goes into the Sengoku period and has Oda Nobunaga in it and stuff like that? Isn't yeah, there, but I, like, think, I think I think the difference is, and again, like I said, the only reason this is a controversy is because Japan lost, right? Right. So in in that time, the Oda Nobunaga stuff is all that's warring within Japan. Those are clans okay. in Japan. It's see, this is the difference here is that it's it's against an outside nation and it's coupled with something else that we're about to talk about. Okay. So some net commenters, I hate this word commenters. I always feel like it should be commentators, but I feel like that does have a different comment uh, uh, connotation. So anyway, I'm just gonna try to get through this. <laughs> some net commenters believe it is inappropriate to make an anime centering on a character who killed thousands of Chinese people during a real world historical event. On the other hand, some commenters said that the more than 3,000 victim figure is an exaggeration and the story is a work of fiction, so making an anime about such a fictitious story is not problematic. However, other commenters said that using such a hyperbolic figure still demeans China, especially in light of many real casualties of war. Bullshit. There are casualties on both they, sides. It doesn't matter. They, I think this is very they dumb. They don't like the history channel, do they? Say yeah, what? We shouldn't make... They don't like the History Channel, do they? No. Man, we shouldn't make any Call of Duty games being able to slaughter all those Japanese. Oh my god, just stop making Call of Duty games. Okay, so so the the issue here, what I'm, what I'm getting at, is like I said, Japan lost the war, you know, and the thing is that China, though they were communist and not technically our allies, they continued fighting. They were like the only um, East Asian country to continue fighting uh against the people who are also our enemies during basically the entirety of World War II. It's literally the only reason there's controversy over this is because they were seen as being on the side of the victors. Again, even though Mao killed 100 million people. Anyway, online commenters are also criticizing mine, the, the author, for more than the content of his light novels. At Sonmi China posted images of mine's tweets from 2013 to 2015 that appear to criticize China. At Sonmi China describes the tweets as, quote, hate speech toward China. In addition to expressing controversial opinions, the tweets refer to China as, quote, bug country, using kanji characters that may have the same pronunciation as the word China in Japanese. Additionally, at Sonmi China posted images of Mind's tweets from 2012 to 2014 that appear to contain anti-Korean sentiments and similar derogatory euphemisms for the country of South Korea. Many online commenters agree with Sonmi China's opinion that adapting new life into an anime is inappropriate. At Sonmi China believes companies associated with the production showed poor judgment and the Twitter user wants people to consider the feelings of Chinese people who like Japanese anime. First of all, get off your high horse with this line right here. Believes companies associated with production showed poor judgment. Do you really think that they actually looked through his tweets from 2012 to 2015? You know what? Yeah, we're definitely going to make this guy's anime. We endorse every single thing this guy's ever said, and we're definitely aware of it. <laughs> Bullshit. I have a thing to say. Go ahead. The, the, when they said, oh, we found some of his tweets from 2013 that criticized China, I can just imagine it being something like, yo, these Chinese noodles ain't that great or something. Like no, that. no, I can show you the tweets, and I would actually like uh, to. Oh, uh, 
Oh, no, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm just laughing in my head because I'm just imagining a reality where that's a thing. Oh, yeah. these noodles suck. Oh, he's criticizing so, China. Kill his anime. It's kind of... <laughs> From well, that one aspect, kind of reminds me of Jonan Vasquez when he worked on Vader Zim. How he got that role was because one of the executives really liked Squee, but after Have I ever a while when they made Jonan it, Vasquez story? yes, you did. He pissed in, he pissed yeah. in a bag and left Allegedly. it in the movie theater. Allegedly, left it in the movie Allegedly. theater. Anyway, okay. So just real quick, bad. the rest of this is all just about what the premise of the show is. Okay, so I'm not going to bother reading it. All right, so here's the thing the tweets um lishansky sent me a screenshot i think it was this one and he asked me to translate them and the screenshot he sent me he sent it through facebook so facebook compressed it and made it impossible to read some of the kanji so i had a hard time translating it so what i did is i reverse image searched it and eventually just actually found this website where they had translated it so there was all my work already done for me the translations are really, really rough, but um, I'll go through real quick and uh, explain a little bit about what was said. Um, these first translations uh, are things we're going to talk about in a minute from some of these other articles about the companies. Like this is what the Japanese website for the anime said, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute. And this is Hobby Japan's statement on the issue. And then there's like what the voice actors who left the show, which we'll talk about in a minute, they said. But here's what he actually said. Uh, these are the tweets that were compiled of what he said about China. Okay. So, and again, these are really rough. Like the way that Japanese people speak should not be translated directly because it makes no sense to an English speaker. But he said, old farts from the bug country on TV, uh, Tatsukuru, we have a legitimate need to defend our country and you're pursuing. Are you serious? The history of Japan is being lost to that bug country, though I suppose there is no certainty. The blast and the bugs are already in China. This is an ironclad fact. I have to laugh. Though we love peace, why does the world hate China? Sad. Sounds like a Trump tweet, actually. <laughs> uh, this surprised me. I didn't know that the Chinese knew the word morality. Comfort in learning. High school students are sent to visit U.S. sister cities. I... I don't even have the smallest word. Like the, I don't understand a word this guy's saying here. Half of them. Now let me point this out. So first of all, let me just say, good. That translation is hilarious. Yeah. No. Okay. So I, I want to want to be really clear here. This guy, as we're going to look at some of these other articles, has had the anime canceled. He's had like. People publicly come out and uh, and basically, um, what's that word that they used? Uh, not denounce. Um, not what's defame. that word? No, no. With that word that they like, do you like when they were claiming that David Duke was um, supporting Trump? So they're like, Trump, you need to come out and what's the word? Den not denounce. What is the word? You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, they have all these people coming out and like, they're basically publicly like putting him down like no we have nothing to do that we wash our hands of this we're not going to be a part of it all that stuff all these people basically ver i don't want to say virtue signaling because it's not exactly what they're doing but it's it's the same sort of feeling you get from when people virtue signal um but all this stuff is happening to this guy and i want if you actually read those tweets i mean this is ridiculous okay so first of all what his quote-unquote hate speech is is literally Literally what he did is, okay, so in Japanese, China is Chugoku, and Korea is um, 
Khan Kaku, I believe. Uh, so literally what he did is the equivalent of the elementary school bully who takes your name and turns it into an insult. Okay, this is this is My Hero Academia when Bakugo calls Midoriya Deku. That's what this is. That's literally what he did. So he is he is upset with how a country is is handling something. Now, let me let me point something out right here. After 9/11, particularly during during 2003 when um they were gearing up to go to war in Iraq, which had nothing to do with 9/11, but we did it anyway. Um the news like MSNBC was owned by GE who had the jets and stuff that were going to profit off of it. So there's a reason behind it, but they repeated that mantra of weapons of mass destruction. They defamed um, the Middle East, Arabs, Muslims, all that stuff nonstop during that age. Okay. I knew people who constantly referred to Muslims and Arabs and people in the Middle East as ragheads, as um, desert monkeys and sand N-words, stuff I don't want to say on here. All sorts of horrible things. But, but in reality, because first of all, as Jim Morrison put it, he who controls the media controls the mind. This is, you know, interpretations of the things and, and manipulating people into believing that you have an enemy because it's profitable, right? So, I like to, as I've said before, I like to know why people believe what they believe. Personally, this is an issue I haven't looked into. I don't know particular. I, I know what people have told me. I know what other people's opinion as to why East Asian countries all hate each other. Because racism, I think it's number one in India. And then very shortly on the list of the most racist countries is all of Asia. Okay. For whatever reason, they hate each other. Okay. Now, again, I've heard why other people think it is like other third parties' uh, opinions as to why they hate each other. But personally, I haven't looked into it. Okay. I had something specific to say when it came to MMO Junkie, but with this one, I, I haven't looked into it. I'm just going to say that from what I've heard about these guys' tweets, seems to me like probably there was some sort of controversy happening in the news that he was commenting on and is upset with the other country. But in reality, just like with the people I grew up hearing these horrible, like hateful things, calling people ragheads and all these things in reality, if in America, like somebody from Pakistan was like to walk up to them in a class environment or something, they wouldn't be hateful at all to him. They'd be like, no, this guy's cool. You know, it's in reality, people are not actually hateful to the, the people. Um, this is a, the difference between hating the country's government versus hating the country's people. Okay. Okay. I'm getting to that. As far as I can tell what this guy said, I don't think it's racist. I don't think it's racist at all. I think it's, I think it's, frustrating like he's frustrated also i don't know how old mine is i don't know i looked i tried to figure out anything i could about this guy i could not figure out anything mine is one of the worst names to search for on on google you can't find anything but um, yeah so i i don't know how old the guy if this guy's young then like i could totally imagine these tweets being sent out by somebody who's getting into starting to understand politics back in that time where you really actually don't understand anything and literally you're just regurgitating the talking points of whatever the news is telling you and again the news is one of the most hateful things out there you know i mean look at look at uh the last 
two years from anything besides Fox News talking about Trump, you know, um, and there's all sorts of issues there uh, regarding that whole thing. But but you get what I mean. It's, there's just constant vitriol coming out about things. And there's it's sort of that thing about how certain things are OK to say certain uh, like when it's trending hashtag kill all men or kill all white people. So anyway, the issue I have here is is um, comes down to some double standards and whatnot. Uh, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that that they are jumping on this guy. Now, do I think what the guy said was appropriate? No, he probably shouldn't have said it. Um, but I, I just think that it's ridiculous. Now, if we continue, I'll read real quick the uh, uh, the China the the Korea tweets and this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I find these funny. I feel like I, I can get in this guy's head and understand the, the sort of the mindset of what he said. I find it really funny how he chose to do this. So um, the Korean ones, these are the ones that uh, Lishansky sent me. So the word he used, uh, the, the characters he used to spell um, Konkoku uh, for, for the country of Korea, he used the kanji for rape. So he calls it, so basically they're translating it as rape country, although it could be translated as adulterous country. So he says, uh, they're a country of bastards. Their skins are as thick as their shoe soles. Uh, regarding the problem of comfort women, sincerity request equals day. Uh, con conference between vice ministers, buries it. It's like, I, what is this guy? Is he drunk? I, I don't even know. And he's, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's linking articles he's linking news articles this is my point is that these are news things that i feel like are we're riling this guy up because this is i've seen this happen in the states on any any given issue over here you know people particularly who aren't really um familiar with actually what's happening they get riled up by the by the hatred spewed by the talking points in the media so that's basically what he's doing. You guys can read the rest of these. They're all basically the same. I, I didn't see anything that really <laughs> that really um I thought was a, a big deal. I think that I think the guy was definitely wrong, but again, it's like he's he's posting articles and and it's just everything I said before. So, um, moving on to oh, the shit. next couple articles. Go ahead. Is that a term you were looking for? Degrading? No, not degrading. I, I denounce is is a, it's like a, a synonym for denounce. That I think also, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll, I'll figure it out later. So. Okay. Um, so continuing, uh, New Life creator apologizes for controversial tweets and novel content. So in, the, in light of the upcoming anime adaptation of Mind's New Life, light novel, some depictions in this series, and some of Mind's comments on Twitter created a controversy. Certain net commenters believe the original work in Mind's post contained inappropriate content, insults, and discriminatory, re discriminatory remarks directed at China and South Korea. Commentators uh, stated that they believe the decision to adapt Minds novels into an anime uh, was inconsiderate and inappropriate. Um, now, real quick, actually, something something I meant to mention earlier um, that I do think is worth noting is that if this guy did write these tweets and stuff while he's writing this story, it is actually quite likely that the mindset he was in, because again, this is this is adapting into a world of fiction the feelings you have in real life, it is possible that he specifically chose to write this story as a way to vent out some of the frustration from whatever he was being triggered by on the news regarding China by writing it into his story. It's possible. Okay. Right. So I, I, I do want to, I do want to point out the validity of the claim that he might have. Uh, I, again, I don't think it's racist. You know, I really don't think it has to do with race. I think it has to do with like countries, governments and stuff, you know, um, and I think there's a very big difference in, in people actually, you know, disliking 
uh, a group of people based on their their nationality versus disliking the crap that their government does. Like nobody, if if I badmouth North Korea, um, I mean, which is kind of a weird thing to do right now, particularly given what's happened in the last two weeks. But if I badmouth North Korea, you know, like a month ago, you would know that I'm not badmouthing the people of North Korea, obviously, right? That I'm actually badmouthing the government, the dictatorship, all that kind of crap. You know what I mean? It's obvious, but but this is a way of choosing to be mad at at uh, at the decisions made by this guy. You know, which again, I don't think were the right decisions. I think that he he should have reined it in a little bit. But um, uh, mine responded to the controversy and issued an apology on Twitter on Tuesday. In the first of a series of tweets, he said, regarding some of my past tweets, I made many people feel extremely uncomfortable, and I give my deep apologies for writing inappropriate remarks. He said he is deeply reflecting for posting without accurately understanding all the facts and without giving deep thought to his words. Mine added that he does not uh, expect to receive forgiveness from the people he upset, but he wanted to give a heartfelt apology. Um, So... Uh, and this is one more thing. In addition to deleting all his tweets, mine plans to delete his Twitter account in the near future after the apology spreads. And then all this stuff is basically, I don't know. This is actually new too. Okay. This is, this is still new with regard to new life. Hold on. Mine noted that his poor writing and rash remarks as a result of recognizing the inappropriate content in his work, mine will, will discontinue offering the novels on Shosetsuka Ninaro. He plans to discuss with the publisher about possibly correcting the relevant print versions of the novels. Now, Augie, before you jump in here, I just need to say nothing you change in the novel is going to make the people who are who are rallying against you do anything different. Yeah. The apology is not going to stop them. Nothing is going to stop them. You could literally change the story so that instead of being uh, a soldier who fought in combat, against people enslaved 3000 people. And then an additional 2000 people, you could make him a Buddhist pacifist. It (laughs) will not change anything in how people feel. Well, I don't know. It's like if you take berserk and you got rid of the whole guts being molested as a child at the beginning, that kind of takes away from the direness of the novel. But a lot of what he tweeted kind of reminded me of the 1976 movie uh, Network. There's a scene where this news reporter gets so mad at what's going on, then you can look it up on YouTube. But the phrase you want to look up is, I'm mad as hell and I'm not, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. No, it is a boil over moment. And um, quite frankly, look... I've said this before. Twitter is that trench in the Death Star that blows up the Death Star. Okay? If you're a creative professional, don't be on Twitter. If you run a business, don't be on Twitter. It's a social media platform you don't want to be a part of. Okay? Because your employees, whatever, they're going to they're going to cause backlash on you. At the end of the discussions, we're going to talk about another thing that happened on Twitter that, that hurt a company, and I don't think the company's at fault. Okay, we're going to talk about it when we get there. I think that I think that Twitter is a very dangerous place because it's a way people have learned they can weaponize outrage. They can rile people up and stuff. And the thing that really bothers me about this is that I've seen a lot of people, and I, I really hate to continue to use this term, but virtue signaling about like, good, this guy got a show canceled. I don't have any uh, solace in my heart for racists, you know, and stuff. And there's talking about things like, for instance, let me just clear this up. 
when I first heard the initial um, translations of his tweets referring to China as bug country and stuff like that, I was a little bit disgusted and I'll tell you why. And actually, I actually had a hard time getting into My Hero Academia uh, because of the way Bakugo referred to uh, Midoriya as like an insect that should be crushed and all that kind of stuff. Um, there's uh, a series of um, recordings known as um, Hitler's Table Talk, where basically um, Hitler, whenever he had dinner with with his you know top three guys, um, they would like take notes on the things he said off the cuff while he's just eating and talking, right? And people are very candid. Uh, in those moments with their closest, you know, um, compatriots that they, they basically talk like they, how they really feel and the language that Hitler used. And this is something that's actually been observed with uh, a lot of, um, a lot of dictators and genocidal people is that they view certain groups as diseases or rats or insects, you know? And so when I first heard these, uh, the translations, when I first read just the translation without actually reading the entire article and understanding where, what, what he was doing, which was literally that high school bully version of, uh, uh, or elementary school bully version of taking your name and turning it into, uh, an insult, you know, where you like say it slightly differently to, to, to make it an insult. Um, or whatever, uh, which is, I think, what he was doing. I was actually quite disgusted with with him calling China bug country and stuff because I recognize the the sort of vitriol that comes from from viewing people that way. But after I read the article, and again, this is what I'm saying, is that people are not, they're reading the headline and then they're jumping to all these conclusions. And I think that that's the, the issue with this is that the outrage mob comes from the Twitter 140, 200, whatever character thing of like, hey, this is happening. You're like, oh shit, retweet that shit, you know, and, and people are getting all up in arms over, over a little snippet of what's going on. Um, without actually, you know, taking the time to actually realize that, and in my opinion, look, the guy definitely should have said what he said, but I think that this has been blown so out of proportion that it's ridiculous, you know? So anyway, Augie, you wanted to say something. I, t- I totally interrupted you. Oh, uh, well, I agree. They're causing... They're- they're causing a force fire over a cigarette, but yeah, um, I didn't really have that much to say. I was just wondering what the next. Yeah, let me, let me move on to the this next, would be. The next so they're gonna get they're gonna get much shorter from now. Shorter. I think from I now. had a quick thing to say, but what? I don't. Rem- I forget it now. Okay. Well, maybe it'll come back to you as I as I go through this. So, uh, New Life Anime Cast resigns after the creator's apology for controversial comments. So, as I said, for now, this was actually coordinated. Okay, this is something that this article doesn't say, but the Crunchyroll article did. Um, this was a coordinated move by these actors, where the announcements were put forth. They're all saying basically the same thing. And they were all like, we thank you for your support of our, of our voice actor, such and such. And this is like from like the, not the recording studio, but like the agency or whatever they're part of. Um, and that they're resonate. It was coordinated between all four of them. And it was, um, I, I believe it was all posted at the exact same time on Twitter. Okay. So basically all four of the actors who had been chosen to play the characters in the Japanese uh, language edition, um, they, 
um, resigned from their roles. Uh, the official website is accessible within Japan, but viewers outside Japan only see the 403 error. Uh, and, um, you know, if you're interested, this is what it says. It's basically, you know, like, hey, we're we're terribly sorry. Ah, where's the... Anyway, I it's one of these. It'll actually tell you what it said. Here, it, it says this stuff. So, since we announced the internet... One thing I'm wondering as you've been going over this... Are these really people hating on this person or is this whole thing a publicity stunt to try to get more attention to the show? Well, that's the irony here is that I actually want to see this now. That's the thing. Well, see, the thing is that it's been canceled. But the thing is that I'm actually, I actually would have bought these light novels. I probably would never actually sit down and read them. If they were on audiobook, I, I would have already probably listened to them just out of curiosity. Um, but because of this, like I, I would, I had never heard of the show, didn't care about the show. Now I'm interested. You know what I mean? That's why I so, watched yeah. MMO Junkie after yeah, I heard exactly. about the thing. I'm like, hmm, what can be so horrible? Of course. And, and especially viewing it now with the lens of looking for, was that racist? You know, like that's going to be an interesting way to view it, you know? So I, I, I would totally watch the show if they made Cause, it. Cause this, this happens all the time. Like with high quote unquote, high velocity action movies where they use all these guns and I don't pay attention to this cause I have better things to do, but there's people who will protest against the movie cause ugh, they use guns or the act, Actors or actresses kind of Has backstab the production. I was gonna say, I've never heard of that actually happening. All I hear is is the uh, the actor in the movie later comes out and pretends like they didn't make hundreds of millions of dollars off of action movies where they use guns, and then they call on the ban of all guns in the U.S. I see that all I the time. The, yeah, I, I think the, le- the last one I paid attention to, or let me rephrase that, a friend kept complaining about to me was Jim Carrey and Kickass Two. But uh, then you again, you have me? this other. I know. I don't care about his opinion either. Did um, he even use guns in Kickass Two? Uh, I think so. I'm talking about the friend complaining about it. I don't really care what is, the article I, said. But is it because anyway. Jim Carrey's an anti-gunner? Is that why? Is that why they said it? Maybe because he was lonely and wanted attention at this point in his life. I don't. It's know. It's just dumb. It's so dumb. What's that other movie that was supposed to be like a forgotten comedy, but everyone had a huge outrage about it that upset King John Un? Uh, it's the, not the interview. interview? That one, that yeah. what was, was it the interview? That's the what it was called. That set the, one where, the one where Seth Rogen and. Seth Rogen? Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, that's okay. So, you know what? Actually, to your point, I agree. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say that that was the movie that got leaked. Right, it got leaked right before. Yeah, I I said that when that happened. I I think that leak was intentional. I think that yeah. that was a way for them to get people to actually see the movie, and I it worked. It, it worked to me. It still sounded like a boring movie, but it worked. Well, did you watch it? No, I thought it was boring. <laughs> it's it's actually it's got a okay. I'm not going to say it's their best movie. How is it compared to Pineapple Express? There that are diamonds it's so funny at certain points in that movie i have to say and i actually really for lots of moral reasons really do not like seth rogan or james franco but the comedy in that movie some bits of it are hilarious so funny the the guy playing kim jong-un is is so funny um anyway uh so continue i was gonna say 
Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, What's go ahead. Uh, it was just a real brief thing of saying, you know, um, at the end of the day, if this series, like if you cared about it to begin with, um, it looks like another one of those generic fantasy light novel things that I probably wouldn't have cared for anyway. So one less of those, I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. So, exactly. So the okay, well, let me let me continue real quick because uh, there there's just a couple more little things to uh, to mention. So I mentioned this, I mentioned that. Uh, been involved in controversy. I think the rest of these are these are all just a rehash of the previous articles. So I'm gonna move on here. So this is where the anime was canceled. Uh, basically, official website. Yeah, all this stuff. This is rehashing. Okay, now this is where it gets interesting. Shipments halted. Uh, now. I don't want to jump to conclusions here. Okay. Um, this is, this is somebody, I, I think that you could interpret, uh, this is somebody's interpretation of what they saw put into the article. And I'm not sure if there's a, I think there's a possibility that what they're interpreting might be misleading that unintentionally. So it says here that the, the shipments were halted. Now that could mean, this is regarding the actual print copies of the light novels. That could mean that they have recalled them. As they said, they, they, that he had asked Hobby Japan to allow him to, to change up future printings. To, to, to rephrase some, like they're going to make a new edition that is going to not be, quote unquote, hateful to China. Or something like that, right? So I don't know if if this has been a complete shutdown, the fervor over the hyperbolic choice of calling it quote unquote hate speech, uh, I think has done so much damage that this guy is not going to work again, but he's using a pseudonym. Couldn't find anything about him online. Maybe he'll just change his uh, pseudonym and continue making, uh, (laughs) making um, novels. Who knows? I don't know. And the thing is like, say what? What's a Ferdner? Fervor? I said pseudonym. What are you talking about? The thing you were saying earlier. Fervor. The fervor of the situation or whatever. Are you trying to read this? I think it's supposed to say fervor. You know what? I got to say that. I'm trying to requote you. I'm not sure what you're doing. What did I say? What are you you trying to requote me? What did I say? The fervor of information. Okay. I was saying the... um, Regarding the the backlash coming from people jumping on the hyperbolic statement of calling it "quote unquote" hate speech, is that what you're talking about? The absolute fervor. Yeah, the yeah, fervor. keep going. Go for, yeah, what's that? That's what that's fervor is like hate, like like the reaction, the hate, the the furious reaction of it. Okay. Right. If I knew how to spell it, I would have looked it up. F-U-R-V-O-R, I think. And I'm pretty sure that that's what they okay. were trying to write here, but they misspelled it. And I got to say that I, having to read these articles on the podcast, it's really difficult. dang editor at Crunchyroll. My God. I mean, AMA News Network here, this is a, a small mistake. But freaking Crunchyroll, I can't read a single article without noticing so many mistakes in it. There's so many headlines that have mistakes in them, too. It's hilarious. It's unbelievable. Anyway. For Crunchyroll, I wish that they would reorganize how they have their layout for the articles. Continuing. There's a silver lining in this stuff. 
I was I had to read these articles last night to prepare for the podcast just to make sure I really knew what I was going to be talking about. And uh, I laughed my ass off at the next two articles. Namakon angrily blames otaku and China for new life anime cancellation. Outspoken anime director Yutaka Yamamoto of Wake Up Girls in Kanagi uh, took to Twitter again with a tirade against a new target. The cancellation of the new life Young Again in Another World anime following the original author's discriminatory remarks against China and Korea. I'm mad at the, con- at the cancellation, he said, and added, now all it would take is one blow to destroy anime. First of all, that is the, the most real thing I've read in a long time. He's, he is right on the money with half the stuff he says here. Okay? Now, Yamakon said several times on Twitter and in a blog post on Thursday that he thinks otaku are to blame for ruining anime. When the cancellation news broke, he tweeted the hashtag, the day otaku ruined anime. He claims this is as he predicted, and he further predicted that the industry will fall to disorder because otaku have too much power over the industry. Now, real quick, I'll just say, he's not wrong. But I think that what has actually caused the cancellation is not, quote-unquote, otaku. It's outrage culture that happens, in this case, to be where it overlaps into into the otaku. Right. Right? Um, I think that the word otaku is grossly overused. You have to understand that in Japan, this is a derogatory term. Okay? Otaku is like the 30-year-old living in their mother's basement in Japan. Okay? Uh, This is an unhealthy obsession. Somebody who is literally, you know, terrible with money, only spends it on anime, eats terrible, you're going to die. You don't have to... Sorry, say that again? You understand it's a negative thing. You don't have to, like... So, So in the United States and in the West, though, people use this as a badge of honor to just... They just say, like, yeah, it means I like anime. I totally like anime. I'm a total otaku. It's not It's not really what it means. I don't ever use this term to describe myself, just for the record. Now, I'm okay with other people doing it. I'm just saying that personally, I don't, okay? And, and I'm just telling you where what the term means in Japan. It's fine if you want to continue to use it. But I, I'm just saying here that when he refers to otaku, I don't think he actually necessarily... I mean, I, he may be interpreting it this way, but I think what's actually going on, if I'm going to clarify his statement to the interpretation I think is more accurate would be that it's the outrage culture and it just happens to overlap in this case with a, a large group of otaku as well that are that are responsible specifically for the cancellation. Just use the word no. otaku. What? Word otaku after you said you don't use the word otaku. No, I don't use it. I don't refer to myself as an otaku is what I, oh, okay. what I was saying. Um, anyway, don't so, change it to airplane. But I, but I do think that he is right when he says that as he predicted – uh, the industry will fall to disorder because otaku have too much power over the industry. And I'll just recall back to that thing that happened with, which is not necessarily the same as the quote unquote anime industry, but what happened with um, Voltron that wasn't there like death threats over, over queer fans wanting them to make this gay relationship canon or something like that. And they had like death threats going on against the creators for, for, like you better do this or else kind of, I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, so every, every, uh, fandom has assholes in it who are going to do stuff like that. Now I got to continue reading this because this, this article just, I love this article. So it's one of my favorite articles I've ever read. Okay. See. Characterized. A, what's up? Okay. 
to a certain point, we have to get through these articles. We will. We will. These are worth it. Trust me. He characterized otaku as being too flippant about the state of the industry and unable to realize that it affects them. He mentions that even when there were directors leaving projects last year and new and now series getting canceled, otaku don't realize what the issues are because they only look to anime as a form of escapism and don't care about it as a medium. Now, just real quick, this guy is um, dissatisfied with the, the direction anime has taken because when he got into making anime, let's say, and I, I'm not going to, I'm just going to make a wild guess here rather than actually getting it accurate. Uh, but just to get the point across, let's say he got into anime when you, they were animating things like Akira and now they're animating things like, um, uh, like real Moe and stuff. And he's, he's really dissatisfied with Moe as we'll talk about in a second. And I think it's very important for you to realize, uh, well, I'll, I'll get to this in a minute. So anyway, uh, Yama, Yamakan also said, uh, that he wants to quote, to go to China and have a talk with people there, but he was quick to try to clarify his statement in a blog post. Honestly, I have a resentment against some Chinese people he said, and claimed he got in an argument with a Chinese extremist and ended up banned from entering China. But at the same time, there are lots of people from China who understand, and there are a lot of fans. So basically what he's saying is you got to judge people um, as individuals and recognize that what I sort of just said about fandoms, that there are some assholes in every fandom, right? And people who don't understand and just want to raise a loud voice and cause controversy and stir the pot. He lamented that he was being attacked by Chinese people, stating that all he was trying to do was criticize otaku nationalists for spreading hate against China and Korea. He blames otaku both Japanese. He, he blames both Japanese otaku nationalists, which they have, actually have a word for, netoyo, and Chinese extremists for the series cancellation, and imagines himself as in the middle of both groups and subject to both sides' ire. Kind of feel like that's exactly where I am in in regarding to talking about this whole controversy. Um, if I'm criticizing the neo-nationalist otaku who are spreading hate, I get attacked from, from behind by Chinese people. It happened again today. It's really terrible, but it's not tied to my, pre- to my resentment toward all Chinese people, um, which I think he meant like I'm... I'm not, I don't have resentment towards, quote, all Chinese people. I think that this is just poorly worded. Um, He wrote, it is so hard to have these discussions with common sense and reason, but no hysterics. Pardon. Is it so hard to have these discussions with common sense and reason, but no hysterics? Which I think, like, God, that's the understatement of the the goddamn year, right? Um, In the post, he referred back to a previous blog entry from May 30th, uh, where he posted a reply he'd received that parodied Martin Niemöller's poem, First They Came For. That's the one that says, first they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, for I was not a, for I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, I did not speak out, for I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, for I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there uh, there was no one left to speak for me. Right, uh, and this is about the Germans not recognizing the Nazis' rise to power, and he's uh, the poem was rewritten to begin with. First, Otaku attacked Yamakon. Right. Um, anyway, Yamakon's other tweet suggested he believes the cancellation is in part related to business interests of the production c- committee, a system he is critical of. Yamakon has previously made discriminatory remarks. This is the part that made me laugh my ass off last night. Some he apologized for. 
He characterized older otaku as disabled in September. He publicly characterized Fullmetal Alchemist director Seiji Mizushima as childishly emotional, lashed out at the cast of Wake Up Girls, which he worked on, um, <laughs> and partially blamed idol Mayu Tomita for being violently attacked by a fan in March 2017. In 2016... <laughs> He declared Moe as fascist and anime is dead. Whew. Okay. So he's so, a name dropper. No, no, no. He, understand. I, I, this is something that is going to grossly change how you view everything he said. This guy is the director of um, the melancholy of Haru Suzumiya and a lucky star. Now think back to what happened when those shows came out. When he criticizes Otaku as being disabled, think about what happened when those shows came out. Both of them had a dance uh, number that became ridiculously popular. And in the case of Lucky Star, all over 4chan, like 38-year-old neckbeards were buying (laughs) the Bandai Special Editions that came with the shirts that had like the school uniform. And basically cosplaying and wearing those things as the girls in the show with the caption, am I kawaii desk? <laughs> this poor guy has been part of show. Like literally, like I said, if he came into the, to the anime industry, animating things like Akira, and now he's dealing with the fandom <laughs> as they are now, I totally understand uh, his entire point. Now I just want to clarify, um, so I, I don't know. I, I kind of I kind of already sort of got through this with what I just said about those shows he worked on um, regarding the disabled comment. But this is the thing here. Th- this was a hyperbolic statement they just put forth about him calling Moe fascist because that's not actually what he said. Uh, let me find. He feels that Moe is quote becoming fascist in the sense that it is its depiction is controlled by unwritten rules. Don't show panties. Showing panties is in line with male desires. So let's show them. Yamamoto re- prefers to operate by his own rules, but gets criticism when he does so and claims he can't handle the times. So he said something here. He said that I thought was incredibly important. Um, let me let me just re- really quickly read this. Anime director... He said that anime is dead. He was influenced by... Um, by Toshio Otaki Okada, a former Gainax staffer and cultural commentator... Pronounced Otaku is dead on September 27th. Well, Okada meant that generational differences among Otaku. Okay, so let me reopen that previous article because there was a very poignant quote in here that was so important. He basically said something referring to. God, he said something that was so poignant. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it after I... It might actually be in this article. Let me... So this is the last one, okay? Eta no manga artist blames Hobby Japan and human rights for new life cancel. This is the one that has the, the quote. Okay, so again, when you see this, this is a pretty hyperbolic statement, isn't it? Human rights are responsible for the cancellation? That's not what this guy is saying. The cancellation of New Life anime was has caused ripples throughout the anime industry. Outspoken anime director Yutaka Yamamoto, that's the guy we were just talking about, Yamakan, uh, in earlier weeks 
blaming both Japanese neo-nationalists and Chinese extremists, they said nationalists here, um, for the cancellation. According to their previous article, at least, they, they claimed it was extremists. Uh, Taekwondo Dar Park um, manga original creator Masao Shiro's Twitter account was suspended after using a derogatory slur towards Japanese people while jokingly recommending his own manga for adaptation. Okay, so real quick. This was a joke. Oh my freaking God, I can't believe people. He used a specific term, jokabari. It's a derogatory Korean term used towards Japanese people. His freaking manga uses this term. He was literally, it was a signal to fans of his work. It would be like somebody, um, now I'm not saying this is a, a good joke or that this is a, a good comparison, but it would be like somebody using um, Mokori from uh, City Hunter, using that term in a, in a, in a controversy about um, uh, maybe sexual harassment or something like that, you know? Okay. So it was, it was clearly a joke, but it's a joke that only fans of his manga actually got and everybody else just buried him. So you guys can read this if you actually want to get a little more on it, but that's what actually happened. Um, and then I don't, this just comes out of nowhere, that whole thing about that guy, because the rest of this stuff is about somebody else. So this is the artist, the alternate history uh, military manga, Etinosaur, shared their opinion on Twitter after the cancellation of news broke. Takana wrote that the developments are having a chilling effect on social media and fears that statements made on websites like Twitter could put creators' livelihoods in danger. I understand that the anime New Life was canceled, but to stop publishing the novels is awful, seriously dangerous, hella scary, and I'm afraid I can't say things on Twitter. It's a dystopia. I'm shaking, they wrote. Uh, Takano added, seriously though, people's lives are being ruined by this almighty bludgeon known as, quote, human rights. I'm less afraid of a flag for communism than a bludgeon for human rights, they wrote. So this is the, the quote here. So the almighty bludgeon known as human rights. I'm going to change this word and you tell me if this makes sense now. The almighty bludgeon known as Antifa. Okay, so what he's saying by human rights, he's not actually saying that humans shouldn't have rights. What he's saying is that people are using the excuse of, quote, human rights or, quote, hate speech or, quote, racism to slander and destroy people who did something relatively minor. Right. And and this is the problem with political correct speech is that it polices people's speech to the point where everything they say seems insincere because people don't actually talk that way. And it makes it so that comedians can't actually tell jokes anymore. Because everybody, at least one person in the audience is going to be offended and shut down the whole thing, right? So I'm for free speech. I don't think that the, I, I don't think the guy who made um, New Life, this guy mine, I don't think he should have said what he said. Um, the same way I don't think that the people I knew growing up were right calling, you know, Arabs ragheads and all the things that they learned from watching Fox News and MSNBC and all those other things that were just really trying to get us to war in Iraq back then. I, I don't think that they were right in saying that. But again, it's real easy to look at things from from 2018 and look at things from the moral compass the world has now and shame things that were said, um, you know, five, ten years ago for being in a different time because you're viewing them from the modern lens. Anyway, do you guys have anything you want to say? No. All right. I didn't think you would. This is very meme-ish. I mean, this feels, I still stand by, this is very fabricated. Yeah. But well, um, I'm just going to quickly more check. to what, go. Is there through. any comments on the, uh, it doesn't look like it. Okay. So we're 1984. Good. 
Um, what? Oh yeah. Well, don't get me started. So, and and this is this is a a very poignant way for us to continue from there. The next article we get to talk about, which I think is going to wrap up exactly why I'm so upset about everything. Rurouni Kenshin Hokkaido arc does not return in Viz's Shonen Jump. So in America, in Viz's Shonen Jump, uh, the Hokkaido arc is not going to return. But in Japan, after manga author Nobuhiro Watsuki was charged with possession of child porn last year and paid a fine of less than $2,000, free to continue making manga, free to continue making money. It just It's unbelievable to me that a guy who barely said anything uh, on Twitter had his anime canceled and a person in possession of child pornography is it's able to, to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. So, where are you, Twitter a, hate machine? It's a mad, 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 mad world out there. Salary hey, man look, Salary from... Man Kentaro's... Go ahead. Salary Man Kentaro's Montomia Lonomia Usogi Sako's both, both launch new manga. This so, looks cool, whatever this is. Is this Usogoi? Lamoya uh, debuted as a manga artist in 1965. Many of his other works, such as Otoko, Ipaki, Gaki, Daisho, Ore, Sonora, and. Do you have anything Otoko. you actually want to say about it, or are you just going to read parts of the. I'm, well, I'm trying to get to the. Get to the meat. If you can just scan like, the read top, an entire article on Japanese one day. Yeah. So, do you have something? Did you have something specifically you wanted to say about it, or? Well, I wanted. Well, the headlines what I wanted to point out, but yeah. it looks so like they're, they're there's not an, much. So, are they doing it together? Is that is that that's the question I have? Are they are they making it together? Or are they both just happen to be moving on to a new series, and it's going to be interesting to see the two? Looks like they're both. Well, looks like they're both working on one manga. So, hey. Cool. Anyway, moving on. Boogie Pop returns. BS Imaginator manga launches on June 27th. So, more follow up to. Yeah. Moving on. It's more follow up of previous stuff. Moving on. Yeah. Ocean Engi Gaiden manga ends uh, on June 14th. So the so the was it called Soul Hunter? Is ending. Uh, the newer Soul Hunt. Hunter manga in is now ending, and I think they're coming out with another project based on the articles that we talked about in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, just more follow up next. Okay, games. So we got we got a, a couple articles here, but they're mostly just to announce things. What every single E three announcement? Yeah, basically. But quickly, just I want to apologize stuff. for last week for. For Let's Go uh, Pikachu and Eva, Evie. Evie. What about it? They are deluxe versions of Pokemon Yellow. Okay. That's the key so, detail that we did not mention. So last podcast, uh, we had discussed how Valve was censoring um, basically etchy games. Valve's comments on Steam's content policies promises to allow everything that is not illegal or trolling. So basically they're taking the free market approach here. They're taking themselves out of it and basically saying, we're going to let our, um, let anything that's not illegal. Hold on. Essentially. We're going to let our users decide what games they want. They basically decided to backtrack, not 
bow down to the hate machines who like these moral busybodies so bizarre to watch <laughs> to grow up in a world where the right was uh using religious reasons to try to to try to ban video games at one point uh and now it has circled back to the moral busybodies now on the left doing the same thing but um but valve has decided to take the free market approach and let users decide what games they're going to buy and instead of bothering to censor games and not allow them in the store for the most part, they're going to now change up the individual user's ability to determine what games are even shown to them. So now uh, you can actually block games. Like if, if you personally didn't want to have these games in the store, didn't want to see them, now you can uncheck something that'll make it so you don't have to see them. But they aren't taken out of the store for everybody else. So bravo to them. Although I will say the way that they phrased it they specifically said anything that's uh, illegal or straight up trolling. They phrased it in a way that actually lets them just choose whatever the hell they want to not allow in the store. So yeah, I'm bit... afraid of the self censorship because you may yeah. not know what you like. Yeah, so the, the thing is, but the thing is here is that is that, uh, that whatever we 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 made the point. I'm gonna. You're right. You may not know what, what you don't like, but you. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think that they're they're doing the right thing by letting people um, curate how they have to look at stuff, you know? Yeah. So let's move on to the sad birdhouse. Bomberman and Beyblade designer Shoji Mizuno passes away at age 58. This is um, from today. So this just happened. Yeah. Um, so do you really have anything like you want to say about it? Stuff. Go ahead. I really like the Bomberman games. I wonder now if Toonami will finally... If you talk to the people who manage it, were there from the start, they try to avoid saying Bomberman as the inspiration for Tom. But since this happened, I wonder if they'll start saying Bomberman more, but probably not. I've always wondered if Bomberman Jitters will ever get over here. Uh, it may have passed its prime, but hey, I'll still watch it. Yeah. Well, well, bombs away, and I'll play a couple rounds of Bomberman R. Or with some friends. So, Pokemon Quest topped 1 million downloads in two days. Oh, yeah, it's got Pokemon in the name, so. Um, And. Or Magikarp. Yeah, I just. The the funny thing about Pokemon, so you could literally do whatever, you can make Lego sets, you can do whatever the heck you want with it, and you'll sell it, right? That's the entire reason why Pokemon Go is a success because uh, they built Ingress, which is a game that almost nobody actually played. But um, they got it to a point where they could go to Nintendo and say, hey, guys, what do you think about this idea? Uh, and they like probably showed them a little demo and they're like, yes, uh, here's some money. And then they they, made, they make, I think it's a million dollars a day of Pokemon Go. It's ridiculous. Anyway, um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z World Tour announced. So... Um, I showed this article because the image was a lot better than the other article, but basically uh, this game got announced. I personally don't care, but it's kind of big news. Um, so anyway, um, and then there's this other thing, Jump Force, that has like a bunch of Shonen Jump it's characters. Victory, uh, so whatever it's called, uh, Shonen Jump Victory Versus Plus. Yeah, it actually looks kind of crappy. Some of the characters look, uh, Frieza looks freaking awful and his design looks terrible. Not even close to how he looked in the anime to me. I mean, it because it's, it's not cell shaded. No, it just it um like for instance, you know how Frieza in his ultimate form or whatever has the purple shoulders and like the purple part in the center of his chest. 
or whatever, like um, like just underneath his pectorals. Uh, the one in his chest is much bigger than it should be, and the one on his shoulders is much smaller than they should be. So there's just like simple stuff like that that takes it off model, and he's also way slimmer than he is in the in the anime. So anyway. Also, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate brings absurdly stacked character roster. Um, so uh, in the ad, um, basically, they show off Very a couple of characters, character. and then literally every single character that's ever been in Smash before is now back in uh, in the Switch one. So that's pretty cool. Um, haven't played... I don't. What was the most recent one after Melee? Was there another one after Melee? There was Brawl, and then there was the one that came out for the Wii U. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about Brawl. Wii U and 3DS. Yeah, and hey, you can finally play as Ridley now. Yeah. So anyway, um, that's kind of cool news. And then uh, something I would love to play, but won't. Um, Bomber Man. Fist the North Star game. Trophy. So Fist of the North Star. So you can watch the trailer there. And then it looks, it looks great, but I'm afraid of the quick time events. Oh, got it. I will not play games with quick time events. They're terrible. That's such a terrible game mechanic. Anyway. Um, the boys are back in town. Capcom reveals Devil May Cry 5. Detroit Metal City 5. So, um, if you've watched this trailer, let me just say that I... I hate the unstylized look. Uh... I just hope the controls are better. Well, it's because it's, it's, um, Nero, right? Instead of Dante for the most part. I thought that was Virgil. Sure, it's just that... No, it's Nero. Everything about like the way that their faces are animated and everything is so real to life that I don't oh, know. Okay. It doesn't. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It just doesn't feel like Devil May Cry because it's more. It was more playful on like Devil yeah. May Cry one to four and stuff like that. It was. It was, it was close because of the graphic constraints of the PlayStation Two. It was closer to anime style than it was realism style. Right, even Don't May Cry 4, which was for 360 and PS3, which was, like, they had fewer constraints. That still had, like, the stylization that was more Final Fantasy-like-ish. So here, here's the thing about the stylization, is that because of the sort of campy quality of the original PS2 game, they could do a lot of gimmicks that they just that won't come across the same way now. Like, for instance, him eating the pizza. Mm. In the very opening of the game, it's like he's eating the pizza while he's battling. Pe- like you can't do that in graphics that are this good because it just doesn't come across as funny. You know what I mean? AC, I just realized uh, your screen's not locked on to you. That's all right. Uh, I'm looking for the part I'm going to talk. My about. My other problem, kind of- though, is that um, like they did with the latest Devil May Cry game, with just called DMC, is that Date had a short haircut that was brown colored and it's like okay so yes that's important so first of all this girl character here i, hate I will literally not play this game because of how freaking annoying she is in the trailer i she know is, she is like all of the annoying characters in zelda the owl Fi, or fear whatever you call her navi all of them combined into just a cringe annoying annoyingness or so bad now the thing is though dante shows up at the end of this trailer and he looks so old well, he just has a he has stubble. His, no, his, he looks like way too old to be all this young and hip fun. He I don't just think looks he like a. Cra- I don't know. Look how crazy and deranged he looks with that expression. Yeah, he looks he looks kind of bad here. Um, I agree. Now, so remember, I talked in my video on uh, on um, Resident Evil um, Extinct. What was it called? 
We don't know. You made the video. Vendetta? Vendetta, yeah. I kind of didn't know what you were about to talk about for some reason. Well, I talked in that video about how they have a um, they have this thing in Japan, especially it just it's a 3D thing where they don't do the the facial um, they don't put these creases when when the girls are talking, like real creases that happen when when people talk that happen to women too, and it looks right. totally for some reason they just don't do it on on female characters. Um, Nero has the same weird thing going on where they do it on Nero, but they're not shading. It's better here where they actually gave it a a defined line, but it looks so bad because Nero has like a sort of a pretty boy look to him a little bit. It looks bad. It looks so bad. I'm, I'm a little bit, it's, it's great to see Dante's back, but it's a little uh, like this Dante, but it's kind of annoying that, um, you know, that there, that Nero, uh, looks the, um, Looks Wait, like the new actually, DMC. I might actually have an image here. Let me just. That's a good point, though. I didn't really process that. That's the old Dante does Dante design. I keep on calling him Dante because he's <laughs> his voice actor sounds exactly like Dante Masamune and uh, Sengoku Basara. Okay. I think I've talked about it before, but there's this great fan art when that when the previous game that was the other design where they rebooted it. There's this great fan art where because in that trailer um, he goes, "My name is Dante," and everybody's like, "No!" because it was like you you didn't you you wanted it to be a new character, you know? Because you're like, oh, "No, yeah, you're yeah. doing it right." So there's this great fan art where they somebody redrew that scene where he goes, "My name is." Dante and then it goes oh shoot camera's facing the wrong way and then it's like he turns it around and it shows the other Dante so anyway that's what people all, all had wanted from it anyway so moving on so um, we're a bit we late now... good night Reese oh okay I think he's I think he left like a long time ago actually but um, we're going on to release news so I saw this I thought this is actually kind of interesting um, oh yeah <laughs> so that was the... kind of hilarious yeah. yeah, wouldn't it be funny if what if wouldn't it be funny if this was that actually is the, the final? Games? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely buy it just for that. Um, so I'm kind of annoyed at this because for two reasons. First of all, I already have all these. I was going to say have you already bought them, right? I don't have these three, but I do have these ones. Right, I already have those, and um, I feel like Nisio Eason's not he's not going to end here. That's true as well. Like the box is going to be. It's going to be worthless to have because he's definitely going to keep writing, you know. So I just it seems it seems like not a good thing. And I just thought it was funny that they don't have box art yet, and it's coming out. They're so uh, preemptive about this to build the hype. Like E three, they're just like, "Mm, yeah, it's coming. Anyway, um, so there's that, and then I saw this on Crunchyroll, the um, Berserk guidebook. Uh, There's a preview for it. Um, So some pretty cool stuff in here. So this is probably going to be a good uh, RPG resource if you want to use it for that or different character models. Well, I already have a lot of the uh, art books from it, so I, I'm, I probably won't get it, I'll be honest. But um, I just thought it was cool that they're putting that out there. And then Danny shared this. Um, Funimation's page shared the Starburst cancer on the uh, Starblazer set that I said was going to be totally awful probably. I think that the colors are like behind the foil. I don't know. Well, it, it just looks bad. And then um, this is, is also I'm been shared. I wonder what a common looks like. What a what look? 
the comet? Well, a common limited edition of that, not the ultra rare that we just saw, seeing all the holographics on it. Super well, I rare. I don't think they're making a common limited edition for it. That's fine. Let's talk about Metropolis. Yeah, so uh, Metropolis Steelbook uh, Blu-ray, right? I'm pretty happy about this because, like, there was a Steelbook for the UK, but yes. now we got yeah. it. And, and it's and it's a- Blu-ray and DVD. I actually don't think this is a good movie, personally. Eh? I haven't seen it or owned it. If I had seen I like this... it more because it's iconic, if that makes any sense. If I had seen it before iRobot, I probably would have liked it more. I've never um, seen that. The thing I'll say about it, at least, is that their pre-order is already up. So here's it's, the uh, premium edition for K-Own. Comes with guitar picks. Huh. Okay, as a guitarist, I can tell you, that sucks. Because you're not going to use them. Period. Oh my gosh, you weren't kidding. They do have little feet on it. I know. I hate the look of all these music box sets. Like, Beck and... Actually, that's probably about it. But it's like the one good like thing dark. about Beck is that it starts with a B, unless you put it under M from Mongolian Chop Squad. Uh, so it doesn't move in your collection that often. Yeah, but, but this they make it. I love how it's an exaggerated Moe whatever show that they eat cake and drink tea the whole time. But yeah, and they, they have this really authentic stuff, looking is, case for the box art. Yeah, like seriously, oh, of all make, shows, it's supposed to make sense for the club. It but. just seemed I okay. I've only watched like the first three episodes of K-On. Um, I haven't really gotten into it yet, but um, I mean, from what I see here, most of this appears like the actual music playing is kind of an afterthought. Have you so ever watched Gig Here's them. Um, it memed the whole cakes and mother effing tea type thing. He basically said the entire time, it's like, for music anime, this has, like, zero music in it. Right, that's you what know? I'm saying. I that's mean, from the, what I see... That's not the I know. point of this. It's about them enjoying a music club. I okay. know, but the and point I'm is saying that saying. this is overkill. <laughs> exactly. What I want to say is they're kind of uh, four years a little too late on this. Yeah, they really are. And don't get me wrong. I'm glad that's coming out. I kind of wish it's already out. I agree. Six nine twenty. Oh no, this is just when they published the. Uh, I was going to say no. That's pretty yeah, fast. No, not to say that's yeah, this, this pretty bad advertisement. This, this is just when they like, published the little blog post here or whatever. Anyway. I'm glad I don't have to buy the second season in two cancer parts. I just want them to animate them and go into college. So I'll just say that there is probably a, rebooting I, the I think manga there's right a Paul now. Champagne art box that fits the Blu-rays of the whole series and all the movies. He's still making stuff. It's I just it exists. I'm just I've seen it on eBay before. Huh. It's not cheap, but anyway. So um, this was brought up within the last two weeks. I know it's not actually um, like a new item or anything. But uh, I don't know why this got brought up, but um, FDDNM, I guess, talked about it. Like, it's kind of bizarre to see an affordable Anaplex set. But I, re- I realized yeah, was, when I was putting the article up or the link up that it's actually it's probably just because it's the DVD set. Yeah, but the, the thing is, like, for any casual consumer who's like, oh, I want to own Sora Online. Oh, but they have so many, like, they have multiple parts that are really expensive. 
that's an option they can get to actually just own the thing. Yeah, totally. I think I think it's a good uh, a good move on Anaplex's part to have made a set like this because I think that for because this is a show that's kind of really stupidly popular. popular. Um, so I think they did I think another one for Gurren uh, Lagan. Okay, but the Gurren Lagan one is different. That's that's a ex- super expensive right. Blu-ray set. That's oh well, wait, there was another one that was released along along with this like last year. Was there? That's the only okay, reason I, I keep bringing talking? this up. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, moving on. So oh, yeah, uh, this, this is, is something just the DVD version of the Blu-ray is the exact same thing, but Blu-ray. Yeah. This is something that was brought up by um, Danny regarding uh, ReZero. Um, so apparently, give me a second, right here. Uh, sad news for ReZero fans: the Blu-ray disc isn't very good at all, with near constant banding blocking and poor compression probably the worst funimation blu-ray i've seen since psychopath season one given the licensor is katakawa i'm not sure whether the blame lies entirely with funimation on this one though to be absolutely sure this one uh this one the compression shots are from the japanese blu-ray disc so the source files themselves are most definitely not the problem so here's the link now, when I mouse over this, it's going to jump. The image is going to switch from the Japanese Blu-ray screenshot to the UK Blu-ray screenshot. So if you look, when I mouse over it, you can see this gradation. The gradient is like staggered a lot more versus Not when really, my mouse is I'm already seeing it at like 360p, so that doesn't really change. <laughs> okay, well, I'm, I, I don't know if you guys would be able to see it, but I have... My monitor on the MacBook Pro is larger, like pixel-wise, it's way larger than 1080p. Um, so I can actually, like, I can see it really well. But some other people, like Lishansky and Danny, my, I think they were talking about um, having a harder time seeing it. But let me go to some of the other images. I'll just open the link in the document. Yeah. So... This one's a little... You can just sort of see the compression artifacts. Like, this doesn't bother me at all, at all, personally. It's probably um, unnoticeable. If you're a quality file, you know, who buys Blu-ray to avoid this stuff, yeah, I can understand why you'd be a little upset. I don't think this is going to bother me much. So, wait, it. the UK release is the one that people are okay. complaining about, or the Funimation? So, I'm getting both. To, here's the thing. There, this The sample here is the UK release. Now, I keep asking people, I've asked all day for people to, to who have already gotten their Blu-ray set to uh, let me know if the banding exists in the US release. Nobody has given me a definitive answer on that other than saying, well, it uses the same master as the Funimation one, so it's going to be the same. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that, that that's though? a... Go ahead. I said, how would they know that, though? Yeah, well, th- they had a statement that was submitted. I can hold on. Let me. Um, I'll pull up the uh, the thing real quick. Let me find the statement. That's not it. Hold on. They said. Okay. Right here. Let me pull this up and let me get the article for. Back up. Okay, let me screen share. Uh, 
All right. So person said, uh, please do more in-house encoding slash compression if you can. We don't want stuff like this here. I assume it's a link to something similar to what I showed you. Uh, I would gladly import more of your releases if you did. So they said, regarding the disks, we actually you usually do look to author our own, especially on Crunchyroll content, if it makes sense. Roka, Sound Euphonium, and Kisniver are all our own authors, for example. But sometimes, to ensure proximity to release, we do need to use the U.S. masters. For example, in the case of ReZero, if we'd done our own, there are no guarantees we'd receive the master in time for MCM Comic-Con. In this case, we used Funimation's master, and it ensured a timely release that reduced the time greatly. No quality control of discs required on our side beyond a nav check. Um, while the compression is not ideal in this, make no mistake, this isn't a your name situation at least. So I guess there was an issue with your name over in the UK. Again, as I've been a bit busy, I've not had time to look over the discs in full yet, but I'm confident that there's not going to be a big enough issue overall to do immediate changes or nor impact too much on most people's viewing experiences. Either way, we'll of course take fan feedback on board for part two and look at what what to do regarding authoring, time allowing. That said, as this is the only disc available in English speaking, um, it's for sure the same one the USA is using, then there's not much we can do uh, here right now. Sort of an experiencing break, an, an experience breaking. There's nothing here we can do short of an experience breaking fault. Uh, we'll have a look as soon as I'm back from MCM. Okay, so this is Anime Limited uh, in the UK. Now, here's the thing. So th this person told me, just in case you hadn't seen or heard, this is straight from the horse's mouth. It'll be the same as the UK version because they use Funimation's Masters. Now, this is I don't think that that means that they're going to be the same, and here's why. So they're definitely not using the Glass Master, you know, like the stamps made from the Master, because then right, when you put obviously. the disc in, it would say Funimation at the beginning, right? So obviously... Say what? Region A law. Region A locked is what it would say. Is no, no, no. It was the well, okay. So what I meant is that the the file that went to the master to make the glass master because the the region locking actually is done in the mastering stage at the replicator, right? Mm -hmm. So so it it can't be that file that they're using. They must be referring to the video footage sourced to go in there, right? Because obviously Anime Limited is going to have their own. Um, splash screen text and all that, right? That's going right. to show up at the beginning. Um, and they're going to have their own trailers for the stuff that they're putting out as the special features. So they're going to do different things to it, which means that the actual compression that needs to be done to make sure that everything fits on the disc is going to be different. So it's possible. I don't know. And some people may have had a chance to already look at it. I'm just saying it's, I don't think that this means that the U S release is going to be identical. Okay? I agree. It could be. It could be. It certainly could be. It could suffer the same problems. I don't know. All right. But um, I'm just saying I don't think it necessarily means that it has to be. All right. Quick question. Now, Where's that um, link? I can't find it on the like I clicked on the page to the one? forum. The link the link to this uh, to this. Damn it, Augie's face showed up. <laughs> the the link to this. Uh no, no, no. To the the comparison screenshot thing. Okay, um, it's the Blu-ray uh, forum, and then just um, type in, you know, Command F or, or Control F to find, and then just type in zero, and then it'll be 
the the post about ReZero, there's a link in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, I should have I should have uh, that in there. Anyway, so here's Discotech Media's uh, stuff here. Augie, you're back, yeah? Yes, I'm back. Okay. And we start off with Nuku Nuku. Blow, blow that picture up. Because it'll be a lot faster because you can hit the arrows to go through it. Okay. All right, so this is the standard Blu-ray of Nuku Nuku. And my only complaint about the cover art is the, if you look at purpose, the R and P are just blended into the wing there. This is one that I know that AC is not too fond of, but oh one God, I you guys. I enjoy. I just don't want to sit through it again. I didn't have any problem with it. It's just that it didn't, it didn't, it's not something that I loved so much that I'm dying to see it again. I'd rather, for me, because I have such a backlog, I'd rather spend my time watching something I know, new. I know. That's I all know. I'm saying. You guys, you guys overreact to everything I say. Hey, I didn't say anything. AC, yeah, but, I, I, I don't think I don't think you understand what overreact is sometimes. But but with this release, we'll have the three episodes from Crusader Video, which were the first three of the OVA on this as well. So you have another alternate English track, right? And that's going to be released on August twenty ninth. So 8th. if all of them, if we ever watch this again, I'll listen to the other track. That's what I'll do. Ryanosuke's name is Ryan. Beast Fighter. Beast Fighter, the apocalypse. This is going to be released in August 28th. I've seen, I know we've seen this in like either the Ikoi Films film site or maybe it's D-Rights, but just looking at it in the brief description given I'm expecting a lot of violence. Is this from, from this one? Kind of like since they didn't say from N- Go Nagai, I'm going to say oh, no. I'll look it up. Thank you. Please. Um, if anything, this looks more like a masculine version of Killing Bites that's currently airing. But like the head, the wings, the claws. Does that have a Japanese like name? A... I mean, yes, it obviously does. But what is it? Type in Beast Fighter ANN. You know, post apocalyptic Tokyo. Tenichi is on a mission of vengeance against the mad. Eternal Alice. I remember seeing the wa. Oh, yes. FDD num. It says it is written. It it looks very going to guide the manga cover. Uh, Right. can't, Can't find the name. Yeah, scroll down to the creator. Author is Ishikawa Ken. Oh, so it is the Get a Robo guy. Okay, Get a Robo. I, I figured that was my other guess because the the way that the uh, the anatomy is drawn it does not feel Gona guy, but the sort of like facial stuff kind of does. Um, but it, it looked yeah, different it enough inspired. that I just wasn't sure. So yeah, because Get a Robo uh, Ken Ishikawa has a similar style to Gona guy. Eternal Alice. I remember seeing this, seeing this on YouTube. Like, if, like if I'm trying to find something new, I'd watch the openings for a while. This this commonly came up, so my mouse died. it's going to be released. What? My mouse died. Oh. I'm going to have so another dongle plugged in. Hold on. Okay. 
So this one, I believe, is about a boy who is fascinated by the story of Alice. And it will be released August 28th. Yeah, I didn't get the direction. I love how this came out of nowhere, Eternal Alice. That's that's what I kind of like about Discotech. You have the ones that people really want, then you get like some oddities that they randomly throw in there, which I don't mind. Yeah, I like that because they don't. People don't necessarily know they're going to like this stuff, um, and Discotech puts it out, and people give it a shot, and I think that's great. <clears throat> anyway, and they sell them usually for cheaper, so it's like it's like Discotech has a smart. I think Discotech has the smartest approach to releases because I think they just actually understand how the majority of fans purchase stuff. Because right. premium editions well, are great. Well, not to get on Discotech. What I like is their work ethic. Because who in the world would release this Secret of Mammo with typically just an English dub and a subtrack? Who releases it with six different dubs? And they right. keep trying to get like different tracks for for shows sure. if they can so get. They're it. very diligent at putting out the best release that they can. They don't overdo it with expensive premium editions. And with stuff like this, this is what I'm getting at. They'll release shows that are kind of no-name shows, and they'll sell them for a, like a penny, you know? So they release shows that deserve more, you know, love from the community by selling them at a price that's so low that people at conventions say, you know what, I'll get this too, because it's only five bucks more kind of thing. You know what I mean? To exaggerate oh, yeah. a little bit. But you know what I mean? That's a great strategy on their part. Um, and they've really carved out a corner of the market that other – Businesses can't match, which I think is I think is great. So they've also I have a got thing to uh, say that, yes. sure. sure go that, ahead. that is including. I, no, no, no. You were right. Business. The card capture sucker. Um, something about their business, the way they do it. Um, they've been releasing like the Blu-ray of some of their releases first, and then later on they release the DVD. So it's basically the whole. Oh, if I want it now, I buy the more expensive one that gives them more money type thing, or I wait okay. and get the DVD. You know, I find that kind of neat. Almost, almost every Blu-ray I buy from Discotech, I, I is something that I intended to anyway. buy both. Yeah. Anyway, because it's all the Lupin stuff. Um, right. Angel Cut. So I there's a lot of these things. These are going to be. No, this isn't going to okay. be. Okay. Well, you know read that. Read that second. Read that uh, second paragraph, or what looks like a paragraph. The title is remastered and upconverted from the only existing materials that are in standard uh, definition. Uh, no, no, the uh, the paragraph. Japanese language with edited and ed- unedited English subtitles. I know that we talked about this already. Okay, just a reminder. Yeah, so I was going to say Hold that up. I I was looking forward to buying this at Anime Expo, but it says August twenty eighth. So now there yeah, is a well, chance though that they will actually have it at Anime Expo and sell it at Anime Expo because they sometimes question. have things way early there. Good question. When I was looking up a- Angel Cop information and stuff, it said there's a TV series and an OVA. Is this just the OVA or whatever it is? Movie? I don't think there's a TV series of I Angel Cop. If there's a TV series, it has to be something completely different. Or huh. Angel Cop OVA six episodes. Maybe I was thinking there was an OVA six episode version and a movie version or something. I don't know. Uh, well, if you figure it out, go ahead and uh, go ahead and sure. go ahead and screen share it. Um, anyway, also Devil Man. What well, kind of surprised Which... me with the with their 
description of Devil Man is they don't include the audio drama that comes with it that they mentioned. Well, so, of all, so things, of all the things that we've looked at so far, this is the worst cover to sell this particular I, product. I was going to say, yeah, Devil Man, I kind of preferred the manga art. Well, I just, I just think that anybody who is unaware of what they're getting into, because this is the one we watched for that one. Isn't going right? to get the idea right. from this. Cover. Yeah, I just, I don't think that this is a, a good choice. Um, this feels, it feels lazy too. It just feels like they didn't really try. It feels like a Mega Man cover art, but I wonder if that's what they use for the movie promotional. Like I don't the, know. I just, I just think that, I just think that it wasn't a, a particularly good choice considering. Um, I just don't think it's going to grab people like the only people who are like there, there are people like us who are like, hell yes. The DVD of this was garbage in terms of the transfer. I can't wait to see this on Blu-ray. We're going to definitely buy it. But there are a bunch of people who've never seen it, who are only going to look at this because of devil man cry baby. And I just don't think that this is going to sell it for them as well as it could. Hold on. So there is a, this is based off the Japanese Blu-rays cover art. It's slightly different because it's not a little square. It's the whole, the whole right, thing. Which is I, however, I expected. However, they have actually censored the art because there's nippies on, <laughs> on the Japanese. Nip yeah, I, one. I suspected that as well. So okay. I'm a little disappointed in this one, um, but uh, one more detail it's before okay. we good. Leave this one is when I talked to Lynn. Konsky about this in our private video. I said they would announce it, announce the title around summer, and they would release it in the uh, October time frame. Mm-hmm. August twenty eighth, depending on your shipping, if, unless they ship it early. I think I might be close enough on the prediction, but yeah, well, I'll be shipped late, being in Amazon.ca territory. Well, it's 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 obviously correct right, for you. Can we just look at this? We're caught up now. Oh, here's the DVD. Okay, this is the DVD, and this mm-hmm. is the Blu-ray. Yeah. We're just caught up. Okay. Wild, Wild seven. seven, another. Yeah, that was the last slate. Yeah, I think Which we've already we talked, talked about, about last time. Talked about that. Talked about that. Babel the second. Have we talked about this? Yeah, I think. in the fall. Banana. Oh God, I'm so excited for AX. <laughs> we got that. Yeah, we all caught up. Cool. Okay, moving on. Moving on along. Random merch news. We we had a lot of suggestions here for articles too. Oh my God! It's uh, almost calm three. down. Calm down. Come on, we, we always. So quick, usually. I thought okay. we always accidentally talk about. <laughs> no, you you stall right now is what's taking up the time. So okay, each go. pop team uh, epic sneaker matches characters' hair and height. So I think Reese uh, shared this for me um, to to talk about. So I guess when I first read that, I thought that this shoe was actually longer. Like the toe ends right here for the person, but it goes it extends like the Kingdom Hearts feet. Um, but I think it's actually just the high top versus the. So I don't. I have not watched anything of Pop Team Epic. Um, I, this is like those people who get 
um, tattoos of a, of them like do the Harlem Shake, you know, like those memes that are like popular at the time, and they get they tattoo their body with something that is gonna only be relevant for like like a blink of an eye of their entire lifetime, like Gangnam Style, you know. So I, I feel like somebody is gonna impulsively buy these and wear them, but they're gonna throw them away in a month. You know what I mean? And then this was out of nowhere. Bandai Namco tweets pre-order Naruto to Boruto, which is Naruto and Boruto Shinobi Striker from Best Buy to get your exclusive Boruto socks. Those so, socks, that's an awful picture of the socks. They look yeah, so dopey. Socks are in, guys. That's that's the that is It's not the design, it's socks just and the socks shape. because <laughs> they're in with the anime community for some reason. Um Try so this one is actually I really like rock. this one. So the Ursa Yatsura one of all these of all these anniversary things, they've all been pretty good compared to other ones that we've seen. Ursa Yatsura says Aloha with anniversary collection. So what I like about this one is this is the dress. It looks like nothing, right? But then you look at it and you see that uh, Lum is actually uh, scattered throughout. Scattered throughout. I think that's really cool. It's kind of a little tiny thing where it's like just those those little artwork shirts where they when you get up close you you can really see that there's more to it than meets the eye kind of thing. Uh, this one though, I think is garbage. I, I, this is such a bad design to go on white. It looks better on here. Yeah, it still looks bad, but it looks better on the darker color. Right. Uh, and then this just feels kind of weird. Um, I don't know where kind of thing moving on, change things up with cutie honey laundry. Now, if you're going to do laundry based lingerie based on a character, this is the way to do it. I mean, it's, it's Cannon hideous. Lingerie. Lingerie. But at least it matches sort of I mean this is this is a drawing of the character wearing the laundry, but you know what the character actually looks like, right? So uh, it actually yeah. it, it works, right? It works for the for the particular character. Um and it's funny that you can actually see they've got like a photoshopped on little uh armband that the character has on. Like that's a that's a part of the lingerie set. Uh so I appreciate I appreciate these that they're more than just what they did with like the Fujiko one, which again, it's a you can't really do the same thing in the Fuji one. It's just that that was all about making the mannequin, you know? Um, now this one I thought was kind of interesting too. Nine new tees prove you're never too old for Ghibli. So they have a bunch of uh, Ghibli ones and I'll show you real quick. They had some great Ponyo ones. Let's see. Where was it? So there's this one. And my favorite one, which I think I could actually click on any of these because they had, I think this is one of the ones they had as the sample image on all of them. They have the, I want ham. My wife, that's like a running gag in, in my house ever since that movie. Whenever we buy ham, where I was like, ham. So anyway. Um, so in your area, how do you buy ham? Is it in a can? Is it on? I buy bone? ham from the deli. Like they slice it off in pieces for me. Okay. I buy it by the pound. Uh, and then there's this one, which I also thought was pretty clever. So the shirt is just a bunch of, you know, stuff. And then there's like Ponyo going into the pocket. I thought, I don't know, it's just a clever design. That's all. Anyway, moving on. Still feel like my shirt's a lot better. Hakyo Hoshin Engi, protagonist Daikobo, gets his Artifacts J figure. So here you go, Augie. Since you, you like this show so much. He's a hippo with an orb. Moving. Oh, God. That's... 
Moving on. Um, Shannon show. Yuna in the Haunted Hot Springs main heroine gets her new figure inspired by TV anime key visual. So they keep doing this thing where they they build a character based on a drawing. Which is okay. I mean, they build a figure, pardon. She looks... Does she look... I can't tell where she... I think she looks bustier in the figure than she does in the drawing, but it's really hard to tell. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so... Scroll through these quickly. Uh, And then since we've gone through all the previous ones that did this... Rico recreates her her Blu-ray disc cover look in Love Live Sunshine figure. So of the ones we've looked at so far, this is the least awful one. Her hair looks like pretty darn good, considering considering how bad some of them. Oh God, no! It's the one I didn't want to ever have to see again. Ugh, I hate the way they did her leg. She looks like she's got like a limp, like baby leg on one side. She, uh, she's in the here. water. Uh, it looks bad. <laughs> Kotobukiya pre- previous fake Grand Order saber uh, in casual wear. So let's scroll through these quick. To the one where she she's like, I like how they do these things where like they can. Oh no, wait. Yeah, yeah. They change her face. Her that's a thing that they do in figures. Um, oh, yeah. There's hor- hor- I really wish. Hor- oh, um. So. As you guys have heard, I've been uh, watching my. I just finished season two of My Hero Academia. Um, when uh, well, I totally don't remember the the girl's name. What's the girl with the pheromone power? Pheromone power. Everything is that season two exclusive. No, that's season one as well. That's the one that that she pulls out of her chest. Anything? No, the pheromone. The one. The one that I. Oh, okay, oh the teacher. The teacher. Yeah. That there's a there's, Gra- a, there's uh, grape a juice had that, a struggle with her. She what? Grape juice had a struggle with her. Yeah. So there's there's a character who is dressed up in sort of a dominatrixy looking outfit, and when she showed up on screen, my wife said, "What's her superpower?" S and M, right? And it turns out that is her superpower. <laughs> it kind of is her. <laughs> but oh what's funny God. is I realized I I made a joke. I realized because of her power, because she rips she rips her um. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm bringing this up because of like the leather, the leather pants here. She rips her costume to to like let her skin put out these pheromones that knocks out her opponent, right? This stuff. So anyway, I was thinking, I, I thought it was funny because um, in that show, I, I kind of feel like uh, her character. It's like it's almost a good thing that she's into S and M because the only the only material that can hold back her pheromones is latex. <laughs> You know, so it's like, um, and also I'll say real quick, um, just because I know that old man's not watching this now, but he's going to watch it later because we've been sort of talking on Twitter about this. The thing about My Hero Academia that I actually really appreciate is I getting into it at the beginning, I didn't actually think it was, I didn't think it was remarkable, but there are so many things that at the beginning really kind of bothered me that getting in later in the series, I realized why they did it for one quick example, and then we'll move on to the next thing. Um, uh, Todoroki's costume looks really dumb. All the costumes look freaking terrible when you first see them, pretty much. Um, especially yeah. uh, Midoriya, Midoriya's costume. But Todoroki's looks awful. But then you realize later on the reason his... And just to refresh you, remember what he looks like? It's literally his Two right side grenades. of his body is completely exposed, and the left side is just covered in something that looks oh, like wait, Todoroki, I always freaking mix up the names. I thought Todoroki's you were talking about the Bakugo. With the red hair on one side and the white hair on the other. I know, I know, I know. I, know. Okay. I thought you meant so Bakugo. It, Anyway, so his his costume, I realized later, like why that looks so dumb is the reason he did that was to completely cover up his flame side 
because of his internal conflict over that. So like, it's just one of those things where looking back on the show and I'm glad I'm watching it so fast with marathoning because all the stuff that I like thought that was so dumb. You know, when I first saw it, it's like, Oh, okay. Like it's still, it was still kind of dumb the first time I watched it for sure. But I get it now. I get why they did it, even though it still looked dumb, you know, what about but, I mean, grenade hands. Those looked really dumb when they first brought them on screen, but um, it's grown on me a little bit, but I still think I really dislike that character. Um, but uh, anyway, back, totally to, uh, back to articles. So about the figure, the one thing I, oh, this one might have it too. The one thing I really wish that I would have had back when I was like going through elementary is interchangeable faces because I would play with the toys and I couldn't do that much with them. So here's here's your interchangeable face. This is the one when you're changing in the room and you change her face like, oh no, he's changing. Anyway, moving on. So uh, this is from... Uh, Oreimo, uh, Kuroneko, right? I when I first saw this, I thought this was the girl from um, Moonface, Tsukiyomi Moonface. Oh. But uh, apparently, it's Oreimo. It is. Wait, what about these figures? Um, they exist. Moving on. That's it. Okay. Rem Rem dons high school clothes for a charming ReZero figure. So we got it with some okay. compression. Don't mind the compression. Why do uh, why do people like Rem over Ram? I haven't watched the show yet. Don't don't answer um, that question. Don't, I'll find out when I watch the show. <laughs> I love how they chose. I love how they chose to title this article. <laughs> Celebrate International Children's Day with this new lolly figure. <laughs> Pretty much is what it's say. <laughs> anyway. Um, now we're okay. So get your own Pichan in Gun Gale Online X Pizza Hut collaboration. So just for the record, I've never watched Sword Art Online. I started seeing images of the thing, and I really would like to see Gun Gale Online. FNP ninety is my favorite gun, um, and I I just dig that their their Pizza Huts. Do, I mean, our Domino's is filling potholes <laughs> in in the states. In but Pizza Hut in Japan is having pink airsoft guns <laughs> of an FNP ninety. The only problem is that. Um, so literally all this is is a cast in pink instead of in uh instead of in black. Okay. But her um magazine is also pink. And oh, the it's magazine here is the magazine here isn't, so the, the thing about FMP ninety is gravity fed. So that's kind of interesting. Also this bomb that is oh, actually a water bottle. Moving on. Uh so keep your Gundam knowledge strong with your own talking haro. So uh, they've got this little desk toy that Alexa. Um, say what? Alexa. Well, no. Okay, so it's you can talk to it. You can ask ask it yes or no questions, and it can talk to you about Gundam stuff. But here's the thing: it has to have an internet connection because uh, there's a server of Gundam knowledge that it sources to to answer the questions using your internet connection. Now, perhaps that's because the amount of knowledge stored on the server is significantly more than would fit fit in this little thing. Um, but they're also, they were suggesting that perhaps um, you only get 12 months free. It's expected. The server is expected to be free oh, for no. the first 12 months, meaning that after uh, a year, you're going to have to start paying for the connection to the, to the Gundam knowledge server. You're going to have so, to pay for this ongoing gimmick that you're not going to be. Using you're not, after yeah. That's only get, you're only going to like, this is like a joke gift you buy somebody who likes Gundam. It better at least do a Skyrim RP with me. A microtransaction <laughs> Furby. Yeah. 
anyway, so let's just say this makes sense and is kind of an interesting concept at least. Because I don't, I've never seen whatever Gundam this is from, but this is from a Gundam show. That's from right? every, like the very first one. Uh, I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched the first Gundam all the way through yet. Anyway, moving on though, this doesn't make sense. Pocket-sized Pikachu robot <laughs> does it does basically the same thing. Um, <laughs> Neeson in Attack on Titan team up for mystery meat ramen promotion. You know what? I'm just embracing it now. I'm just embracing <laughs> it. I'm embracing the absurdity of this. I like how this is literally the exact same image rotated and or flipped back and forth over and over again. I just embrace oh, it. Man. I embrace how bad this is. Um, I embrace that he's holding... Uh, Edel. Uh, yeah, I, just, I embrace it. I embrace the absurdity of it. Japan to open Sylvian Family's theme park. Um, I just like this artwork. So moving on. Uh, your well, wallet is already Town, dead. Nice. What? So that was uh, Maple Town, but continuing with Rao. Okay. Your wall is already dead. Pure gold Ken O helmet goes for uh, $24,600. So this was shared, I think, by Danny. Um, can't click on the images oh. to see a bigger person, but they're they're really expensive. We can tell. Uh, can tell considering what it is, that's pretty cheap. Um, miscellaneous news, quickly. Amazon blocks Australian shoppers from its U.S. and U.K. marketplaces over GST. Ding, I forgot what GST was. Global something tax. It, Global that actually, market. I think that actually that might have been what it was. Um, and the, I brought this up, I think, because of the discussion we had regarding um, eBay not too long ago. Global service uh, and, tax? I don't know. And I, I'm bringing it up because this is a bad direction things are going in yeah because then um, soon i won't be able to import from amazon us yeah so i'm just i'm just saying that this seems like uh this could be troublesome in the future i'm not gonna i'm not gonna Goods and services to tax okay yeah anyway uh this was shared i think by reese the pillows concert changes to larger venues in los angeles and portland so um if you guys want to go see the pillows um these are their locations this is where they're going to be all right and look into that Roundup of newly re- revealed print counts for manga. <clears throat> um, so, One Piece, which this only the number only reflects volumes one through eighty-seven. If four hundred forty million, yeah, out of eighty, how do they get the how do they get this information? I don't know. I don't know, and I don't care. This was shared to me, I think, by Reese. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm just pointing putting this out here because it was uh, it was shared to me. So four hundred forty million. Um, you know, divided by 87. Uh, Tokyo Ghoul, 35 million, um, divided by uh, 29. Icarno, this surprised me. 25 million. I mean, it is 20. It's it's technically more than a million per volume, but I'm surprised how, how popular Hikarno Go is. Um, uh, and then My Hero, considering that My Hero Academia and My Hero Academia, like for the spinoffs, is only um, fifteen million. I, I mean, granted, it's much newer, but it just seems. Hikaru like, no go more than My Hero Academia. That does sound pretty crazy. Well, but Hikaru no go has been around for way longer, but it just seems yeah. kind of crazy, you know. Anyway, um, so there's some interesting stuff here. Golden Kamui, five point three million. Anyway, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting to one point nine million for Clear Card. 
right? So that's like 250,000 per volume. Uh, oh, no, actually it's like almost, it's almost 500,000 per volume um, out of the four they have. So I don't know. So these are interesting. You guys ready to move on? Yeah. Okay. Augie, you there? Yes. Yes. Sharing please. this one yes. for you. Check out 400 cover arts of Kadokawa's new type anime magazine in a special clip. Oh yeah. This, I shared this Did for you. Did you ever get this translated? Sorry, what? I shared this to you. I was asking for a translation, but what was going on with oh, it? Oh, did you share this to me? Yeah, I shared it to you straight from the YouTube. I follow uh, Katakawa. Oh, I didn't. I don't remember you sharing this to me. I just saw this yeah, when I was yeah. going what, through the article. What's articles. going on with the ad? Like, what's it aside from the four hundredth volume? Is uh, five star stories? Think they were just. I think they were just celebrating that they've had. 400 issues. This is the 400th special. So they showed all all the previous issue uh, magazine uh, covers throughout the years. uh, On the front there, the five-star stories, I really want to know if there's more info on the anime that they're allegedly trying to make. Yeah, well, I mean, has five-star stories been re-released yet? They're making new chapters. It's to get on DVD over here. We ha- we got it on DVD. Just it's a full paper. It's box. just difficult. It's just difficult to get. So hold on. I'm getting, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting feedback regarding the re-zero thing. Uh-oh. We are getting feedback as I speak. This just in. Captain, Captain, what did they say? There is banding on the Blu-ray release. Pretty noticeable too. Really too bad. Uh, maybe we can get fixed discs for the set. Not sure about the DVDs if they are like this. I'm assuming the bigger well, the, the DVD, DVDs the worse are, it would be as well. I don't think the DVDs can get worse because the banding is still higher compression than the DVDs. Like yeah, their masters. So, ooh, oh my god. Okay, no, she took a picture of this. That's why it looks bad. She well, okay. Hold on. I didn't get to my analysis of it now that I'm actually seeing it. So there's one thing in common with every single one of these. Dark scenes. Dark scenes always, you know, you see some compression. Yeah. So let me like, see if I can... In some of these scenes, it's a lot worse. Like, in some scenes, it's worse than others. But, like, you know, it's not going to be too bad unless you have a really big screen or if you're really close to it. Yeah, give me a second. I'm like, gonna... the, the first one does actually look pretty bad. I will say, though, if... If you have like Japanese Blu-ray masters that look as good as the Japanese, that looks fantastic. But you know, the banding I think is pretty negligible. Yeah, that looks. Yeah, that okay. Looks like well, hold on. Just hold on. A disco scene to he it. took a picture of her TV to show this. Okay, ah. so this is probably being caused by no, 100% the photograph of the of the TV. Okay, let so me just I say, Funimation that... released it like that finally. They shouldn't be in business. She's talking about the banding that's occurring. Okay, it's noticeable, is what she's saying. So yeah, this yeah. is how do you? Okay, seriously, what's happening to uh, the quality control department of things? You know, the companies like Funimation. It's like they get to a level where they're so big they just skimp on this stuff because it's like cheaper. It's cheaper. Brad, you're skipping. Redo. They say you're right. skipping. I'm skipping. Cheeseburger. What? Yeah. Can you hear me? I heard Brad. Did you the say whole cheeseburger? 
You heard me the whole time? Okay. So, Augie, it's on you. Um, so, companies like Funimation, they get to this okay. size where it's it's cheaper to, um, to like, issue a reprint of the disc than to continue to employ full-time quality control people or something. I, I can't believe something like this on a show like ReZero, which, one, again, bigger one. it's largely just memes about it. You know, like the I Love Amelia and all that stuff. It's largely yeah. just memes. But still, I think that it's... A, you have to understand a lot of people like myself. I bought the show because people were talking about it because right. I want to be in on the joke. I want to get why people make these jokes. And when somebody tries to bring the meme to life, you know, when they talking to me at a convention or something, I want to know what that means, you know? So a lot of people are buying the show because of the popularity from the memeing that happened. Right. And I just, it's unbelievable that you would drop the ball and let alone Viz with Sailor Moon. How the hell did that happen? Right? Yeah. I'll have well, to it hear is that to- another time. It is Toei, but any more I'm articles. Saying, like, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, if if I owned a business, and I, I would never allow product to, to be released like that. In fact, I do have a business, and I, I had an issue with our stickers where I had them recall. I sent them back. You know, I made the people who had a had a hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. I made them reprint over um, like six thousand stickers. You know, because right. they didn't listen when I had them do it. When I told them what we were going to use it for, and I showed them like I, I, I can't sell these because of the way you guys decided to put tape over. Were there any more articles? Um, we have one last thing to talk about. Okay, and it's another. It's the thing about J List. So. Let me get this going. I'll just say real quick. I think Anime Works has some of the best Blu-ray quality releases that I've seen. They right go stuff, upwards. Right Stuff makes those, I think. They do? Well, in any I've, case... I've it's, heard Right Stuff authors those. Anyway, go ahead. They, they have fantastic Blu-rays because they go over 30 megabytes per second regularly, which is really pretty big for anime because Funimation and Sentai do like 20, 25 on the average. So I think that's really nice. So real quick though, the Blu-rays that Anime Works does make are for shows that are not usually that long. I'm talking about 12 Kingdoms in particular. Oh, I haven't actually watched it. I didn't think about that one actually. I was thinking about like Yosuga Nosara, which way over there i'm not gonna go get it anyway um but uh but yeah they for a lot of them like um they just they're of the ones also are blue eyes are for shorter shows yeah so maybe back when they did 12 kingdoms maybe that was still when they may have actually made them themselves i don't know but from what i've heard um like the kite blu-ray a lot of their adult titles that they've been doing on blu-ray i've heard that those are being done through right stuff so i'm just putting that out there anyway so uh let's get on to this last article here last controversial stuff so there's a controversy with j-list so they published an apology over something they did you know i'm realizing i might get in trouble for post- okay looks like there's nothing too bad on the side here so basically i'm not going to go ahead and read the whole thing but they got in trouble because some busybodies started to call them out for using fan art and not crediting the artists. Um, and I'm going to tell you why that's bullshit. But first, I want to show you some examples of their, quote, stolen work. Uh, Otaku So sent me these. 
Of so, course, he'd be the one with this story. So here's um, here's what they use. So they've got like a twenty five dollar off like coupon. This came from this Pixiv illustration. God, I hope there's nothing bad on the side. Where they were throwing this, right? Okay. This one is very similar. It came from a Pixiv illustrator who who drew this, right? Um, and these are private DMs, uh, and I'm I'm using this one. Like, ignore this person. I'm using this one because then I can click the link without it going to this person's uh, backdrop here because it's straight up pornographic, and I, I just. It, I don't want to risk it. I don't want to risk accidentally clicking away and having it go. Got it. So these DMs are cancer to get through. So for your viewing pleasure, now the links are there if you want to go through them and, and view them that way. But for your viewing pleasure, I have compiled them in Photoshop. So we have an easier time getting through them. <laughs> okay. So now I just want to say real quick, the person that's talking to JList is Korean and their English is not very good. Okay, and anybody who English is not their first language or, or whatever language they're talking to you in is not their first language, they're going to sound retarded. Okay, but it just acknowledge that, especially in text, they come across sounding like they have low intelligence, but that's not reflective of their actual intelligence level. Right. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to basically translate this into a better vernacular to sort of bring them up to the same level as what JList is saying. And I just want to go through this real quick. Um, and talk about why there. this is sort of a gray area and, and whatnot. So anyway, they said in the, in the, like, there's a lot of stuff intentionally omitted from this um, conversation, but this is what they shared. They said, delete it or pay us for this. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why this is controversial uh, once we get to the bottom, but Jayla said, Hey, uh, thanks for opening a dialogue with us. Are we to understand that you are the artist of this image? Yes. So Jalis said, you should know that you've been contacted by a person who has a hatred of our company and is trying to destroy us. So they are contacting artists and saying that we are using their art without permission. We disagree because we are sharing the art, making it available to many fans, and of course are providing a link back to your website. To which this person says, I don't need it. You didn't even ask me to use it. Right? Um, and then Jalis replied, we make no profit off of any kind for using these images, and we really respect the artists who make great art and like to send them users from the internet. I can check the click rates, but usually somewhere around 2,000 to 3,000 fans click the source link and then become fans of your website following you on Pixomatic. I don't need your help to increase followers. So um, Jalis responds, so there's a problem. You ask us not to share your images, which we brought about by a third party, um, which we brought about by a third party who wants to harm our business, not help you or anything. But there is a share button right on the Pixiv page. So this is kind of worded weirdly, but from what I gather from reading this whole thing, just to clarify, somebody basically saw an image that they recognized, went to the artist and said, you should be outraged about this. They're using your work without permission or, or whatever. Like they're just like, as JList is saying, it's somebody who doesn't like JList and wants to tear them down. Very similar to the thing we discussed regarding uh, new life, young again in another world, right? Where it's somebody just with the desire to destroy them uh, and that they're creating this controversy. They're stirring the pot and everything, right? So they're saying, not to help you or anything, 
that 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 third person uh, that did that wants to harm J-List and not actually help the other person. That's not really what's behind their motives. And they said, but there is a share button right on the Pixit page. Anyone could, including us, share the image through the share button. I believe that while the share button is there, it's difficult for us to remove images as it creates a problem. Anyone could share it again since the button is there. Okay, now real quick, let me jump to uh, an example. And I'm really hoping that I don't have issues with uh, these links, but um, get out of that. So, so for instance, this is, this is Pixit. This is the website. You can tweet it, right? And you'll tweet out uh, direct links to it and everything. And and this actually right here has the uh, title of the image and the artist name right here for it, right? Uh, hashtag Pixip. So it's, it's basically like any social media sharing thing where like when you share, um, when you like uh, a video on YouTube and it automatically shares it uh, to your Twitter, it yeah. says, I like you, you know, hashtag, all that kind of stuff. So that's, they're saying that because this is here, you, you really shouldn't be able to complain about this. Although that's not to say that uh, you don't have a right to at least ask somebody, hey, I'd appreciate it if you took my artwork down. That's not, I'm not saying in any way that an artist doesn't have the right to at least say that. Okay. Of course. Um, but uh, I'm just saying that he has a great point that these share buttons are here. Right now, back to the conversation. The conversation. Come the. Okay. Anyone can share it again since the button is there. And then this is kind of a weird thing to bring up, but this literally did happen the day it happened. He said, Congrats on the big news with North Korea, by the way. That was great. So, in general, do you like being manipulated by others? Because we believe the person who contacted you is trying to manipulate you in ways that are not good for you or other artists. And then uh, the person responds, I don't understand. First, I live in South Korea. And second, your site is a profit shopping mall. It isn't polite. Isn't it polite to get uh, permission, even if you're going to share digital paintings in the first place? So um, real quick, uh, come on, don't be dumb. Obviously, denuclearization of the North Korean coast, which, first of all, I think is bullshit anyway. Yeah, I don't think that they actually have. Listen to me. Artist in the Listen to me. Company. I don't think I don't think that North Korea actually really has threat threatening nuke capabilities they all they're they're all been a, an absolute disaster if they were actually going to cause damage it would be by accident but um this person should recognize that it is a big deal the denuclearization of the north korean coast but regardless they're saying that your site is a profit shopping mall uh and don't you think it's polite to at least ask permission right and then um so real quick uh this is an assumption being made that J-List knew that it was fan art and that they knew um, that like they got the image from specifically the person's website or from Pixiv where their, where their um, artist is being listed. So they go right. on to say another question. Do you know about websites like Domburu, Chansonkaku.com with, uh, or I think there's a, there's a, a line cut out here, but they basically go on to say other various Russian image boards. These are image boards who probably have your works there right now. They are sites that scrape Pixiv and store all the images with keywords. I can check later to see if your images are there. Usually they are. These sites do not count the Chinese sites, which are even worse. Okay, so real quick, uh, and then I'll, this will be probably the last time I have to switch back and forth here, but um, I actually looked on Donboru, Gelboru, Chansaku, and I, I found... Um, oh, shoot. shoot. I clicked on... Hold on. Uh, let me... Here, I'll do it this way. 
I forgot to show you. Um, I forgot to show you the thing. Let me let me grab it real quick. So uh, they're going to go on to talk about uh, at the end. They're going to post this thing right here, right? So this is the artwork, particularly that they're upset about that was taken. Okay, so you can see the artwork here. Um, so I found it on Don Boru, Gel Boru, Chan Sanka, and. and Actually, I'm, I'm not going to show you the one on... You can use the link yourself. I'm not going to show you the one on Chan, Sankaku because the images around it are things I'd have to blur the stuff later. Sensor. But just to show you real quick, um, I found it here on Don Boru. Okay, now, for the record, this is the artist's name, Tuxedo Decat. Uh, it is... Oh, shoot, my, my, my headphones are going dead. Hold on. So it is actually credited here. And it happens to also be credited on the others because I searched specifically the artist name to find these to make a point. Um, but having been on these on on Don Boru and stuff before, I can tell you that there are plenty of artwork out there that instead of having the artist tagged, it says artist source needed or something like that. All right. So there are plenty out there where people do not know the artist name. And in this case, it's a fan artist. But there are artists like my favorite artist. Um, God, I always forget his name. So it's, Satoshi Urishihara, um, his he's an official artist, right? For stuff, his artwork is on the site too. You know, so it's not necessarily that you always know something's not official artwork. Like if I were to look at this, I wouldn't necessarily know that this is fan art. You know what I mean? Like I mean, maybe somebody out there who's an aficionado of this stuff would, but I wouldn't. Okay, um, and then it's also on uh, Yande.ray, right? So just to prove that point there, and uh, I'll go back now to finish uh, discussing what is said in the DMs. Uh, so they talk about uh, all that stuff. And then they said, our policy is to never advertise any product with an artist picture. So we do not post your image with a link saying, click here to buy this product because that would be bad. In a link about a product, we will show something else, usually the product photographer. So, uh, I think he meant something else here and probably phrased this in a way to try to deflect uh, to where he shouldn't have said this. First of all, I'll just say he's definitely wrong here because the person says um, they go on to show the image here, right? Like you already did that. Um, and uh, they they're so they're selling an, uh, an item here. We have some new figures up for pre-order of your favorite love live girls. Check them out at, right? So they have a link to where you can buy them. And then they have artwork that they're using um, to, to show, uh, the stuff and it's for, um, that particular image that the person was upset about. And it has a link to that person's Pixiv page where you can actually, um, look at the image, right. And, and follow the artist, which is the thing he's talking about when he's talking about the click rates and about 2000, 3000 people go back. Right. So, um, but here's the thing now, right after this, where he talked about the policy, he goes on to talk about we now this is a Twitter DM, but he goes on to talk about we run the J list Facebook page to have fun and show interest, uh, interesting art and memes slash jokes to fans. But we do not advertise with your art or anyone's art. So this particular statement here, it's possible that because the the statement about about this stuff didn't come until at the end. Right. And then again. The response to him showing this is not shown in the DMs. We do not know what was said after this. This is very selectively chosen, particularly to make the artist look better and not Jayless. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that Jayless is in the right here, um, but there are two ways to look at this thing, and it is being 
depicted in a very one-sided way. So just to clarify, um, these, he goes on to say, uh, you advertised using my, my artwork already on Twitter. Um, and then uh, after that, and again, this I can't tell if this is actually what the next message was. Um, uh, or if there was more to the conversation or not, but they went on to say the person who contacted you is probably lying. This is a person, an internet troll who has been following us for a long time, referring to this person they know that has been trying to to damage and disparage their site. Okay. Now, um, then the person shared this. And again, this isn't in the DM. This is them showing it to, to Twitter followers. And then this has gotten blown up everywhere and everything right now. So I mentioned earlier that, in order to not be a starving artist, you have to be an artist and a businessman. Okay. Now the thing is the very first thing they said is delete it or pay us. First of all, this is fan art of love, life, sunshine. Okay. That's right. You it's can't make money off of official IPs as a fan artist. It is not legal. Okay. Now granted anime expo turns a blind eye to the artist alley because there's a ton of money being made off of, off of fan art. Right. But I'm just saying <laughs> they don't have a leg to stand on here regarding pay us. Right. You can ask them to delete it. That's fine. You know, and the thing is about about JLS is on their Facebook page, because you can edit posts on Facebook. If they post something, like I said, if you find something that is like, for instance, if you shared the uh, um, there's one more thing, actually, if you shared uh, artwork. Um, that J-List saw, like for instance, if if they didn't see this on Pixiv, if this was posted on Twitter or on Facebook out of context without letting them know that there was a that it was fan art or something. Um, first of all, obviously this person doesn't have the rights to the Toho character. This person doesn't have the rights to, to the Madoka um, Magica character. But in the event, first of all, almost nobody who sees that art. Uh, is actually going to care particularly about the artist, right? Um, and the yeah. thing is that, first of all, J-List on, on Twitter alone has a, almost 170,000 followers. So from the perspective of an artist, now, again, they have every right to be upset about somebody using their artwork without crediting them. They have every right to ask them to take it down. They have every right to hold the position that they do. I'm just saying that as an artist myself, the way that they're approaching this is counterproductive to themselves. Okay. You can ask for people to commission for you if they want something like this done where the character is holding something instead of just using your illustration and Photoshopping it themselves. But in the, the case of people not knowing who this is, if somebody actually cared and wanted to know who the artist of this was, watch this. All you have to do, search Google for image Look for one of these. Look, uh, so that's Pinterest. That's not going to be helpful. But you could find, let's see, pretty easily, I think, who the artist was. Of course, the links are different than they were yesterday. So you find out, obviously, it's from Madoka Magica. What is Mystic Messenger? Mystic Messenger is some, like, a visual novel dating sim for women on the mobile. Yeah, I just I find it weird that this is in the thing. Oh god, oh god, I'm not gonna do this. Um, um I let me put it this I found the image uh, easily. 
without without having to look too hard. Okay, so you can find you can find uh, the artist. I, I I was able to get back to the Pixiv very quickly, finding the artist's name and everything through the. I didn't even find it through Pixiv. I literally found it through another site like Donbaru. Okay, and then I found the artist name that way, and then I linked that back to Pixiv. It's not that hard for anybody who actually wanted to be able to find um, who the uh, artist was. It's not that hard for anybody who actually cared. They would know how to do this. Okay, so um, also, and but again, this right here is not. This is not good uh, of them, and and this is. But it takes the the sort of thought policing of believing that they knew ahead of time this was fan art, you know, which I think is I think is a stretch. Okay. Um, and regarding the, uh, um, the other artwork, like I said, you can't ask them to pay you for fan art, you know, because you don't have any right to make any money off it. And it's sort of the double standard. It's kind of like, like, um, and like, let's take anime YouTube, for example, an anime YouTuber can, can download illegally a show, use clips of it in their review, post it to YouTube and be protected by fair use. And then they go and complain when anime snob takes their content and makes a video out of it where they, where he makes it transformative and does a criticism of their, of their review. Right. And then they get upset about that. It's like, you can't hold that double standard. Now, from the perspective of being an artist, your brand, the important thing is actually getting your brand out there. The truth is that the vast majority of people on the planet for most artists, they're not ever going to know who you are, but if they see your artwork, uh, and they and they it starts to permeate the atmosphere a little bit around them. Then they're more receptive to your next piece that they see, and eventually it can turn into a follower. You know, so in reality, I'm just saying that that the reason this came back on because this is something that literally everybody does. I mean, memes get made, all this crap happens. This is the internet. You know, wake up and, and smell the roses. This is the internet. And the only reason that this came back onto J-List is particularly because they're a company and they can be held accountable. So I don't think that they did anything particularly wrong. But again, this is just like with the new the new life uh, thing. This is all based on evidence that I particularly have seen, that I presented here. Um, and if there's probably more stuff out there that might change my opinion, that there might be more damning evidence, other DMs, which by the way, I wouldn't want to see through just screenshots because they can be altered through code sourcing um, and stuff. It's easy to make, make it look like somebody said something that they didn't say, but I'm just saying that there might be other evidence out there that would, that would show that this was, you could even say vindictive on their behalf. Okay. But uh, I just, mm -hmm. I don't think that it's valid to, uh, to criticize, especially because what JList does is a tremendously beneficial service to, um, uh, to these, artists and look it's their right to choose whether or not they actually allow jlist to like if, if jlist knows who the artist is they should probably ask for permission right and it's every right of the artist to say no um and it's it's their right to ask for money um i mean if it's fan art they that's kind of illegal but it's every right for them to ask for compensation but the truth is that jlist is operating from a place where the the um, compensation that they give you is the fact that they have 170,000 followers and that way trumps any monetary value you would ask them to give you in a lot of ways. So it, I'm just saying that, you know, biting the hand that feeds you kind of thing. Like, yes, you have the right to complain about it. You have the right to feel icky about it. You have the right to ask them and take it down. But in reality, 
as an artist, you have to understand the business behind it and, and recognize that if your art gets chosen, it's actually significantly more beneficial to you to have J-List share your stuff than to have you ask them for even $25 and have them just say, no, nah, it's okay, and move on to somebody who's going to let them do it for free because they recognize the value of being shared on a place that has 170,000 followers. Okay, From so what you that's just all I'm going to say about it. Again, every, they have every right to do what they want to do, but I, it is counterproductive. Um, and as an artist and somebody who is in this field and has learned the ins and outs of, you can be a starving artist or you can learn how to value your work properly. Um, you gotta, you gotta be a capitalist. You gotta be a businessman. And you gotta approach things differently. Anyway, well, that's fine and dandy. But at least for J, for what you show, at least J Lee J List talked back to them, try to communicate with them. Right. True. Even though the person who said that they're the artist, I don't know how they proved that to them, but the Twitter, person could have... their Twitter page had their artwork and linked back. Yeah, they they were they proved it. I, I don't think that that's that's not that's a moot point. But go ahead and continue with your point regarding well, the proving it. Probably not moot for the conversation, but like reader looking in. And am I really looking at so the? What you're saying person? is that anybody could claim to be the artist. But Anyone can claim to be the artist. Okay. So to your point, continue. The only reason I'm saying that is the first thing that we see see is. This is my art. Pay me. Yeah. Which that could could have flagged as a scam, or it could have right. flagged as the creator. At right. that point, that's how they want to judge it. Yeah, and and also, as I said, there's a lot of context to the conversation. They intentionally chose not to show. And right. those screen grabs were not coming from a cell phone, by the way. They were coming from um from uh um a desktop version. Now it's possible that they chose not to compile everything the way that I did in Photoshop, because once you post that on Twitter, you can't read it because it gets too small. Uh, I tried to link it into the articles uh, document. Um, and when I posted it on Facebook, it, it was unreadable, you know, because Facebook has that stupid thing where you click on it, it goes full screen, but then you can't zoom in or anything. Right. So it's bad. I get right. it. I get it. They may have chosen to do it that way, but I'm just saying it was very selectively chosen uh, to not show what was above that in the conversation and to not show what was below it. I don't know what was said. Could have been unnecessary. Could have been irrelevant. That's fine. And again, like I said, they have every right. They have every right to to say, hey, take it down or, or whatever. You know, they've got every right to say that. And J-List, I think, is, is willing to comply, you know. And unfortunately, uh, in this case, the outrage of, of this artist who I think is making a mistake, I think that it is it is significantly more beneficial for an artist to be shared by J-List and gain followers because they do source the artwork when they know that it's fan art and when they know who the artist is. I've seen that no, from the entire time I followed them, you know? So, but what they've done, fine, what this person has done, mind, what this person there has done, some artists listen to me. don't care about profit. Okay, but what this person has done is that they have screwed over all those other artists. Because all those other artists, Jalis has taken down all the fan art stuff they've ever shared, and they're no longer going to be doing it in the future. So they have screwed over the other artists who were benefiting because they recognized that this was valuable to them. That's what I'm saying. So one person gets butt hurt and fucked over everybody else. That's why I'm upset about this. Because there is a significant okay. value to being shared, and they have fucked over everybody else. Anyway, let's talk about Tenchi. <laughs> 
Nice transition. All right. All right. So beginning with Tanchi, this was a AIC got done with bubblegum crisis and they were trying to look for something got else. Done. So this came Gundam. What? At the end, that didn't make sense. Did I say Gundam? I don't remember that. Yeah, you said Gundam. I think I said Bubblegum Crisis, or that's what I was trying to say. But it was apparently uh, based off of Bubblegum Crisis. Inspired. That's the word I'm looking for. It was both done by AIC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why it was inspired, though. So they were like, oh, we want to make something like this, I guess, or something. So they chose this project to to, uh, animate and try to get get another success. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Yes to what? Sorry, I'm just grabbing some Tenchi stuff so I can uh, so I can say yes to it and and uh, be able to talk about the new series we'll be going over for the Watch Club next week and all that. So I'm just getting. Prepared for that because I had it in the other room because I've been watching it. So, all right, so we're going Stop. to be talking about OVA series one, OVA series two. OVA series one has all well, the characters come together. Them? Here, why nah. don't you guys let me um, give a quick spiel about it? Uh, because I've, I'm going to have a lot less to say. But you've been um, talking and, for the past three hours. I know. But if, if you give me just a minute, I can get through it real quick because um, I, have, I have a different opinion about. Um, Tenchi than I did with Photon that I think would be valuable to just um, get out there real quick. Uh, And that is that, uh, first of all, I watched the Funimation Blu-ray, which uh, as FDDM was probably going to point out when he got to it, uh, it says DVD on both of these, even though it says Blu-ray on the actual thing. Yeah, but they use the DVD symbol instead of the Blu-ray symbol on that. But um, what I want to get about that is that I have said in the past that I wasn't eager to jump onto Blu-ray when anime was first converting because of the fact that when I watch anime, I kind of like that it looks sort of old and grainy and stuff. And I don't want it to, I don't want to see it with perfect lines. All right. The Blu-ray for this looks for lack of a better word, shitty, but it looks like, you know, it looks like it was filmed and not cleaned up, you know, cause that's how they, when you animate with cells, you actually use a camera to film the cell and do stop motion basically, but with cells, right? I know you, you're, saying because it's a it's a really clean transfer but the thing is it has all the grain exactly and i and and that actually has completely changed my opinion regarding anime blu-ray of older titles because there are some like um what did because discotech goes above and beyond we've established that with um arcadia of my youth that thing looks like it was animated last year I mean, it looks freaking gorgeous compared to the original release. Um, in this particular case, I was really surprised to see that it looked clean, but the thing that I like about watching old shows was preserved rather than overwritten by a cleanup job. Because Funimation you like Escaflone's Blu-ray then? Because they, I think they added a grain filter. I'm not sure. Oh, well, I don't know about that, but um, but the thing is, sure. it looks the Let's same way forward. that Tenchi's does essentially. Well, I'll check it out at some point, but um, the Dragon Ball Z brick sets, um, they actually ran a filter through it that pi- that picked up like hair in the film gate and everything uh, and, and stuff to, to get rid of squiggles. And occasionally it would actually remove a character's mouth. 
right? So they actually had to go in and, and sort of do things by hand to try to make sure that didn't happen. Um, so that's the kind of stuff I actually would prefer that that's left in personally for a lot of Blu-ray things. But there are some situations where you can do such a dang good job that I'll, I'll forgive it and would actually prefer in the case of Arcadia, I get to see it that way. So I'm just saying it, my opinion on that thing that I've stated in the past has changed a little bit. All right. So I just want to mention that. Now, real quick, I'll just say um, the first OVA series, which is episodes one through six, and then there's a DVD special for episode seven. Is that correct? That's how the first series goes? Okay. So the first six episodes felt like they watched themselves. Like it was was really easy to get through the first OVA. The second OVA felt like I couldn't get through it. It just dragged on and on and on. Um, And I think some of the episodes were actually longer. That might've been one of the reasons why, but um, like, for instance, when I got to the final episode, there was like an hour left in the disc when I was on the final episode. So um, it was kind of a real quick. I'll just, uh, I just noticed a comment here. Otakuso said, did they use Google translate? I'll just say, I don't think they did referring to the DMS specifically because when it came to the, they actually corrected a spelling error in the last word. It seemed like something where you typed it fast and then, Oh shoot. And then fixed it. Right. So I don't think that was a a Google translate thing. I think it was just that English was their second language. Anyway. um, So back to uh, um, Tenji. Um, so that, that was my opinion of the Blu-ray and everything. And um, the first OVA, again, I'm not a big fan of Tenchi, but I'll say music is great, both the opening and the ending. Voice acting was phenomenal for a lot of the characters. Love Ryoko's voice. Um, Washu. Are you, talking about, are you talking about the sub or the dub? The dub. Oh, the okay. Dub. Love the voice of, of uh, Washu, Ryoko, Sasami, uh, I do not care about Ayaka at all. Um, she, she, I don't. As far as I'm concerned, the, the show could be better without her, kind of thing. Um, her dub, her dubbing voice, like no, no offense to the actress, but it just, it's, it, it didn't do it's anything. It's not really for me. odd. It just, it didn't do anything for me. Um, She's supposed Tenchi, to be prim and proper, but I, I think that there is a bit of. Uh, I never liked Tenchi, not even when it was on Toonami. I've said this in the past. I you I used to sit through Tenchi just because I wanted to watch whatever show was after it. You know, like I'd watch Dragon Ball Z or something before it. Tenchi would come on. I'm like, oh great, sit through Tenchi, then get to the show that's after. Maybe Outlaws or I don't know. You know what I'm talking about though, right? So there's that yeah. was that was something that to me I wasn't really a big fan of it. But the vo- there's I guess maybe a nostalgia to it where um, it's just it's because it's an older show uh, in an older dub. Maybe it, I don't know if Ocean Group did or whatever, but I there was some charm to. The, like Tenji has kind of an almost a nasally voice at times. I don't know. There's something about it that I kind of liked. Although I will say that Tenchi's um, Tenchi's personality drastically changes from episode one to the rest of it. Episode one, he's kind of mischievous and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to go into the tomb," and then, "Oh no, Ryoko's out here," and then the rest of it's like he's a whole different person. You know, so that was That's a little a bit whole weird. different person that like- he becomes. Good. Oh, I, I was just saying, what's the whole pers- different person he becomes? Because he, I think I was so into, focused on the other characters. Well, he turns into the 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 protagonist of a harem after episode one, is what happens. In episode one, it's setting up the premise, and he has this weird streak in him where he's like mischievous, and he goes looking okay. into the tomb. I cut and out then as soon slides. as he said, he turned into a protagonist. But I think I know what you were saying. No, he turns into the protagonist of a harem. Okay, yeah. So he becomes that that do good guy who all the girls fall in love with for really no reason. He turns into that character after episode mm. one. Episode one is completely so different because he he's, he's being hunted by Ryoko. It's a whole person. different show. Go ahead. 
to me, his character turns into a much more braver person. You see him be mischievous, but throughout his, let's just say OVA one arc, you see him try to get out of chores. Then all of a sudden he's kind of getting into more of his chores. You see him kind of cower away more from a fight, but then when Kagato shows up, he kind of grows more courageous to try to save the girls. I think a lot of it is him just becoming more resistant to all of the BS he has to deal with now that the girls are around. So he's just kind of like trying to uh, persist or whatever it is. Sustain himself. I kind of like the fact that in episode one, when he fights Ryoko out on the school grounds, it was almost similar to the fight scene from Mega Man when he fought Pharaoh Man. Like they clashed, then Ryoko just punched him out of the way. Uh, so two things real quick. Re- yes. uh, earlier I brought up where Otakuso said, did they use Google Translate? That was in reference to the translation of Mind's tweets, not not the other thing. So um, I, they may have. If they had access to those tweets, because the thing is that those were images, not text. You couldn't actually um, copy. Because what I was doing was I was creating the, the kanji using a, a service where you can actually draw the kanji and it gives you the actual typed out text form. Yeah. So unless they did that and use Google Translate, I don't know, but... Um, yeah, it's to, just because I brought that up earlier. But um, the thing about Tenji, what I was saying about how he becomes the protagonist of a harem, uh, this is something that Augie's not going to get, but FDDM, I think you're going to get perfect thing. Remember how the main character of Clannad is kind of mischievous? Like, uh, he's yeah. kind of an asshole, but in a funny way, you know? Yeah. As well as being a very likable character. Tenji right. starts out that way with his mischievous nature where he goes into the tomb and everything, and then that's gone for the rest of the series. That's what I'm saying. Hmm. I, I think a lot of it has to do with how they're focusing on all these new characters that come in and right. stuff. Yeah. That it's it just distracts from everything. It's not, it's not necessarily a sticky build the characters as they continue on. You'll see with Kagato, how this shines mm-hmm. in arc one, arc two, you kind of lose a little bit with, the, the Dr. Clay character, because it's not really about him. It's more about how do they develop the universe? What's this academy all about? Why is the robot acting different? Then in three, when we get to that, you'll notice that there's not a lot of build up to a main problem. In in uh, Ryooki, you mean? Tenshi yes. Ryo-Oki? Yeah, the one okay. that's titled Ryooki in so... North America. I think that these are based on light novels, yeah? The first one? Uh, probably. Light yeah, novels, but this is, pro- out of all the series that we've talked about, this is probably one that can might blend in more with the American comic book, how you have this one character like, let's say, Batman. He can have a different origin per story in a different start. Just like with Tenchi, he can have a different origin or a different start as to how the conflict or whatever happens to get the group of people together. Yeah. Um, so... Oh, uh, light novel, if we're talking about the true Tenchi Moyo one that's coming over, that was made in 1997. This was 1992, so I'm to believe that the light novel is based off the anime. I don't know. Okay, well, what I was going to say is that I feel like what I watched in the first OVA might have made a lot more sense in light novel form. Because I listened to the audiobook for the light novel of Kizumonogatari, and then I watched Kizumonogatari 
And I could see them strategically cutting stuff out. And what they ended up resulting with was a much more condensed version, but it still told the story well, right? In Kizumonogatari. With Tenchi, I feel like what I watched, it felt segmented in a weird way where I could kind of imagine that if if, if the light novel is first, which um, uh, I, I feel like it was, but maybe you're, the date you're seeing is not the uh, Japanese release, but maybe it's the... like It's on my anime list, release? so I don't, I don't know, know where they got it. I'm just saying that if it had come first, I would imagine that it could make a lot more sense. To the, I could make a lot more sense of the story. Because there's a lot of stuff. Like, Washu, it's like, I feel like I rewound it like seven times. And I and I I do have this issue when I'm watching shows because of, of the way that I end up having... I have pockets of time during the day. Like, hold the baby while I make dinner. Okay. Holding the baby, watching, watching like five minutes of the episode uh, kind of thing. Right? Mm-hmm. I do have stuff like that where it gets a little segmented and it does get hard to follow. But I felt What's like I, no matter how hard I tried to, to understand where Washu came from and who that was, I felt like I never got the origin story right when, I, when, it was in, when she was introduced. You know what I mean? She's the Just, genius I whatever 20,000 years ago and right. she created Ryoki and... She created Ryoki and Ryo- Ryoko. Yeah, I get yeah. that, Yoko but it's weird because I feel ship. like I watched the origin story of Ryoko, and she's this demon who's done all these bad things. Oh, but it's okay because the statute of limitations just happens to run out for literally all of her crimes at the same moment, uh, and uh, it just seemed like it was conflicting the storyline. You know, that, yeah, like, you know, she's left the bill. I felt that last thing was kind of weird as well. Statute like, of limitations thing. Oh yeah, we'll just write this off if Tenji wins. Oh, that was completely separate. That was completely separate. Uh, I'm separate. talking like literally episode two when Ayaka shows up. They're like, um, they're like her. Uh, here's here's uh, Ryoko, this demon character who's responsible for all these crimes. We're gonna go get her. Oh, but her her statute of limitations runs out in five, four, three. Two. Oh no, she's innocent now. Or you know, basically, I can't be tried in Jiraiyan courts and everything. And it was just like. What the, f- what the heck? You I'm know, well, getting a little bit more into Ayaka. You mentioned about how it feels like some stuff is lost in translation. I feel like that's one of the main flaws with Ayaka. With what you said, AC, that's a common complaint a lot of people have because she just shows up and feels snobby, or a lot of people keep saying that she's bitchy. But I feel like there's more backstory to her if she's telling the truth. For the record, that neither doesn't explain the character or that well. Or just for the record, but go ahead. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, let's see. So out of the girls, I would say Ryoko would shine for the most part. Then she shines a lot more than this. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then you have uh, Mahoshi, who's depending on how they feel. In the episode, she's either a Jill of all trades or worse than Dee Dee and Dexter's oh, Lab. Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention Mihoshi. I like her um, character, too. I like her You do or don't? I do. Uh, although, oh. I will say, Intergalactic Police. Yes. Like, they need what to. A- I feel like there was like a quota they needed to reach with female <laughs> officers, because <laughs> she is not a good, a good officer for for an intergalactic detective. Didn't you hear that? Like her grandfather is like running something or other in the galactic police force or whatever. No, well, they did say her. 
And just foreshadowing, uh, Galaxy Police Force is what GXP is based on. So right, that'll be my uh, There are two Tenjis they don't have. Well, three if you count the new one. It's that one, Warren Gemini, and uh, so you have uh, all. Of, you don't have the best ones, is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have well, the Tenji either. And we'll talk about that later. Um, did you catch the hint that Washu is Mahoshi's ancestor? What What was the hint? Explain. Was that in, in the uh, last episode? Is that what you're trying to tell me? You said pay attention. The episode, the, was the, the episode with the baby. Where all the girls were taking care of the baby. Yes. Oh, yeah. And Washu mentioned that she had a child before. Oh, that geez. child was Mahoshi's great grandfather. There's some very bizarre incest in the entire show. Yeah, that's the okay. episode it's where you learn the age Tenchi, Tenchi's like grandfather or great grandfather is also the grandfather Ayaka's of Ayaka and Sasami, what? but through no. different wives. No, 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 no. So. Okay, yeah, that is very weird, the wives. But his grandfather, or great-grandfather, whatever it is, is the brother of Ayaka and Sasami, I guess, who is the son, no, half-brother, because he's the son of that one, the black-haired lady, and then the other lady is Sasami and Ayaka's mother. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's weird. I guess it's polygamous when you think about it, so that's... For the record, you just restated exactly what I said. Just I know, but you said his great grandfather was like the son of something no, else or something. His great grandfather was the was the father of Ayaka. Um, He's not the father of Ayaka, unless you're is. so Tenchi, Tenchi's dad, Tenchi's grandfather, which is the one that you okay, see a lot of in the show. I was talking then about Tenchi's his grandfather. Grandfather is the guy with the purple beard. Wait, hold on, the... I was thinking of it differently. I was thinking of great grandfather because. The way that his grandfather referred to Yosho in the beginning was his great great grandfather, whoever. So I was referring to him as that because he is Yosho. Okay, never mind. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Let's see. Y'all want to continue more with the girls or go into the bad guys? Well, I was I was thinking that I thought Brad was going to like finish up his thoughts because he hasn't even said they liked it or not yet. <laughs> Okay, so, like I said, OVA 1 was over before I knew it, and even, okay, so I I have, this is how my rating system usually goes. If I watch a show, and it's not spectacular, but at least I don't hate it, I'll give it a two and a half out of five. I don't care about quantitative ratings. Okay, but I'm just saying, that's, that's where my basis is. That's my average. Okay. Now I have this thing with, with stuff where I get really impatient on some shows and I click the button on the remote that tells me how much longer is in the disc. If I'm doing that, then I'll automatically go from two and a half to two because it means that I'm, I'm not being entertained enough that I feel like I want to just get it over with at times. Okay. Now there's other times when I do that because I want to, I'm hoping that there's a lot more left of the show. That's a whole different thing. In the case of the first OVA, I felt like it went way faster than I than I was expecting. That means 
I mean, unless the episodes were a lot shorter, I don't know, but that tells me that I would give it at least a three out of five instead of a 2.5 out of five. Okay. So I'm just saying that on a lot of shows that I would consider shows that are, they're okay shows. Like I'm glad I watched them, but they're not something I would ever rewatch or, or even really care about, but it's like, at least I didn't hate it. Right. Like it wasn't something that uh, it was something that I could pass the time with. Right. This show, I got through that first uh, OVA and it felt like it just watched itself. I got through it pretty quickly, you know, except for episode seven, which felt really out of place. Cause I thought, and I was actually upset with Funimation at first when I didn't realize this. I thought that episode seven was the beginning of the next OVA. And it felt stupid for them to put six episodes of the, that contained the entirety of the first OVA plus the next episode of the, of the second OVA on the first disc when they could have just put the entirety of the second OVA together on the second disc. Then I later realized that was actually the DVD special. Felt really out of place, but again, it was a DVD special. So I, I didn't feel too hot about the particular DVD special. I was just really shocked at the length because halfway through, I'm like, wait, is this still the same episode? Then I realized, wait, this is like, there's so much left. What yeah. happened? Except so that that's where I started to notice the time and started to be like, okay, is it over yet? You know? So I, I'll say I don't love... The series, Tenchi, I don't love the story, but I did have a nice sort of, I guess, nostalgia trip with the voice acting and stuff. Of I enjoyed the experience of watching the first six episodes, okay? The second half started to get to where I was getting into the fatigue, the Tenchi fatigue that I, I would say I get into, where I'm starting to be like, okay, I can't believe how long this show is. I can't believe how much more of it there is to go through. You know, I'm sort of getting irritated with like like not i just like it doesn't do anything for me and and what i was telling augie off camera something that i often notice with myself is that i'm not really a sci-fi fan at all so as soon as they were in outer space my brain sort of shut off i was gonna say your brain shut off yeah so when uh when they were talking to that guy in the enormous spaceship where he put his dr clay yeah. I don't recall like any of that conversation really. Uh, I don't I either to... for because when I saw that it was like all just because it was the introduction of all these random people you didn't know I was just like what is this? It wasn't because of sci-fi, it was just because of that. Well, th- that probably to to your point probably contributed a lot to it too. Um I'm just saying that I have a tendency to stop caring one stuff gets all sci-fi on me because it's just like, I feel, I've always felt like sci-fi in American movies when I was growing up, a lot of times they try to use it as an excuse to like, it's kind of like when I was saying on my tweets about My Hero Academia when I first started watching it, where it felt like the music was manipulating my emotions in the beginning, right? In the first season. So sci-fi, when I was growing up, a lot of the crap they were putting into kids' movies at the time felt like they were just making it sci-fi because it was a cheap way to, like, wow you. And I just always felt like I was being pandered to or something. I don't know. But I never liked it, right? right. So I use that as an example regarding going into outer space and stuff. I just feel like stuff is much more impactful when it's grounded into an Earth. Reality. I don't know. It just feels more real to me. Anyway. So, 
So it may not have been specifically that it went out into outer space that, that I say like it shut my brain off, but you're, you could be right though. What you were saying about them introducing all these characters and stuff, we're just like, I don't know who these characters are. I don't really care about these characters. Like I said, um, off camera, we discussed Subasa, and I said, you cannot win when the premise of your show is a character trying to get back their memories because I don't give a shit about their memories. I don't care when you start a movie and a character dies and the person's like, no, my wife or whatever. I don't know your wife. I have, I've I've had no time to learn if this person is admirable, somebody I should care about. You haven't given me that. Attack I don't care. Titan. You know what I mean? Yeah, just I don't give a shit. Like, you, you can't make me feel something for a character I've never seen until the moment that they die. You know? Right. So, to your point, when you start introducing all these characters, it's just like, for me, like, I don't know who these people are. You're trying to make me, you're trying to draw significance out of them and stuff, and it's like, it's like I don't care. You know, I just shut off. It just shut, it shuts off my brain. So, what I'm saying is that you could probably do Tenchi better. And maybe I, Tenchi Muyo, the new one, maybe that one's great. But I just feel like the execution in terms of the storytelling aspect, I feel like could have been done way better. Um, so maybe, maybe the I'll new be one. I'm curious to what you think of War on Geminar. Yeah. So it just, it's something like I'm, I'm willing to sit through all of them because as I said, with re zero, it's like, I want to know the meme. I want to know, I want to be able to communicate with people when they talk about it. Right. So I want to get through it. I want to get through all of them. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. I want to force myself to watch it for the podcast because otherwise I might do, I might do the first OVA and then just stop and, and wait like three years and then maybe come back to it. And I'll probably end up rewatching the first OVA because I don't remember where the disc ended or something. I, you know, it's that kind of stuff can happen with me, you know? Right. So I'm glad that we're forcing it this way and it would be great to get through the whole thing, but I don't, I just don't think that's going to happen, especially since probably a lot not. of the shows are hard to get now. Um, but We'll see. Well, at least most of them got a re-release. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything else in particular you wanted to say about it? Uh, I mean, you know, you guys, you guys are bringing up things that are that I, I have, you know, responses to. But yeah, my main point was just about the Blu-ray thing and how it really surprised me and drastically changed my opinion of how anime Blu-ray can be. So. And yeah. I was really pleased about that. There, there's one other thing I will say that in the second disc they have an omake. And the way it's phrased in the it's title, the second omake, yeah, but, it sounds but like it's the second the omake. So one. I'm like, Where there is, is no like, first one. I spent all this time looking. I looked through all the previous releases of of this sort of series. You looked on and Anime it, Planet and all of these resources, and were like, "Where is it?" And I was totally lost. And then it turns out that what they meant is that it's the omake of, of season the second two. OVA. Yeah. So that was poorly annoying. That's the that's my one legitimate complaint regarding the blu-ray because the other thing like i said where i didn't realize it was the dvd special because it felt like it was going into the second ova and all like that that's illegitimate because it turned out to be accurately properly put onto the blu-ray but with the other one yeah like i said so i have an interesting uh thing to say because uh the way you said you experienced it was how the first season kind of flew by until you got to the seventh episode which it Mm. started to get the fatigue yeah. I, as someone who's experienced Tenchi already, actually, I think it's important I say my how I watched it first. So the one titled Ria Oki in North America, which is actually season three of the OVA series, I thought that was the first series. So that's how I started Tenchi. <laughs> and boy, was that a mistake, because you just get into all of these characters that are already pre-established relationships and stuff. And I'm like, what? What's going on? <laughs> 
So I essentially got in right where season two's tone was, which is the daily events that happen and all the stuff, mm -hmm. whatever. But, you know, even without the context, I sort of grasped kind of everyone's relationship. And, you know, I thought some of the events were fun. So the way I, I already had that predisposition to, oh, this is what Tenchi is about, all these daily events and whatever funny stuff. Sort of slice of life so, in their world. Yeah. But the problem was I had no, like, origin stories. So mm -hmm. I was pleased with, uh, you know, watching this because I'm like, there, that makes sense. I know why Ryoko yeah. is a thing. I know all yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, the first, like, six episodes was so, so a lot more based on, like, establishing the characters and their origin stories, as you put it. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, hmm, this is good and all, but I'm kind of missing this whole slice-of-life, funny, awesome, whatever stuff. Mm -hmm. So then once episode seven came around, I was like, ooh, here's the Tenchi I remember. And I actually started almost enjoying it in some ways more okay. after that yeah, point yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So mine's like the inverse of what you experienced in yeah. a way. What about you, Augie? What is your opinion okay. on episodes? Whatever. For my character descriptions, go read my tweets or if Brad wants to show them at the end quickly. I'm referring to Briefly. the how you experienced Tenchi. How, how I experienced. Like how I experienced. the story. I experienced it was watching it on Toonami and just I just enjoyed it. For OVA one, this is the gathering of the characters. I enjoyed how they brought up the different characters, the different events. Kagato being the bad guy, they nailed the they nailed the bad guy. Hammer on that one, and probably the best choice to use for universe. Oh, shit. Yeah, I just realized I actually put all your tweets in the um, the moment, but I haven't published that moment yet. Oh. So let me get that going. So with that happening, so with all these characters gathering, seeing the different quirks and stuff, that's what made OVA one kind of have a magical feel to it, or a warm mm -hmm. or warmly feel. Uh, episode seven, y'all keep mentioning that one. What was the plot on that? That was one. That was one, I think. Is that when Miyahoshi left or whatever, and then came back? Um, hold on. Let me, uh, I'll, let me pull up the name of it real quick. It had a specific name. That, I think it was a festival. There's... Yeah. Festival. Carnival. Oh, the festival. Yes. I don't remember. Was there even the a festival? festival? Cause like it was three quarters of the way through and I'm like, wait, where's this carnival festival thing they're talking about? Yeah, Night that, before the carnival. Night before was... the carnival. There's a quote before that episode that Ryoko said that, I love how the English voice actress nailed it. It starts as um, she mentions that a carnival will come, will come. I'm doing a terrible job, but a carnival will come and go, but you enjoy it while it lasts. And that's before they have to go and deal with the carnival the next episode. Oh, I think that's a good metaphor for the entire series. It's basically just mm -hmm. a carnival. Yeah, I kind of wish pace going quickly going to the pace. Uh, the show ends, which is a bad thing because I kind of want the show to keep going on forever for me. But going into OVA two, OVA two has more world the building and 
and you get to understand the different areas, which I can kind of see your point with introducing these new characters, but at the same time, it has to be a plot somewhere. I more so mean like the characters, like the giant face that you just see for one scene and then never again, you're like, who the hell is that? Like Clay and the robot Zero, whatever Zero. their name was. Um, sure, at Zero. first it's jarring, but you, you eventually get to know kind of who they are. And Clay was more of a device, but, you know, Zero. So then you learn, oh, this is blah, blah, blah. They're a clone and stuff. Yada, yada. Big, to me, the big faces were like a hook plot for the viewer. You see this huge thing, you're like something something similar to like the Emperor from Star Wars or the giant head in the Wizard of Oz, just out of nowhere. You I see this thing. I see this thing have this omniscient presence around around this whole area. I think I was area. more confused because there were two new faces, so when swapping between the faces, I'm like, Who's talking? Who what's the significance of which character? I don't get it. Well, here's where you're supposed to get the introduction to the Chosen, which obviously in the background, you know who the next two were if you're watching the episodes at this point. I was going to say those silhouettes, I'm pretty sure they confirmed this in like season three, but it's pretty obvious who at least the left one was. Well, pretty obvious who both of them were. How great... how great was it when Tenchi had to fight the pink-haired gay guy for the hand of uh... <laughs> that was built was up, set it. up, and that was a joke in itself. Yeah, I love how Washi was like, "I bet on me, Hoshi." But on that last episode, the greatest part to me was finally seeing Ryoko's greatest weakness. Aika and Sasami's mother. Oh my god. Just how she was able to calm the, or was able to control, (laughs) hint, hint there, control the the feisty Ryoko in her ways and was able to manipulate her to see it their way, like especially showing the bill for all the damages that she caused. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, so um, I have kind of surprised y'all didn't like the development of Zero and Zero Ryoko. I like that. I thought that was dumb. In fact, let me. To, uh, that's actually Road a really. For you. What? To Roadrunner for you. Well, here's the thing. So again, it's it's a little bit hard. It can be difficult for me, particularly on shows that I don't feel like I can watch with my kids. Um, it's hard for me to watch it in a way where it's not kind of segmented, you know, because I just, because I'm up at night, it's like the place where I can watch shows, it's like my wife and daughter are sleeping in there, you know, and then during the daytime, it's just, it's just rough. Okay. So I felt like I remember watching Ryoko get captured and they made the clone version of her. Right. And then I felt like a couple episodes later, I'm like, did that ever get resolved and i'm thinking to myself like wait a minute what happened with it have i been watching all these episodes with this clone ryoko this whole time and then oh the zero God. thing came up and i'm like is this the clone is that why okay so that hat what's going on? so weird oh, but then, it's like, then it turns so out to less. not be a clone that it's actually she was split in two 
No, that was a lie. That, so that was, was a whole separate right. thing. I just I I didn't follow it at all. Be, okay, yeah, here's well, what happens because Washington they just made a created, lie pretty much. Here's what happens since he had to. Can you repeat that? I was saying she made up a lie to cover that up because okay. uh, she she wanted to merge Ryoko and Zero into one being uh-huh. so that they could share their feelings and share whatever Tenchi so it wasn't competition because oh, okay. they're oh. identical minds, obviously. Rather than but, rather than just kill the clone. <laughs> I guess that's an okay way to do it, right? Well, no, no <laughs> not killed. Rather than erase their memories because they said, I want to keep the memories. So the way Washu, she just made it up on the spot. She's like, oh, it's yeah. they're kind of convoluted. They're saying. actually, they're actually two different halves of the same people, okay. or whatever, to make them feel oh. better. Well, he was able to, wasn't able to, to clone the the crystals, but was able to create similar crystals to have Zero Ryoko become more like Ryoko. No, no, she actually strips stole that crystal though from Ryoko. Oh. Okay, that makes more sense. The whole, Sorry. the whole crystal thing was like that. That seemed relevant every other episode. <laughs> it was weird though because they brought it up like it's a huge plot point. Never really explained it, or yeah, they did in the at first the end episode. It's like understand it. that was a major thing in the first episode. She's like, "Oh no, my crystal!" You know, like I don't have my crystal. And then it's like, okay, and then it's like it's just totally an afterthought for like you, six. You would have thought that uh, Tenshi would have given her the third crystal by now so that she can actually save him. It just Maybe didn't make any sense. Three. This is my, this is my problem with, with his stuff is that like, you know what? There's, there are probably plot points that are like, <clears throat> I've sort of talked about how in standalone complex, there's a lot of techno babble, but weirdly, perhaps due to a musical cue, whenever something relevant to the point, comes up to the plot comes up uh all of a sudden your attention gets sucked back in your eyes aren't glazed over anymore and then you hear the the one part of all the techno babble you didn't really listen to the one part that's important you actually do hear it and the plot continues and you're able to stay focused right perhaps there are parts in tenchi where there's a point like that where there's a very important plot point that is mentioned at one point that i'm just lost over not really paying attention to that very well maybe but my complaints with uh kajashima's work is that i just feel like there's so much stuff that i don't know why they're making the decisions they're making and i and i just have a hard time following it and i just don't care you know i just don't care about about it for the most part i feel like you don't really need to care about it because it's more about where the characters go rather than like the devices that made them get there i guess I don't know. I don't know. I just no, that's the thing is like you have to care about the characters though, and I just don't feel like I've been given a reason to care about most of them. I'm just saying that I don't think uh, whether a crystal or not, what the crystal is. Okay, but I, I'm just saying like in yeah. that point, it's like okay, we made we made this sound like it was important, but it wasn't like life threatening or anything that Ryoko didn't have it. It just made it so that she couldn't def- like it made it so she was weaker in the first episode when she was battling Tenchi because there was a whole different thing going on. And also, what the heck, like Ryo? It turns out Ryoko's in love with Tenchi and that she's been watching him grow up as like a ghost or something from the time he was born. And like my brother likes that part that it okay, hear me helped. out. Focusing on his little boy penis as he's peeing all this stuff, like just fondly fawning over him as he's growing up. And then it's like, when she's released, it's like, gotta kill Tenchi. 
Like that's like the whole first episode, and then it just—that's what I'm saying—is it just—it's all over the place. It's freaking all over the place, and I just have a hard time uh, following anything because it's like it just doesn't seem consistent. I can agree with that disconnect because it's like, wait, why did she attack him in the beginning if she has been watching him since whatever? Why wasn't she trying to rape him in the beginning? You know what I mean? Like, hold on, I—I was gonna say that. You know, it could also be something that's like, now I'm free. I'm going to tease him a little by, like, pretending I want to kill him type thing. No, but, but she you know, definitely wanted mm-hmm. to kill him. And then there's a very specific plot point about the crystal. Like, uh, she couldn't do an attack or something that she was going to do. And she's like, oh, shit, I don't have my crystal, you know? And it's like, oh, that seems relevant. Like, she's lost power, but it's like she can still function, clearly. She's still pretty powerful without it. It's like, you know, imagine if she had it, right? But then it's like, not going to mention it for like five episodes. And then it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, crystals are important again. And then, no, they're not really important. And then the those kind of they are. And then lots of plot point just seemed, it's just, it's all over the place. The thing that's a bit weird is how, um, hello? Let's see. You know that in episode one, she didn't call them crystals. She called them balls. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jesus. I was going to yeah, say that the thing I found a bit odd was how, I mean, I don't really actually care about this, but um, how when Ryoko and Ayaka were fighting and like whatever, grappling each other's hands, you know, they were on even battlegrounds, whatever. But when she's fighting an actual enemy, it's like, I have all these superpowers, whatever. Yeah. So I, know. I felt like Ayaka existed solely for the purpose of giving somebody for Ryoko to bitch at and, and like bicker with. I kind of, I was interested in it, like all these family line type thin things. I was like, but again, oh, so then that got really convoluted and incestual. <laughs> yeah, and but that's what's weird about the show is that everybody seems to be related. Now, again, granted, they are royal families, so I guess it kind of makes sense. But it's just yeah. it's just weird. It was weird how every single character ends up being related, as you said, with Mihoshi and Washu and all that crap. It just gets weird. Well, uh, but the thing is, like. Yes, it does look weird, but they specifically said on my planet it's not abnormal to marry your okay, siblings. That's fine. She said that's that. fine. Okay, I'm just saying that it the the family tree tree and the lineage and all that it gets weird. Okay, it gets it gets hard to follow, and it it just like I said, I, I felt like Ayaka existed in the beginning. It, it almost okay. It almost kind of feels like every episode they were making it up as they went. And then they're like, oh yeah, we could use that thing we talked about in episode one about the gems. We could make that more significant. And they're like, yeah, let's write that down. Write the story. You know, it felt like they were making things up as they went along and they weren't thinking ahead. You know, and so then maybe by all running shown in series writer. Okay, but I know. I'm not saying that as a defense. I'm just mentioning sure. that. But when it came to OVA two, it seemed like after the success of OVA one, they 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 sat down and said, "Okay, maybe let's develop some of the lore." And then they thought out stuff, and they planned out OVA two, which is weird because I had a lot harder time getting through OVA two. That is right? pretty funny. Like so, maybe maybe that's what happened because it seemed like they had tried to use OVA two as a backstory of everything, right? Yeah. It, if I it understand the production of it, I'm not sure chronologic for this part. I'm not sure, but I think you had OVA one, and Universe was made. No, and after Universe and the two movies. Universe is 1995. OVA2. Okay, and what was it? OVA two? OVA two names or dates. I believe. 
1993. Okay, so you have OVA1, OVA2, so this is back-to-back. And they had Universe first, oh, which 1994. I think 1994. Yeah, close enough. Here's so the chronology. Tenji Muyo Ryooki, which is actually the original Japanese name being all the uh, OVAs. OVAs. So it goes OVA1 with the six two. episodes, then the special, the night before the carnival, then OVA2 for all... Uh, six episodes, which ends up at 13. Then there's this thing called 13A. Here comes Jirai 2, I guess. Is, I feel like that's maybe, just an uncut version, which is probably the seven-hour version. Um, anyway, then it goes to Tenchi OVA 3, which is called Tenchi Muyo Ryoki in the USA. Seriously. And uh, this one has another six episodes plus a special called Final Confrontations. Then it goes to Tenchi Universe, just so that we can get this established. Um, and Un- Tenchi Universe, by the way, has Earth Adventure, Time and Space Adventure, Space Adventure, and then <clears throat> Tenchi and Tokyo comes after them. that. Yeah, It's funny, I could just look at my stuff because that's how I have it. Then Tenchi Muyo GXP, and then the Tenchi Movies. And then for some reason, this Wikipedia article doesn't have any of the other series. Well, that's basically all of them. Because uh, then you have War on Geminar, War which is Geminar, way... I, Tenchi Muyo, um, Magical Project I, I, S, Asami Magical Girls Club, Mihoshi and Pretty Sammy. Uh, um, collect- Mihoshi yeah. Special comes right after the OVAs. Okay. Space, Space Rugger something supposed to be Space related. Agarooter is a, is a hentai. Right. Duel isn't listed on these things. Neither is uh, Photon. I, I, don't, I don't think they're necessary. I mean, they take place in the same universe, but I don't think they're... Canonically, no, they're not. They're not Tenchi. Dual Dual makes an Easter egg cameo in War Geminar, if I understood right. I don't know. It's not I would much rather rewatch Dual than sit through Tenchi again. Personally, um, I like Dual. Going back to the different character interactions, like when they go to the hot spring for the first time, and that it. was one of the only parts I liked. <clears throat> the hot spring one. You see the different characters try to help maintain the building. So you see the Ryoko, Aika, and Mihoshi sitting down peeling potatoes. Mm-hmm. Ryoko's like hacking them, hacking them up. Aika's just taking her time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hoshi, the stupidest one, is doing the best, most efficient job. Well, she's not stupid, but the most clumsiest one that you think that would hack her fingers off is like professional about it. Well, the funny thing is um, regarding the first time they go to the hot springs, Tenchi's grandpa, right, is like a huge perv and tries to force Tenchi to go peep. He he literally says it would be rude not to peep. That was oh, his, his dad? dad was there. That was his dad. Yeah. Sure that so was his dad. so maybe I'm dad. okay. So his so his grandpa is the one you see for the most part, though. So his dad was there just for yeah. that episode because I I thought that might have been the case, but I was like correcting it in my brain to what I thought it might have been. So anyway, his dad um, showing up and saying like you know he was justifying his lewd actions by saying it would be an insult or it would be wrong for us oh, not too. to peep, right? Um, that was where it's like, okay, here's a character that I could get behind a show 
with a lot of quirky, funny moments, you know, utilizing this character's personality to establish funny situations. And that's like the only time in the whole show that he's, that he does anything. AC, the show, the OVA that you want to watch is Tattoon Master. I've seen Tattoon what Master. What you just described. We've, we've had this discussion off camera, by the way. Yeah, yeah I'm bringing it in. Bring it on camera. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Let's see. So, so, let's see. Oh, go ahead. Are we at final thoughts, music? Well, I haven't even really said anything about all go of ahead. the girls. Uh, let's see. So, Shall we bring up the girls? Okay, so as far as waifus go, who's your pick? What's the pecking order? That's a good question. So I'm going to pull up a list of Tenchi. I hate it when you bring up a list of characters and they're all by name instead of by picture. It doesn't help. That doesn't help it doesn't, anybody. It doesn't help with freshly watched series. Yeah, that doesn't. Well, that no. It, I mean, it doesn't help when you're trying to do something like this, and we're trying to show. Uh, let me just go to the Anime Planet one and click on the character list, um, so that we can we can give people a visual aid to who we're talking about. So one second, while I pull it up. Movie. That's the OVA. That's OVA. Oh no, that's right. That's what the name is. I, I forgot. I'm like Rio. Okay, I didn't watch that. No, no, it's the. Forgot that's the Japanese title for the original one. Characters. Okay. All right. So let me screen share for y'all. Y'all. Okay. So for the girls, we have Ayaka Jirai, Ryoko Hakubi. Well, that's we probably Mihoshi slow. Kuramitsu, Sasami Jirai. And Anderson, no. <laughs> <laughs> old lady. <laughs> yeah, old lady's definitely best girl. Well, you have Ryoki, Tsunami. Oh, this oh, makes yeah. sense all of a sudden. I, uh, I watched the first episode. I started the first episode of um, season of OVA three, and they're referring to Sasami as Tsunami. And I'm like, oh, is this the dub? And then they started calling her Sasami. Now now it makes sense. Anyway, and Washu. Okay. So and also, also kid, kid Ryoki. Throwing that out there too. I thought Ryoki, like, man, so adorable. I couldn't remember. Uh, so, well, if you want to throw a huge I, question, I, I, might as well include Kagato. But so I, I'm sorry that I had to use this cancerously bad image. I couldn't find one fast enough because, like I said before, I I hadn't published the moment yet. So I just published it with all the tweets and stuff in it. But oh, um, her pixels are so cute. Okay, but the thing is, this particular scene where she's doing that, all I could think of was Tsukurimasho, Tsukurimasho, when uh, Chio is making the cake in Azumagadayo. I haven't watched Azumagadayo. What? No, not yet. You're, She's like, cooking is so fun. Cooking is so fun. Now let's... I forget how the English one goes. Time to take a break and see what we have done. done. Yeah, that was... This... You could put that audio to her doing the little, like, whatever she was doing. It felt like it was very in line with it. Oh, wait, no. Twinkle, twinkle, little star is what she was doing, essentially. Anyway, so... um, So regarding your question about the characters... Okay, so I think I think it's important to reestablish something because I, I think that there's Moe, the definition I established in a couple podcasts ago, where I was saying that Moe is non-sexual attraction to a character, right? 
that it is right. it is cuteness for the sake of being cute and all that stuff. That actually that I I I really like that this is a defined thing now because it makes liking lolly characters less weird because you establish it. It's like, it's not about a sexual attraction because everybody tries to make it about that, you know? So I'll say that when I watched it originally, my favorite character was Sasami. But um, I think, uh, so the three characters I like are Sasami, Mihoshi and Washu. I think my favorite character is now Washu. And I think largely a lot of it is to do with, I just like the voice actor. I, I think that she's got a very, very unique voice for anime. Um, and yeah. I, I just like, I like how they handled it. I think the old um, lady was voiced by Washu. I don't know. She's not, uh, credited here. You know, that's a but, trick um, statement. So, so that's my picks. I, I like Mihoshi for different, you know, you know, one thing I will say, um, I can't remember. Was it the, was it the artwork that I felt this way about? I already kind of put the, um, Already put the thing back in the plastic here. Um, let me let me check real quick. I can't remember if it was the artwork or the actual transfer, but I felt like Funimation had whitewashed. <laughs> Mahoshi looked a lot less Gongoro <laughs> in the in the first OVA. Uh, she almost looked white, like or something. I don't remember if it was the uh, if it was the DVD menus or what, but something about it seemed off. Like she remember. looks, she looks uh, much more tan in, uh, in, the in like, image, you know. But I just it felt it felt weird, like something was going on where they were making Probably a the choice. contrast was like way off or something. I don't know, no. but it, it it felt it felt bizarre <laughs> how she just did not seem nearly as dark skinned as I remember. Um, but it's uh, it, it's not a big deal. I mean, the character is like not even she's intergalactic. Like she's probably not even um, human, right? Or just some form of alien or something. Anyway, so one thing that actually bothered me that I noticed for the first time and now can't unsee is how long Ryoko's ears are. No, you really didn't watch the show when you were on Toonami. There's a, just, there's a couple scenes where they really stuck out, but other than that, I didn't really. Yeah, that's I what really I mean. Is that for the most part, like unless until you see them, like here, let me, I can, I can give you a perfect example right here. This doesn't look that unusual, okay? But now, some some scene her, seems ah! to look alien. Click on myself here. Um, when you see her next to Tenchi, God, I hate how bad you can't see her ear. Look at how long. Yeah, shiny. Right, there we go. There's just no way to do this. Look how long her ear looks compared to Tenchi. Now, if you're gonna do long ears, that's fine. Just make them elf ears and put a point on them. Yeah, don't make, like, make them. Obnoxious. She looks like she's got these big ass dumb ears. Elf ears. No, elf ears are pointy. There, you get away Those with it like as long as they're pointy. She just got like. Uh... Her elf yeah, tips cut off at the No, she yeah, looks so. like she looks like she's had like um I don't know. She's she, she looks like a monkey, which she does have that tail. <laughs> um <laughs> she doesn't have it in every scene. Was I, I hallucinating? It just comes on and off and sometimes she's like a cat version of Ryoko. I, mean, I don't know. She can phase through stuff and go she to kind of reminded plane. me of Deadpool. Like she's just what she wants to be, or freakazoid, you know. Like, 
I know a I think I know a spoiler to why that is, but you know, it's a spoiler. Okay. But anyway, um, mm. so your choices are those three. Yeah, Mihoshi, Washu, and uh, Sasami. But I think I think Washu. Uh, I I, I think she's solidified as my favorite uh, of the girl characters. And one of the reasons why is because she she's not actually really that into Tenshi. <laughs> she likes him. And I, I kind of like uh, something that, okay, so like you guys know that I'm always for doing something clever or breaking the mold or whatever. And with uh, with Mihoshi, or pardon, with Washu, the thing that I liked, and I, I sort of tweeted out that image where I'm like, of course my, my kids are in the room when, when this scene comes on, uh, was the part where she's like, I need a sperm sample, right? And the thing that I the thing that I liked about her character is that all the other characters are trying to woo Tenchi and get uh, get his um, approval his and approval. stuff. And she's like, "No, nah, I'm just going to use my robots to do my to do what I want with him." You know, like I, I that tickled me. I thought that was funny. So that's kind of why she's. Well, she does flirt with him pretty good. I think that baby episode was uh, showed her nurturing side and all that stuff. I like that part of it. My favorite part about the oh, baby episode is. Um, how the baby just crawled right over people's faces and stuff. Cause I have a baby right now. And that is, that is Absolutely exactly true. accurate to, to what happens when you have a baby, that baby, that baby will ri- like rip your face off. Um, babies have this weird thing about, um, especially the age they're right now. Like I've got this scratch on my face right here. And it's funny because I, I was thinking back, um, I released a video. Uh, I think it's a, um, it might be a, um, a review back when I first started the channel where I also had a big old scratch on my face um, that was like bleeding in the video and stuff. Uh, and it progressively, the longer it took to, to finish the video, the redder it got. Um, and my, I realized my son was literally like the exact same age range that my daughter is right now when that happened. Cause he did it obviously to me back then. And my daughter just did it to me today. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they have like this, babies have this thing about like, like my daughter sticks her finger, like right in my nose and it's like, Oh my God, like they're, they're really freaking strong. <laughs> anyway, back to Tenji, but literally, um, my wife was taking a shower. I brought my daughter over because she, you know, she's mom. So, um, it's when you hold a baby, sometimes they need to see mom rather than whoever else is holding them. So I brought her over to it. My daughter grabbed onto the top of the shower because it's like a enclosed glass, you know, one. and she grabbed on and pulled herself up. I let go and she was like doing pull up. Like she, she's so freaking strong. She's holding herself wow. up. It was insane. Anyway, continue. Proud uh, Augie. Augie. All right. My three. One, Ryoko. Two, Washington. Well, it doesn't have three. to be three. Oh. Washu, Mihoshi, then from there, Tsunami, Aika. Aika and Tsunami's mother. <laughs> so every single girl. So where's old lady come into the uh, <laughs> to your rankings? Well, old, old, lady can go, old lady can go and fix her sauna for all I care. <laughs> There's one really good one in universe, but we're not there yet. Now for host, there's a character. He, I I almost I almost made a meme out of this. This guy seems so out. He looks better in the third OVA. He seems so out of place. This guy. Uh, okay, him. I, I says, really believe that's the author self-inserting himself. 
Oh, yeah. Sausage lips overlay overweight. <laughs> yeah. So this guy showed up and I was going to do a hello fellow kids meme. Cause he just seemed like an old, an old fart in a high school with Tenchi. <laughs> There's people who, who are cursed with bad looks or Apparently, sausage man, lips. And like this. <laughs> it's tingled. Hey, is that Asian no, I'm saying I'm saying in Japan, all the people who are oh, cursed with bad looks look like this. Oh, maybe. Um, thank but, you for but, thank you for forcing me to clarify that, so I didn't I didn't get uh, harassed by people who want to cancel my uh, new life in another world or whatever the hell that show's titled series because I said something quote unquote racist on on the internet. I was memeing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, okay. But Which one is like? Or, Okay, Any, one other thing like, I want to point out is Mahoshi and Washu. Throughout all the Tenchiverse shows, those two, ten, those two plus this other character, Tim, seem to show up in all the other ones, like in Magical Project S, uh, particularly that series as well. With, with uh, Mahoshi and Washu, they're kind of like either Pinky in the Brain or Dexter's Lab. Lab or yeah. uh, like Bebop and Rocksteady, just because the whole she she's a scientific genius and she's a klutz. That's well, her distant ancestor, mm-hmm. and somehow the two together just make just makes the comedy roll, which is probably better put in the other series. But we'll get to that. You guys want to see a family tree from Tenchi? Sure. Yeah, let me pull it up. Right. Actually, maybe I don't want to for spoiler purposes. I don't know. Close your eyes then. <laughs> All right, let's see. Where's Mihoshi? Oh, there. Okay, so Mihoshi. I'm looking for Washu. Oh, you're right. Washu. Wait, hold on. Yeah, Washu married this person, had this person. This person married this person and had these two. And then this person and this person married this person. So you're right, Mihoshi is... uh, I'm actually really impressed at the ability of, of whoever put together this thing to make it easy to actually read. Like, this is insanely... Uh, Humanoid about... masks? Oh, so like here's, here's him. Here's the the two there. The two. <laughs> yeah, so Tenchi's on this side. Yeah, see, this is the thing I was saying. Tenchi's over here. So Tenchi is the great-grandson of Azusa, and Ayaka and Sasami are just the daughters of... It's exactly what I said. <laughs> I know. I, but how did I I'm even, kind of, of all the things, like I was barely able to pay attention to anything on here, and yet of all the things, <laughs> I was able to pick that out of it. I'm trying anyway. to look for GXP characters because I think Kiriko is a GXP character, is she not? Yeah. So why don't oh, I that see silly guy that got flooded? He shows up in GXP. What is Chojin? Chojin? The gods. Those are the gods. Okay. Well, so spoiler. a god. Yeah, you didn't see the uh, the shadow? 
nope. behind the what? What's her face? You know the big faces and stuff. That lady. There was no, shadows my brain was after in that whole scene. Oh yeah, Tokimi. That's who it was. Right behind her, there was two shadows. And okay. Tsunami. Okay, so this is going to become important during the third OVA. You know, when before we started the podcast tonight, I had intended to read the Wikipedia of uh, Tenji just so that I could clarify a lot of stuff so you guys wouldn't have to do it for me um, about the Strange first two OVAs, didn't but Z I didn't. Say what? Strange that they didn't put Z in there, considering that they took yeah, OVA 3 into consideration. It's not much of a line for Z, but Alex. I don't know who Z is. I don't remember who Z is. If I saw mm-hmm. a picture, I don't remember. I don't know who Z is. Yeah, we'll watch the third OVA and you'll remember. Probably. Who? You had already started it, right? Me? Foggy? Yeah, I've, I'm like halfway through already. Yeah. I was going to watch it anyway. That's one of the reasons why he's eager to go on to Universe, too, because he's already mostly through it. I mean, it's not oh, yeah. it's not that long, actually. Come to think, it's only seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, continuing with our discussion here. Yes. So my picks. Yes, your picks. I'm pretty similar to Brad with uh, what was it? Like yes, Mihoshi, Washu, I do. And now I do like I like everything Mihoshi brings to the table. Problem is, she's like very one dimensional. She's just the klutz and all that stuff. But I love how klutzy she is and all that yeah. stuff and she's really charming with her innocence and stuff like that she's also um kind of a deus ex machina character she like, really they likes use, to drink. they use her what she really ex-machina. likes to drink well they they use her a lot to be the reason that things happen you know like her crashing into the lake and all that stuff they use that that was really overused by the end, by the way. I feel like I feel like so she funny. was probably the entire inspiration uh for frickin' the main character in GXP because isn't he like the exact same? He just like screws everything up unintentionally or whatever. No, he's full of bad luck. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. It's pretty similar, kinda. But um so, yeah, so let's see. Hoshi on Anime Planet is the 6,085 ranked loved character. Okay. And the 5,375th ranked hated character. So more people hate her, or rather, I mean, there might, there might, that, you can't really say that more people hate her than love her because there are just more characters that people like in anime than hate, probably. So, I guess that's not necessarily a, a fair thing to say, but the top the top loved characters uh, in order are L Ryuk, which blows my mind that he's number two of of the the most loved characters uh, on the whole site. Um, Kakashi, which makes perfect sense, and then Shikamaru, and then Edward Elric, Levi, Monkey D. Luffy, Zoro, Levi from Attack on Titan, yeah. And then Why I'm just going to the top ten. Natsu from Fairy Tale? Are you kidding oh, me? Kill me. You're saying that. Fairy Fullbuster from Fairy Tale. So I just Why? like. Ugh. Anyway, the most hated. Let's go. Real quick, the most the most hated characters. I think I L think. being number one is actually like 
That's true, because I don't think there's a single person I've known that's disliked him. <laughs> Can you guys guess who the most hated character on the site is? Oh, Aiko. Damn it. I can't... Distance yourself from Tenchu. Black, just really Black think, Clover. Who's the most... Black Clover no. main character guy. It's the guy from Full Metal Alchemist who fused his daughter with the dog. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> by her. By I over a thousand. A <laughs> Literally by over a thousand above the number two spot, which by the way <laughs> is Sakura from Naruto. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Uh, Third is Sasuke. Most I agree. Hate- and now he's probably also like maybe in the top 50 most loved that I'm just saying that he also happens to be this is controversial right? Nisa Death Note is number 4 Nier is number 5 it's kind of I mean I, I guess but I hate Nier too but Nina Einstein from Code Gay Ass um, <laughs> Nina Nobuyuki the one Sugo from Sword Art Online Donzo Shimura from Naruto Shippuden Kabuto from uh, Naruto. Mello is number 10. How the hell is Mello that much less hated than Nier? You know what? Wait, because Nier Exc- was more hateable than Mello. Okay, Excalibur. Was useless. Hold up, hold up. Excalibur from Soul Eater is number 11. He is literally the only likable character in that show for me. Anyway, sorry. Back to Tenchi. Okay. Okay, so I said Mihoshi. Yeah. I like her, but she she's got too few dimensions for me to like put her as my top waifu of the bunch. Let's see. Ayaka, well Yeah, I guess she is a bit pesty at times, but I don't know, I kinda do see a bit of a reason because she was looking for her lost brother who was last seen on Earth and stuff. Which and ended up being Tenchi's grandfather. Yep. Right. And Essentially, after that, they got stranded, so there was a reason that they were still there. But by the time they did have the capabilities of getting home, they didn't want to go back. So they stuck around. Here's the thing. You said lost brother, which is true, but it gives off a complete different connotation to how the show says it when she's looking for her like lost fiancé or lover. I know. I was, I was so confused at the beginning. I'm like, did they translate this right her shirt yeah. didn't they just say brother and she wants to marry him? what yeah and, and so i'm just saying like you know you're not wrong well the thing, the, is, it's you... a, the thing is it's a device to get her there so yeah. like obviously it wasn't gonna fall it was gonna fall through. this is the whole mention of her saying it's a taboo tradition with our culture is briefly said you can like look the other way and miss that line altogether and just be confused like that for a long time. As far as I'm concerned, as I've always said, as long as I'm not involved with what you're doing in the bedroom, I don't care. Bang dongs. Do whatever you want. Okay, I really don't care. As long as anyway. the dog's consenting, I don't care. But I am just saying that the way that you worded it, like she's looking for her long lost brother. It's like, no, no, no. She's looking for her lover that happens to be her long-lost brother. My, my, uh, yeah. my point is, she had a mission. She yeah. she got stranded, blah, 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 and by the time she wanted to, she could leave, she didn't want to leave. Blah, blah. And I can't remember if I disliked the spats between her and Ryo, R- Ryoko, not Ryooki. Uh, you know, there was probably a couple times where I'm like, okay, another fight. 
but I can't remember completely. But um, let's see. So we got Ayaka. While she wasn't the strongest, I did see some some more than I saw in her before when I only watched the third season. R- Ryoko, I liked her a bit more than I did before when I only watched the third season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked how cute she was in the beginning when it's like, uh, oh, what can I do? Look over there. What is it? I want to see what's happening. Yeah, I kind of like that. In, when, when, yeah, the first episode when uh, when he's in the school. Yeah, yeah. yeah there were some parts um, of it that were that were enjoyable, and you know, I just I do want to mention before I forget that in I think podcast when we did the year in review, um, and I said when we talked about like what our least favorite thing we watched was, and I said I guess photon. Um, and you corrected yourself to I Boogie did, Pop. I corrected myself to Boogie Pop. You know, I did, yeah. And I just say, like, I didn't hate Photon. Again, it's like... It's, right. it was I, just I don't feel the like least can, of the bunch, right? I just, I don't feel like I can articulate it correctly. Uh, I mean, I definitely hated... Um, Boogie Pop. Project Kabuki Man the most. But, oh. uh, um, but yeah, I'm just saying, like, uh, it... It was on the lower end of the bunch that we watched. It was on the lower end of the bunch just because I I really liked a lot of the stuff that we watched, you know? And right. there were other things that I, I quite frankly, really kind of didn't like, like Ladies versus Butlers, but it was easier for me to get through than Photon was, you know? Because Photon just... it's It was catering to a genre and stuff that I just wasn't into, is all. Anyway, I just want to make sure that I establish that because I just feel like I can't quite articulate properly how I actually feel about Kajashima's works. They're just not for me. That's the bottom line. They're just not for me. You know, I don't, I'm not saying that they're awful or that, right. that you can't like them. I just, they're just not my cup of tea. So, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. There's so much more you can watch. I mean, just look yeah. around you. Of course. So, let's see. Or Ayaka. Well, what about Ayaka? Well, one detail about Ayaka that doesn't do justice here, but in Universe or Tokyo, we mm-hmm. get to see more more of uh, Azaka and Akamadake have their banters with each other. You see a little bit of it if, if you're lost as to who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the... Red and blue stumps. Okay, that's that's oh, the only thing I thought you might return. I don't think that was what they called them, though. Oh, they did. I thought that's I name. thought that they called them a different name. I thought those were so weird. I thought they were people inside of wooden things, but they are the wooden things. Yeah. The mm-hmm. reason I thought they were, I thought they had a different name, actually. I mean, maybe, but I can't remember. That's weird. They Their bantering's kind of similar to like uh, the old men Muppets, Walter and something from the Muppet Show. Every time you see them, though, they're just like, "Oh, what a beautiful spring weather, or whatever." What a beautiful day. I hope it's peaceful. Yeah, they were really weird. Trying to eat some steamed hams. Yeah. Was there something else you were saying? Whoa, about whoa, that? whoa! Okay, here's something interesting. I'll say real quick. Uh, Azaka, the blue one, yep. ranked number three, 37,257 most hated. Kamidake ranked 43,992 most hated. Ooh. People really hate Azaka a lot more than Kamidake. <laughs> and, and 
This is weird it's too. It's a different wood. Azaka <laughs> ranked 22,793 most loved character, and Kamidake ranked 24,610th most loved character. So people both hate and love Azaka more. I don't get this. I, I'm going to have to watch the rest of Kenji just to find out why this is. <laughs> Their their exchanges are very memorable. It's just in this oh, ser- in this series of tension, that's justice. So Azaka is in significantly more series. So um, no, no, no. Uh, on on Anime Planet, Kami Dake is listed on Tenchi Muyo Ryooki, which is OVA one, OVA two, OVA three, OVA three plus one, and the, the night before the carnival. That's the everything we watched plus OVA three, which we're going to be watching. Right. Okay. The other character is listed in Magical Girl, Pretty Sammy, Tenchi in Tokyo, Tenchi Movie Three, Tenchi Forever, um, all the stuff I just listed, and OVA uh, Ryooki four. And the movie too, and Tenchi Muyo Love, and Tenchi Universe. So people have more opportunities to, while they're looking through the characters of right. those shows, it's probably just a mistake on Anime Planet's part. But I'm just saying, you don't off. see the one without the other, typically. Yeah, I know. So it's it's just a mistake on Anime Planet's part. I'm going to stop looking at the character stuff. I feel like it's just derailing us. So stop cheating. Okay. So last, what I was going to say is Ryoki in the. I want to say the cat bunny form. Yeah, is that safe to say? Um, adorable in that form when they were turned into a human. I'm like, oh, this humanizes them more. Blah, blah, blah type thing. Um, they look kind of really weird at some angles in some shots, but in their human form. But I thought they were a really nice addition for being an animal, essentially. Um, well, technically, she's a crystal. For being a crystal. I'm not crystalist. If anyone was wondering, um, don't you mean a crystalist? Don't you be? Don't you want to become a butterfly? Let's see. I think I think I got most of the other characters. So last is, let's see. Let's start with Sasami and Sasami. She she used to always be my favorite because she was like, she was the one that wasn't really causing trouble for Tenchi, yeah. and I appreciated that. And she like. Treated him nicely and all that stuff. Yeah, she's the most level-headed one too. Like she's she's not. I I think that it, I don't know if this was an intentional decision, but because she's not hormonal like all the other ones, it's a lot more pure-hearted and not right. like freaking manipulative and whatnot like the rest of them are. So that's actually one of the reasons why I like her too. But I also just really like her um, her voice actor. I think that like Washu, I, I just really feel like um, I, I don't you don't really hear that voice in a lot of anime, and it but it's a great voice, you know. And yeah, it's kind of a, a lot of these know, voice actors are like really old, like um, they only have really old roles because they probably only did a couple Genion stuff. Well, I yeah. will say that the person I was just describing is also. Um, in uh, Full Metal Alchemist, or pardon, Fate Stay Night. Uh, she voices Sakura Mato from Fate Stay Night, Liz T. Blood from Bloodlad, Cheza from Wolf's Reign, and Scold from All My, All My Goddess. So Okay, so like four things. And That's Hina, Hina Ichigo from Rosen Maiden, Girl from Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. <laughs> <sighs> Ninja yeah, I'm when I see voice actors like that. 
that they sound really good, but they only have like a couple roles, and they're yeah, just well, really well, scattered. To, they're not to obvious point. I've seen almost all the things I just listed, and granted, I did watch a couple of those in Japanese, but I never noticed that it was the same voice. You know, yeah. And I think that I think that I think that whatever voice, maybe maybe if I went and listened to him again, I, I might feel differently. But um, just whatever um, whatever voice. Uh, she used I just I it was unique and it stuck with me you know and I think it she was a great like a real kid yeah I think, yeah I, I I could say that I mean I don't know that it, it gave off a childish feel at the very least right but um what was I saying about the song oh yeah I was actually surprised because like obviously I haven't seen this going into it but um her introduction she was being mischievous I was like. I didn't expect that from Sasami. That's kind of neat to see a little bit of that. She was like, oh, I was bored. Ayaka, don't hurt me, type thing. Yeah. But then you actually saw, like, more of a backstory about how she, like, pretty much died and all that stuff, and blah, 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 how she's a ship owner. And I thought it was neat, some of those little details. They kind of made her more of a character. Um, real, real, real quick, I have to call on the... the- podcast magic real quick because i just noticed something um so washu whose voice i actually was my favorite voice actor i really liked her stuff according to anime planet she's they've only got two things listed it's all of the tenchi stuff that she was in which she isn't in all of them as washu there's they replaced her in other stuff but uh, the one she's in that's that's all the series it's just tenchi and then she's rogue in final fantasy legend of the crystals i'm using podcast magic to get discotech to license that because that only got released over here on vhs yes I got them. Just I, I've always me. wanted to see it. Always Same. wanted to see it, and it never got released over here. I want to see like any Final Fantasy anime, all two. Ugh, what you, you haven't seen Final Fantasy fifteen Brotherhood? I've seen Final Fantasy Unlimited or whatever that thing was called. That was friggin' awful. Yeah, but I want to be able to watch it and say, "Hey, I saw it, and this is why it sucks." You know. <laughs> Well, have you seen it? You can... Have you? Oh, seen not, yet. I have. not yet. Awful, <laughs> awful, bad. It has nothing to do with Final Fantasy at all. It's like, like oh, there's Chocobo. Alice in Wonderland. In it's freaking horrible, and it's like it's the painful how obvious the cat, like the the money saving techniques were. Like they like you know in Sailor Moon how they animated her transformation sequence and they're like well we're gonna we're gonna save a lot of money by using this in every single episode right uh, uh, at least they tried they quicken that okay but at least they tried right yeah at least they did a good job animating that in Final Fantasy Unlimited they have a fully CG not even that good rendering of like caster shells like in. Uh, in Outlaw Star, going into a gun, and all they do is swap out the color, like on the rim of it, in every episode, numerous times, and it's just so freaking bad. And the characters aren't likable. The story's dumb. No, it's so awful. But okay. I would like to see the other one, the Crystal Chronicles one, because I'm hoping that I, I have faith that one of them might be good. Anyway, Fifteen Brotherhood was decent. Um... I have that. I haven't watched it. I'd like to see it. Let's see. Uh, crap, what was I saying? Carrots. Uh, carrots. You're I think I was about to go me carrots. I was going to go on to Washu, I think. Yeah, you, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. 
So go on. So watch. So watch you. Um, before I remember liking her, though I don't have any vivid memories from years ago when I watched Ryoki, but I really liked her, like you did as well. Like mm-hmm. as soon as she came in, she instantly got some likability just because she was kind of like really casual. But yeah, I'm a genius, and she was doing all this stuff that was really weird. But um. Let me ask you this. Did you orig- you said you originally watched the third OVA first? Did you buy it right. to watch it? My brother bought it and I watched okay, his. So copy. I was gonna ask if you had seen because Augie and I both originally saw this stuff on Toonami. Right. So we had a kind of a weird like coming into it on the DVDs where the DVDs were uncut was sort of a, a different experience from what mm. we had established having seen yeah. when we were kids. Um and uh, I was wondering, I was going to ask you if that was the same, but we had already established you had not done it. I don't that. have two, Nami. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I loved how Washu had all of her own little motivations with all her sciencey crap. She all did all these experiments and stuff. She felt like how Lala and Talavru kind of spiced things up with making all these random inventions and stuff. Just added something to the mix, and yeah, like once again, the mischievous nature of her trying to do all these weird sciencey things with Tenchi and his sperm and whatnot, and how it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this is mass, and mass can blah 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 change form and stuff. And that little, she was doing that little education thing for with all the girls. I don't mm-hmm. know, it was just pretty, really fun. And like I said, with the baby episode, we got to see another side of her, and I thought that was nice as well. So it would be Sasami or Washu, I'd think. Okay. And like, and like you said about the voice actor, it's like, in one sense, it it's not the best voice acting, but it's like it has this charm it's, to it. it, yeah, it has, it's unique, Washu. too. Yeah. Comedy little Washu. And the yeah. thing is, sometimes it sounded like it would be interpreted really poorly like monotone or something but i feel like half of it is that's the point she's trying to sound silly in some of these cases well i'll say this for sure that watching my hero academia uh recently they have nailed that entire cast like i just feel like everybody is perfectly cast for for even piccolo say what yeah no even even him and 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 i it has made me realize that obviously the dubbing process is something that over the years Funimation has gotten better and better at in terms of the choices and how they translate things, the, the voice acting, all the voice actors are getting better at conveying emotion in their roles. And there's a lot of shows that I've seen at one point that I have probably written off as just not being that great. That could have been great had they been redubbed with the skills that are available now. You know what I mean? Um, so, uh, but it's sort of a testament to this much, 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 much older show that this dub has so much charm to it, considering that there was a a dark period, especially among Funimation where, um, you know, like mid two thousands, just all their dubs were the same and really were kind of a turnoff to the, um, to watching anime because you're just listening to the same people over and over again. And you're, as I say, I make that joke. It's like, you're playing where's which, which one's Piccolo. Cause he's in literally everything, you know, he's always the tough guy character kind of thing. So I actually kind of like that when I was getting into anime, I'm like, Oh, I, I know who that guy is. 
Yeah, well, yeah. but I think that there, it comes in stages, and, it, and it specifically if at that particular time you were watching everything that was being released, like I was, it got really grating. Like watching Speed Grapher, which is in line with that time frame, has those voice actors, but watching it now, you know, or I guess a year ago when we started the podcast, um, versus watching it in that 2005, 2006, or whatever territory, um, it's like I had come away from the fatigue of hearing the same people over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. to the point where it didn't bother me, you know. Right. So, so I think that it was a it was an in the moment kind of thing that was that affected people who actually like myself were were actually watching the shows. Like cause during during Anime Expo 2007 is when I spent like a thousand bucks there and I bought a ton of shows and I sat down and watched them over the uh, over that year, and uh, and it, it got really great because of that, you know. So that's that's kind of where I'm coming from. But like I said, going back how, to Kenchi, the charm is there, and I think it's. Great. I was going to say I'm curious how how Japan deals with that since they have the Japan same has the same problem. Except theirs is probably worse because they have like the same voice actors at every single anime, okay. whereas we. Have I, I don't. I don't think stuff. it's the same problem in Japan because no. hear me out. In America, the, it's the it's the people who are distributing. Who are who are hiring the voice actors and dubbing for the shows that they're distributing? In Japan, mm-hmm. it's the um, studios Rock that Julius. are animating stuff, right? But and they I all think that there's Yuki Kaji or whoever okay, his name might is. Be, there might be certain voice actors who get to be in everything, but then the supporting cast is a lot more varied, I think. And what I'm talking about with Funimation is it's like five people, you know, Laura Bailey. Um, Christopher Sabat, you know, like all these people that are just there in everything that Funimation did for like a good solid three years. And it's literally every single thing, you know? And then there are some people like Laura Bailey, for example, is Toru and Fruits Baskets in Shinchan. You know, there are some people that, that had the range. They were able to do things. Um, but there was a time where everything they did, they were just using their Dragon Ball Z voice, you know? And that got grading. You know, so that's all I'm saying is that it just it feels weird because there's a an audio trigger. There's an audio trigger. I talk about this all the time about about the thing about Star Wars with the sound effects and stuff. But it's what it is, is that there's an audio connection. I've also said that, like, people forgive bad visuals, but they don't forgive bad audio, which is why the ReZero thing doesn't bother me because I I feel like I'm going to be able to get through it easily. But um, but there's an audio trigger that comes from hearing those characters from Dragon Ball Z that it sort of gets you into that world. You know, and when you hear those characters, but you're watching Coyote Ragtime Show, it's just not the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. One thing to say about the difference between here and Japan on the Japanese side, they have trade schools for their voice actors, yeah. which is nice. Well, over here, it's kind of either random draw, they come from a singing group. Or some glee club, or they have or a background. Literally, someone acting. says, "Hey, you've got a nice voice. You should pursue this." Like, which was what happened Pretty with much. Stephen King. But over there, they still have sort of the same problem of recycling the voice actors. Like some of okay. them, you get that name star like Ria Kugami uh-huh. or Yuki Kachi Bara to get into yeah. your show. Okay, so so to your point, this is the difference, as you said. They have a trade over there. This is something where people go to right. school to become a voice actor. Now, here's the thing. 
What I'm saying about over here is that people have gotten better and better at it to the point where you could use the entire cast of Dragon Ball Z and you might not even notice anymore because of the mm. fact that they've gotten so much better at delivering their lines and injecting emotion into it. The thing is that if you use the same voice actors in Japan, but your top tier talent, it's not, you're not going to care. Right, because they're right. going to be delivering the lines so well that it doesn't matter. You know, it's like when you hear Stephen J. Bloom and stuff, it's like, it doesn't matter if you heard him and everything because you, the guy is so good at what he does. You know, you, that's the thing where like, uh, FDN was saying where you're like, Oh, I know this voice. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. have any problem with him being Mugen after, uh, in Samurai right. Champloo after being Spike, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I don't think it's the same issue at all. I think it's very specifically something that was contained to Funimation and all these weird Gonzo shows that they were getting during this time frame. And they all had, you know, the same voice cast and everything. And it was a very specific thing to the fact that I think during that time, Funimation, I think, was going through a growing period where they were trying to grow a lot more of their company. And so they were, they were formulating a way to dub yeah, stuff quicker. Totally, yeah. The, I'm curious though because well no I'm I'm not curious it's just um what is it as someone who speaks English if I watch a subtitled anime and I hear this uh, same voice actor in the two different shows I'm obviously not going to know the difference yeah in fact he'll sound like the fifty other male characters in the show as well yeah and, you know? right. I I definitely won't will not notice you know I I, I really That's what I, I don't get about I, like half of these sub people that, that watch primarily sub not even fully they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah I like to follow all this person's works it's like eh. <laughs> I don't know that's just me you know I see can, I think that I there's can something to that, that if they want to learn the language with it not just so, oh you have a nice voice but are you really saying the things appropriately no i i think i think it's more that the people who do like let's say you follow some specific voice actor um it can be because that specific voice actor seems to get typecast into into roles that are kind of similar and that that person just has found that they like those kind of shows you know that's also um a possibility no my one friend though he specifically follows these specific voice actors because they sang in this one anime or whatever. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say that people can't have a valid reason for liking stuff. It's just that, I mean, sure, yeah. personally, and for you, as you said, it's like I can't tell yeah. who who's voicing what. Like, I'm sure I've heard the the Japanese voice actor from one show or another all the time, and it's like I still enjoy the show. Like, I like it, you know. But it's like I'm yeah. not I'm not picking that out. You know, the different ways that they pronounce things and stuff and all that. I mean. It may have happened one time where I'm like, "Oh, that sounds a lot like," but I, I don't know, you know. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even looked it up to confirm it because I don't care, you know. I'm just saying that the the voices in Dragon Ball Z are just so iconic that with what happened with Funimation, it, it took you out of the show because if you're you, thinking of Piccolo and stuff, yeah, you're just you're just thinking of these characters interacting, talking to each other, and it mm-hmm. almost feels like you're watching Dragon Ball Z, but the characters on the screen are definitely not Dragon Ball Z characters. Oh yeah, well, one bit of common duh trivia is for this show it read before to it aired on Toonami it Tenchi Muyo aired on a local station in Kansas at first that's interesting so maybe the I have to reread this but maybe the lo, the voice cast that you got from it were people who were in that station local or to Kansas maybe what are you, are you saying that maybe they were local to Kansas like they had yeah 
either local to Kansas or theory. or that Pioneer at the time got some got some people locally there just to kind of quickly get the show produced and air on that broadcast, which I still want to see that that version just to see if, if there's any differences. That's another uh, another thing I thought was kind of interesting. So I remember I said that I the first OVA I really liked the opening and ending uh, mm-hmm. songs. Yep. Um, I'm not going to say I hated the second OVA's stuff, but it just wasn't wasn't the same. You know, I liked the um, I liked the endings uh, visuals for the second season with the weird sketchy Ryoki. Well, the, <laughs> almost similar. The to opening to the second one has Sakura. the line where it's like, "Can't you see that I am a pioneer or whatever?" And I, the whole time I'm thinking, "Can't you see this was released by Pioneer?" <laughs> That's what I kept thinking the whole time because it actually it's literally Pioneer Laserdisc Company Japan. You know, like that yeah. was in the credits, and it's just like it, oh, it, yeah. oh, so, that was the first blue. That was the first DVD. I was thinking the same thing essentially. I was like, "Hmm, they used the weird the word pioneer." Yeah, Wonder but that's, that was also an English dub of the opening, right? I know. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what I was more suspicious. Well, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess uh, it was dubbed by Pioneer, and but again, it's like Pioneer is a Japanese company, you know. Yeah. So that was the, just a branch. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good theory because all of these voice actors, I think when you look on Wikipedia and stuff, it says, Oh, they've been replaced in like later seasons or whatever. Uh And stuff like that. Uh, He's back. Oh, so are we at the final thoughts? Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Do you want to go through your tweets? Cause I have them up if you wanted to. Um, Put it on the screen. Let's just scroll through that a little bit. That way, if they want to pause and read them on the screen, though, they can see it. Too. But then you don't have to repeat yourself, essentially. Pretty much. Okay, hang on. I'm just pulling up. I know it's lazy, but it's like 4:30 in the morning. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get started then, Augie. I'm look. Hold on. I'm looking. Okay. No well, need. Tenchi is the OVA. Is OVA one? That's interesting. Um, sorry, I'm, I was pulling something else. So I wanted to look into the, uh, I wanted to look into the the bios of these characters and see if they are happen to be from Kansas um, for the voice actors. So this was stuff regarding the person who was going to be our guest. Um, yeah. And then you asked me to add this, or because you put it under hashtag OCA podcast, I oh, did. That, add it. that was hilarious. Oh, yeah. That's the, well, go ahead and click that. So I had nine birthdays this month. Yep. It looks like you just took a box of like the stock that get shipped from their distributor or whatever in red stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, it like you bought was. them wholesale. <laughs> I, I am, except for that picture right there with the older Blu-ray and the recent one. Those I kept. Everything else yeah, because you wanted to have. Presents. Yeah, I got you. The U.S. Manga Corps Blu-ray of Urusei Yatsura. Yes. All right, so here's your Tenchi stuff. Yep. So you, you were expecting that, more, should... more frontal nudity. <laughs> frontal. <laughs> no, I'm not as well. Actually, speaking of which, I'll go over the nip count. <laughs> Each individual one. So the first season had three. AC, uh, the is, special... the, is it locked on there? Uh, no, it's not. Okay. The special had one, and season two had five. I was actually surprised because I'm pretty sure every other Tenshi Muyo series doesn't have any 
Really? I see. I was actually really apprehensive about watching it during a time when my when my kids were also watching it. Specifically, my son. My daughter's nine months old, almost, so she's not going to remember anything. She doesn't even know what a nipple is. Yeah. Well, she she, she definitely does because she drinks from them <laughs> daily. But <laughs> I was about um, to take that back. <laughs> when I asked this AC, I'm not trying to thin, but does it matter if he sees a breast if his mom's breastfeeding? Around no, the house, but, but particularly the uh, the sexualization of things like, for instance, peeping on girls in a hot spring, or um, does he even know what a hot spring is? Okay, you know what? It, I'm just saying that these are things that I I would rather you know wait before exposing my kid to. Doesn't, you doesn't know? the show kind of go to a point of don't do this? Essentially, you you are missing the point. I'm saying that I expected things to be worse. And I was really apprehensive about it because I felt like Tenchi was a show where having watched Tenchi back when it was on Toonami and then having, responding to, and then mean, having moved up, forward uh, in time and watched a lot of other anime that were a lot more etchy, I expected... Yeah, I don't watch High School DxD on that. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely not. But um, I expected that going back to uh, um, watching it, that it was probably way worse because... The Tenchi that I remember from Toonami, Toonami even, was like cut it wasn't stuff. even these ones. The one I remember, I distinctly remember a one scene from when Mihoshi first shows up in the one that I remember on Toonami, where she has like this badge that's like a digital thing where it pops up and it comes out, and a little like film screen comes up, uh, like a like a film as in like a plasticky film right mm-hmm. screen pops up and and then it reads out what her data is for her like, that is data. probably universe yeah i just dis- i distinctly remember that i don't remember any most of the other stuff from uh um from it but my wife specifically remembered um rio oki turning into uh, a girl instead of being a um uh like a little animal thing Right. Yeah, so she yeah. remembered that. But as I've said before, I didn't even know I had Cartoon Network until way late into my childhood, you know, because it was on Channel 81 and it was just all static. Um, so because I, I lived in a place that was blocked, stuff was blocked by Signal Hill in Long Beach. That's why I even had cable. Um, but anyway, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just saying I, I, I was apprehensive about it and particular things like like um for instance washu like peeking into tenchi's it was it's inappropriate stuff i don't want my kids getting ideas you know i don't i don't want my kid to go up to some kid on the playground and peek into his pants you know uh, the kids imitate stuff so, I, so i'm, I'm yeah. just saying that there were i was apprehensive about it and it just there were parts that i was like i don't want my kids to see this but it was a lot less bad than I expected it to be. Um, Cause this is going back to your point about not thinking there was a nip count on, on so like not remembering there being a lot of nips. Right now, granted again, well, I didn't this actually is the, see these OVAs. So, okay. Well, it wasn't true, that well, I didn't, sure. Yeah. But you, you said that the other series that you had seen, you don't remember there being any nips. The, uh, the yeah. thing though, is that also these are OVAs of, of an era of the 90, the early nineties. And that's yeah. kind of to be expected. Although, still for that a lot less than I expected. So anyway, yeah. I think I, bubblegum crisis had more. <laughs> bubblegum crisis had no. 
Uh, it right. had weird stuff between what was her name? Not Chris. What was Sylvia and her brother? Sylvia. Yeah, that there was some weird yeah. stuff there. <laughs> and oh, she yeah, owned a I, lingerie shop. <laughs> I just remembered something. Oh, how Cowboy Bebop technically, like, it's a very controversial nip count because it's the half man. You know, you know what I mean. Oh, don't! If you're used to watching Cowboy Bebop on Adult Swim, Toonami, do not watch it uncut. <laughs> or if you do, then, prepare to watch another show. Okay. And Cowboy Bebop did not air on Toonami. Cowboy Bebop aired on Adult Swim. I, I said both. It's still it's rerunning it did not on air on Toonami. Toonami. And they didn't censor it for that. AC, AC, the recent Toonami, it shows up there every now and then. Okay, I don't know about that. So, anyway, I haven't, yeah, we, I haven't watched no. Toonami ever since I started my rule okay. of exclusively watching it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. Um, and fun fact: Space Dandy also has a controversial nip count where it's. A giant monster that has like a million titties, but it's a it's a monster. So does that count? Because anyway, what's with Shinichiro? <laughs> so the question on? is, the, hold on. The question is, does it count? Can a thirteen year old beat off to it? <laughs> That's the metric by which you you measure it. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is. That's probably what my count end up, will end up being. Yeah, like because... thirteen rules will like follow my rule. The number. Hey kids, like, are you thirteen? Here's a here's a list of shows you can beat after. <laughs> so um, watch Apocalypse Zero and tell me if those nip counts count. <laughs> Apocalypse Zero. Oh. Okay. So uh, final thoughts. Final thoughts. So, um, it was better than I expected, at least for the first season. And again, I, there was a nostalgia aspect to it that I really dug regarding the voices and stuff. And, um, I was really impressed with the Blu-ray quality, not cleaning, not overly cleaning up because some of the, one of the particular things that um, I didn't really mention, we sort of talked about the film grain, but one of the particular things was the line work being yes. hand drawn. That was, um, I don't know why really I felt clear. like that was going to, you could clean that up to a point where it wouldn't look hand drawn anymore, you know, like it would draw on the computer kind of thing. Um, and I would really appreciate it if, if Blu-rays looked the way that this Tenchi Blu-ray did rather than what I was describing about cleaning it up to to that point. So then vectorizing yeah, it. The thing, the thing about the Tenchi, like theoretically they could do some weird work to get rid of all the like hairs and eyelashes and stuff that fall into the frame of the grain. But yeah. when the when the the thing is to do that, they'd literally get rid of most of the picture to actually achieve that level. So either you have yeah. like some grain still there that kind of ruins the whole point of trying to get rid of it, or you know, you just go all out and just say, screw it, keep the grain. So that's what they have to do. So um Sorry, go ahead. I'm not saying it's not a deliberate choice on their part. It's just, you know, they were kind of stuck with, they kind of had to keep it that way. Otherwise, they won't be able to make a presentable product in the end. Yeah, so um, some something I wanted to actually um, share with you. Oh, it's translating from Chinese. Don't do that. Um, uh, what the kanji actually means in Tenchi. Um, I, I find I, I'm interested. In- I think they mentioned that in the series, what it meant. Oh, really? 
what the, the name kanji. meant, at least. I don't know about the kanji. So Muyo Can't means useless. Useless. No, useless angel. Mu, Mu uses the symbol for nothing. Yo, together with it, becomes useless. Um, and Tenchi is actually... Uh, so it's... Where's it going? Let me grab the leg if I can. So the... Uh, I don't know if they show... Oh, yeah, here. So uh, Ten in Tenchi is using the same kanji as Ten in Tenjo Tenge. And the interesting thing about Tenjo Tenge is that it, that's Ten, Ten, right? Tenjo Tenge. And what this is, is uh, this is the symbol for above, and this is the symbol for below, right? So uh, this is Ten as in like heaven, like heaven above, hell below, or heaven above, heaven below, or whatever. Uh, above and below kind of is what, is what they're doing in Tenjo Tenge. Right. Um, so in Tenchi... Um, ten is heaven, and chi is, or, or the symbol they use for chi uh, is earth. Okay, so it's heaven and earth um, is what Tenchi's name means. I remember uh, they or, said something about earth, at least for Tenchi's name meaning. They might have said yeah. heaven as well. So together, the symbol is heaven and earth, useless, and then Ryooki <laughs> is uh, emperor, and then the the last symbol for uh, for ki um, is. Uh, actually, the symbol for Oni, or, or which is demon or ogre, right? So, um, so let me see what Rio. I think Rio is just emperor. Yeah, so that's emperor. Yeah, so it's emperor ogre, um, technically. So it's heaven and earth, useless uh, emperor ogre. <laughs> so, anyway, I meant to look that up before the uh, podcast, but I, I just did it right now. And anyway, good. Was there any other thoughts you had? Or was uh, that? I, I think I think I've already established them all. I'm just going to okay, rehash okay. what I already said. If I do final thoughts anymore. All right, Augie. All right, my final thoughts. Um, rehash. I enjoyed our OVA one. I enjoyed it because we got characters together and the thread of Kagato. OVA two. I enjoyed the world building and the the ditziness of Ryoko Zero, as well as Washu being developed. The pace for this show. This is one that I don't want it to end quickly. I want to savor the the cut of meat as I chew it. Would I recommend this? I would recommend. I would recommend this, but if it's not for you, that's understandable. Um, nostalgia factor. I really love the hand, just like AC pointed out, the hand drawn animation, the watercolor, the color pencils at some points, just the different techniques that are almost extinct at this point. Point for animation in general. Um, if you yeah, I would recommend a watch. So that's it for me. Cool. Yeah, I think I'm pretty similar to Augie's thoughts on uh, what is it? How the first series, it initiates the whole story, and I like how I actually got clarification unlike my first watch into the series. And um, yeah, so the first one I thought it was nice how it showed us how all the characters came to be and stuff. And I liked how the second one basically 
calm down and, you know, give you some time to, you know, get to know the characters and stuff. And, you know, it sets the tone and there's a lot of humor that I enjoyed a decent amount. It's, um, and for being a harem, I find it nice how few tropes it shares with um, a lot of the modern day harms. Like he doesn't fall over into their tits and stuff. I feel like this was one of the things that established the the harem genre. That's why it's an important show. Yeah. It's like the forefathers only gotten worse with age. (laughs) Has anything gotten better with age? Are you like, saying uh, harem sex? I I think that uh, um, in terms of better. in terms of storytelling, I don't I don't think Isekai has gotten better with with age because you can't. I know that's why I mentioned it. Persona. But uh, but I think that in terms of storytelling, something that I've I've really appreciated with My Hero Academia, which I'm only bringing up because I've just been watching it, is that um, I feel like it's holding my attention. Like I think that I think that pacing, pacing. is getting a lot better. Actually, that's true. With with uh, Tenchi, I noticed particularly there's a lot of scenes that there, there's like a couple of seconds of just space just waiting and making the timing a lot poorer for some of the jokes and stuff that happens. It's just like, come on, get you to know, the next part. One of the things that I will say about that is that home theaters, and I mean like really taking it seriously and having it to be basically like you're in a theater all the lights are out all you see is the screen your full attention is directed to the screen that kind of stuff i i don't think it's accurate to like when i say the the pacing has gotten better i mean that watching something in my um in bed you know and watching it on like a little screen and stuff like i can follow it a lot better the pacing is great for that but stuff like this it's like that's kind of the sort of like Mr. Nice Guy would talk about aspect to aspect editing where you give people a sense of the world. That's important for a movie it's for, for movies, especially, but in order to appreciate that, you really need to give undivided attention um, to shows. Right. So you need yeah. to actually be able to have like that environment where, and i because I'm, um, renting like i don't want to put holes in the wall i mean i could but i I don't want to do it to to mount like my bigger tv and stuff so i've been working with a really tiny tv watching all the shows you've done for the podcast uh and it's like when we get to a point where i move back to california and i'm able to sort of get a more permanent residence um where i can actually set up like a home theater thing and get a much bigger tv and everything um Mm -hmm. focusing on shows can be a lot easier because it's going to be something where I can actually, you know, make it dark in the room and really div- give my full attention to what we're doing. And in that case, I think that this pacing, it's actually, it serves a purpose to, to give that breath of here's just a scene of the backyard before we cut to the next well, thing. You know? I, I know what you're saying, but what I'm referring to is that they're in the middle of basically conveying a gag or something, but there's like, a few seconds between before they actually like react to it or something. And it's so just what you're saying that's called a pregnant pause. And what I think what you're saying is that it's too long. So a pregnant pause is, I forget there's an actual frame number of it. I think it's like 90, it's like a second and a half or something like that. Or three seconds. I forget what, exactly what it is, but there's this thing called a pregnant pause where 
in animation school, when they teach it to you, um, you can literally go frame by frame and count and know exactly when, like, the character shows up on screen and it goes into this thing and then they're going to get snapped back by, like, the, the like they stepped in a snare trap or something. And it's going to be exactly this number of frames before it happens. Um, and what it seems like in a show that's this old, maybe it's like the timing is just not properly... Um, handled you know like it's maybe just not quite there uh and it's one of the things that have been perfected over time as people have paved the way because there's a lot of stuff for example in bubblegum crisis that's not that good you know in terms of like the way they handled it but it needed to happen there because later on people got so much better at it because of the you know the pioneers actually did it first you know and and they made the mistakes that other people further down the line were able to see and say you know what I see what they're going for, but it would be even better if we did it this way, you know? So that's where we're, where the, the medium that's is. That's essentially going. what I was thinking for yeah. these parts, but yeah, so, I'm um, not, I'm ahead. not saying oh, it sucks. I'm just saying, you know, that's, it shows its age in those little parts with the pacing and the timing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Augie, I know that you kind of have your stuff packed up, but um, yep. do either of you guys have this version of the, uh, Rio Oki box set for OVA three. What is that? Can you do do that spin around thing that I do? It's uh, it's the Digipack. Um, I do not. You don't have it. My brother has one that looks like that. I don't think it has the same tin. There's a tin. I have the tin. Okay. Well, the reason I ask is because um, I bought these used. I actually got a bundle, uh, a Tenchi bundle that came with like half the show or the series. There's a pocket here that doesn't have anything in it, and I'm I'm just curious what was supposed to go in there. And then the disc isn't in here because it's in my Blu-ray player right now. Um, and while I'm talking about it, since we're sort of prepping you guys oh, for the next has podcast, the collection. Um, okay. So prepping you guys for the next. Um, Watch Club. Uh, in the description of this video and in the Watch Club document on the uh, podcast group, um, I have the releases of Rio Oki, uh, which is, you know, what's the English title for season, the OVA3. Um, and uh, just for the record, so there's this one. This is the one I have listed as the original complete box set or complete collection or whatever. Then there's um, the Viridian collection and the Anime classics, anime classics version. The anime classics one is probably the one you're going to want to get because the it's most accessible. It's, it's most accessible, yeah. Um, so there's also the three disc um, uh, tin, and the tin is volume one, volume two is stuck to right now. Volume two, and then and so far as I know, volume three was only sold with the tin. Okay, so um, that's how I have it listed is that there is no volume three without the tin. Um, I didn't list an option for volume three, but again, find it however you're going to find it. Don't necessarily use the affiliate codes through the Amazon links I have there. Um, Look on eBay. You'd probably be able to get whatever one you want. I'm just telling you which ones are out there. All right. Mm. And then again, the next podcast is going to be on the 28th. Um, and I'm hoping to be in Arizona for that, and then I'm going to leave for AX like the next day. All right. We're going to have fun. Yeah, we'll have a lot of fun, especially if I can detox from caffeine, uh, which I should be able to. I've got plenty of time before then. Um, I am... 
I am doing my damnedest to finish last year's grab bag video before this year's. <laughs> because that J-list booth has killed me. You guys will see it when it comes out. But God. Um, yeah. So I actually have to cancel. I have to end that series soon because I, it's automatically demonetized. Um, and I just can't justify continuing to do it. Um, right. cause it, it's, it's so much work that ends up getting demonetized as soon as it's done. And, uh, anyway, but, uh, we'll talk more about that at a later date, hopefully when I can release that video. Um, so I think we're all done for today. Uh, Augie, guess what? According to the, uh, to the live control room, wait, hold on, I gotta save yep. that. Hold on. Save live control. Okay. Guess how much guess how much watch time we've had on on this particular podcast? Twenty six hours. Twenty six hours. Twenty six hours just for this one. Anyway, thank you guys for watching. Um, we'll see you on the twenty eighth, and uh, make sure you guys remember to like, subscribe, and all that fun stuff. And um, seriously, ring the bell just because at this point, it's the only way to uh, to bypass YouTube's like chronic desire to curate what you can see. So uh, anyway, we'll see you guys on the 28th and my mouse. Every time I try to cancel the end the podcast, my mouse goes behind the screen. Anyway. All right. Now we're done. See you.